It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. My fingers in my ear like Christina Aguilera's. You're like, ah, uh, change on the bata. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Episode 44, what you just heard. Yeah, what did you just hear? That almost sounded like a real song. That, my friends, is a little ditty called Gave Up on Love by the pop singer Kelly with an exclamation point. Now, Ryan, you may ask, all of these songs that you usually open with, aren't these like Bravo celebrities and, and, and pop culture icons? And I have to say, Kelly, with an exclamation point, is, is in that family. Can anybody guess who Kelly, with an exclamation point, is? Okay, yeah, too much time there. I'm going to just let you know, Kelly is the same Kelly from the hit one-season wonder Bravo show NYC Prep. 
from, uh, I believe, 2006, 2007. Uh, yeah, so that is Kelly. Actually, if you ever watch that one season wonder, she's a 16 year old girl that lives. Her parents let her live in a nice apartment in the city with her uh, brother, who who's the same age. And her parents live in the Hamptons. And they let her live in and, you know, in the city during the week to go to prep school and uh, to try to become a pop star. And the, the the one season of NYC prep that there exists, it's like this 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 beautiful artifact that we have, which Bravo is so good. I think Gallery Girls is another one of those shows from Bravo, but it's just a it's a priceless artifact. I would actually put High Society in there too. Uh Tinsley and her mom Dale. Uh you you guys probably some of you guys probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but just just email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and I'll walk you through it. But this is Kelly, and she actually did it. She became a pop star. Now, this song, I believe, came out in 2010, and it's like, well, Ryan, um, I don't know about Kelly. Well, guess what? A lot of people do know about Kelly. Um, this song was actually, okay, this, <laughs> this song was from 2012, and on YouTube, it has 26,000 views, you guys. That's pretty big, so I'm not... I can't. That's huge. Um, it looks like she had a, a big promotional push in like the 2010, 2009 to 2012. I don't know what happened to Kelly, but this actually song, this made the hot dance tracks on Billboard. Um, and we'll go over, we'll go over a little bit more of that uh, when we break down these song lyrics, because of course we do, the show does break down song lyrics. It's a huge part of the show. Uh, but also I just want little Kelly, that's a strong voice, but she's a tiny, tiny girl like that. I just like, that's a, it's a big voice coming out of this tiny girl. You got to watch the video cause it's uncomfortable. It's like, um, she's like, uh, guys are hitting on her. It's just, it, it felt like watching my sister be in a video. I just was like, no, Kelly, cover up, please. No, Kelly, what are you doing? You're embarrassing the family. Um, you guys, 44, did we ever think we'd get to episode 44? I know a lot of you, my naysayers, my enemies, I know a lot of my enemies listen. You guys didn't think. Constant hate mail from my enemies. Speaking of mail, I'm all over the place already, but I just, I'm so excited to talk to you guys as always. Like, I build this up in my head. I build this up into my head all week, and then it all comes out on Tuesday night out onto the canvas, which is GarageBand, my editing program. And then we just, we do this into the morning hours, me and you. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy all of this, uh, all of this. Uh, a couple things you can do before me, before we get into the meat of the show, because I got to tell you folks, I got to tell you, you might, if you're driving, you might want to pull over when I tell you how good of a show we have and what is in store for you today. I, I'm, I'm literally serious. If you do not pull over, I swear to God, you might... You might hurt somebody on the road, and then I would just, you also might shit yourself. I just, I hate to be foul like that. I know your ladies, the majority of my, I, I know you guys don't like to talk, but you might poop yourself. You might shart. As Chris Jenner once said in a tweet, I just sharted. I swear to God, Chris Jenner actually did tweet that. All the hardcore fans know that. Um, we've got so much to talk about, so let's see. Uh, business out of the way first. Follow me on Instagram. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. You guys, you guys got me to over 10,000 followers. I now have the swipe up feature. That's huge. Thank you guys. Like I honestly, like I honestly never thought I would actually get to 10,000 um, followers on Instagram. And I know that's so silly and we should not care, but now I have bloodlust. I want 11,000. 
No, it's just really cool. Even if I never go higher than that, that's dope. Um, I want to thank uh, Maritza Lopez, who does a lot of my amazing digital work. Uh, you've probably heard her name a bunch on this show. But uh, on those beautiful pieces of art on my Instagram, like I said, I always do the, the stupid, crappy ones that are just really smart ass. She does the beautiful ones that you want to frame. So Maritza, thank you so much. The 10K victory I share with her and I share with all of you. Hey, if you guys need me to promote something, hey, I'm happy to use that swipe up feature for you. Uh, email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I like to hear from you. Uh, I am a one-man band for the most part, so be patient if I don't get an answer to you really quickly. The other thing is we're going to talk a lot about today is my Patreon. Now, you're like, what is a Patreon? It's just a way to support me. You can get an extra podcast a week, and there's some special features. And uh, I did NYC Prep because we're actually doing the final episode of NYC Prep of that journey on Patreon. And I'm really excited about it. So for as little as $5 a month, you can help Ryan Bailey eat food. No, um... Like I said at the beginning of doing this Patreon and quarantine, it will always be there. I know times are tough. There is no need to sign up. There is no rush. All of these programs will be for you. I think nine or ten things are up there right now. I'm releasing two of them this week that will be in addition to this show, and I'll explain what that's about in a second. But it's there for you. Um, I appreciate all the people, and I'm going to be doing a little tribute to my Patreons, my patrons, my patrons later. Oh, the coffee just courses through my veins, you guys. Um... Yeah, so that's there, and uh, there'll be a link. There's a link in my Instagram. There's in the show notes. You can go to pay. It's just patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. So what, Ryan, hey, you talked so much about the show, Loudmouth. Tell us who's on the show. Well, okay, once again, have we pulled over? Here we go, you guys. This is why I'm so excited. It's not just the coffee. It's not just, it's a lot to do with it, but it's not just the coffee. It is... You know this podcast likes to, you know, break new pod. Like, you're like, hey, I've never heard that podcaster before. That's interesting. You know, I like to to hit people to new, important people in the podcasting community. I think we've done it again today because we have a, a, a new a new man that uh, has an up-and-coming podcast. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Mr. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. Whoa! He was my first guest, and he's going to be my last guest. I'm retiring after today because it's just that good, folks. Uh, so, yeah, he'll be the uh, first interview you you hear, and we go into the Bravo multiverse, folks. I mean, it is it is so good to hear. It, it's just a really, really fun conversation. It's so easy to talk to him. You guys know. You listen. Um, and you would see, Ryan, that's all, that's all we need. That's all we need. Just it's called a night. No, I'm not going to do it. Don't tell me what to do. Do not tell me what to do. I'm going to keep going. You know I'm going to keep going, especially during core, quarantine, especially during core. We just call it core, right? Core. Um, that's not all. Because who, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, I, I, we have Laura Marie Shane Halls from Sexy Unique Podcast and Babe. What? What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Ryan? I can just hear you guys already. Uh, when I said Laura, when I could hear you. I, it was like that kind of feeling in the end of the movie when everybody's clapping and like, whoa. And then you guys lift me up on your shoulders and you're like, Ryan, Ryan. And then other, you're going through the, the high school or whatever it is. And then they put on like, like a, a song, some kind of like hip song. And then I just start dancing to it. And then everybody like all, all of a sudden we're, we're dancing in choreography. Is that choreographied? And I turn into Teen Wolf. Yeah. That's, you, I shit you not, guys, and I don't think this is going to be too hard for you to believe. I used to fantasize 
about becoming Teen Wolf. And there is a movie called Teen Wolf 2 with Justin Bateman. The first one was with Michael J. Fox. I'm not talking about the MTV series. Movies Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf 2. Um, and there's a thing in <laughs> Justin Bateman turns into a wolf and he's like he's a he's majoring in boxing at college. I don't know. Go figure that. Who knows? And he he gets he turns into a wolf and then he does he goes to a party and he's just like a dork and then he turns into a wolf and everybody's like yeah when the reality of that situation folks is if you turn into a wolf at your high school people would be like what the fuck run run like it would be so scary just imagine the reality of that so but in my little little elementary school head or however young I was, I was like, oh, please make me a wolf. Please make me a wolf. Like I was the kind of idiot that also like thought like if I got bit by a spider, I could be Spider-Man. I was like, it's so easy. Just a little, a little second of pain and glory forever. Um, do you ever have those fantasies, you guys? And even in when as you get older, you still like my imagination just runs wild. And it's always fantasies, like whether it's like I played the Powerball and win. I've never played the Powerball, but I'll have like intense fantasies about it. But I swear to God, as a little kid, this is I, I swear to God, I didn't plan on talking about this, but we're here, right? Do you guys mind if I talk a second about this? I used to have these fantasies where I because I was an extreme. I hold. Yeah, you're going to be shocked. I was an extreme nerd and I got bullied a lot in elementary school and I would watch these films and they would just transport me. I guess it's like the housewives and Vanderpump rules do now. But back then it was all these films. And I in fact, my parents had to uh, take out HBO because I would just. I would sneak downstairs and I would watch movies when they'd go to sleep and I would have bad nightmares. But I remember just wanting to be something more than I was and and knowing that I wasn't appealing in so many ways. And I had this crush on the, I, I grew up on a street full of girls and I had a crush on this girl, Rachel Beaker, and she did not like me. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, if I could turn into a, we- <laughs> if I could turn into a werewolf, that would do it. Like she would love me. Now it's idiotic. If I lit, like, if I literally went back to like little elementary school Ryan and turned to a werewolf, I would be. They would study me. I would be locked away in some kind of government test facility. I mean, I'd probably be safer than I am now, but it would be insane. So there is this scene in Teen Wolf Two. If I'm, I'm doing this by memory, but this is the song. You broke my heart because I couldn't dance. You didn't even want me around. And now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down. I want you to picture this little, little elementary school Ryan walking into the school dance. And literally, I would imagine turning into a werewolf and, and then everybody doing that, like clapping, like, woo! And, and like everybody would be like, Ryan, Ryan. And then I would see Rachel, Rachel Beaker, and I would see her on the dance floor. And then I would just like turn, like I'd be like, I'd like just part the seas. And then every, and then I would start doing a wolf dance. Like, you know, I don't even know what the wolf dance was, but just imagine I'm actually dancing at my desk right now. And everybody, everybody, you guys started doing the wolf dance with me because that's how powerful I was as the wolf. And then, of course, in my mind, I'm like, well, does Rachel Rachel really like me for me or she just like the wolf? And, you know, 
He really did. This is insane. I really had this thought that I I wanted something fantastic to happen to me. Don't you ever want that when you're when you're when you're growing up? You just want to be so much better than you are. And the only thing in my head that could be that to do that for me is to be a werewolf. Whew. Wow. So welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Actually, this is my favorite part of the song. Here, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. My God, we are having a good time on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. That actually part, would I would get down to the ground and woof, and then it would explode and everybody would clap. Like, it's just, it was a lot of clapping and a lot of people carrying me on their shoulders, which I don't know why I always equate that to success. I think that's just a movie thing. But if you guys, I've talked about Buca de Beppo, Dorit's room with Buca de Beppo, Buca de Beppo, Buca de Beppo a lot. Uh, I'd like to announce my first live podcast. We'll be at Dorit's. No, God, how amazing would that be? But like I've said in every episode, we are going to rent the biggest party bus ever, a thousand person party bus. And I'm going to get a thousand people um, and we're going to go there. We're going to party. And maybe, maybe if the spirit moves you guys, maybe you could put me on your shoulders. I'm a I'm a big boned, uh, a big boned guy. So, you know, it'll take all th- a thousand of you. And uh, that's how we go into Buka. We're uh, like, Ryan. Ryan. Uh, I'm okay, folks. Do not worry about me. So (laughs) I'm Danny Pellegrino. We got Laura Marie Shane Halls. But I also like to do things that are a little, little unusual, something that you might not be expecting. And today is no different than that because I want you to have a full experience. I think of these as radio shows. I want you to have highs. I want you to have lows. We can laugh together. We can get weird together. We can cry together. Uh, Today, I think we, we hit all of it. Because I have a surprise guest today. Um, let's see here. Now, her name is Veronica Leventhal. Now, um, we go over this in the show later, uh, who Veronica Leventhal is. But you know what? I'll, I'll spoil it right now. Veronica Leventhal is uh, a very big Bravo reality TV show fan. And, well, you guys all are, right? And I, um, I'm going to be happy to have all of you guys on at one point. But Veronica has a very interesting um, connection to the show because her dad is Rick Leventhal. And if you don't know, Rick Leventhal is engaged to one Miss Kelly Dodd. That is right. We have the future stepdaughter of Kelly Dodd on the show. Veronica Leventhal. We had an amazing conversation, you guys. I cannot wait for you to hear her because it's just good. It's just good. It is so good. It's good today. Uh, it is so good. It's good. We have a bunch of really interesting uh, nosedives. I want to talk a little bit about Machine Gun Te- Kelly. We got to talk about him. We got to. What's going on with that guy? I don't like him. I'll tell you. I don't trust him. I'll tell you that much. No, I do not like him at all. And we're going to talk about why, because I know all you girls are going to hear you in the car like Machine Gun Kelly's dreamy. Nuh-uh. No, 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 no. Okay. I hate to be all Aaron, Denise's husband about this, but ladies, please. I'm just joking. Feel any way you want. I'm just telling you it's going to end in heartbreak with Machine Gun Kelly. I'm just telling you. Okay. We got Danny. We got Laura. Uh, We got, uh, we got Veronica. We uh, we had that beautiful song at the beginning. Oh, by the way, Laura Laura uh, is on. We're talking about Vanderpump Rules, but we're also talking about the last episode of NYC Prep. We did a two-hour interview, and the first hour, uh, which is a lot of Vanderpump and a little bit of NYC Prep, just to give you a taste, 
The first taste is for free, folks. Isn't that what drug dealers used to say in the 80s? And uh, the second hour of that will be on the Patreon. Um, And believe me, you guys, it is good for two hours straight. Even if you don't know NYC Prep, I'm telling you, this is like hearing two friends that are big smartasses with big hearts. Uh, You're going to like it. You're going to love it, love it, love it. I swear to God. So uh, first hour of Lara will be on here. The second hour will be on the Patreon, which is very exciting. Um, Machine Gun Kelly, we got to talk about Garth. Hey, Garth. Garth Brooks. You guys, I watched the first, I watched the first 10 minutes. Garth Brooks, if you guys don't know, I've been obsessed with this Garth Brooks clip uh, the past two episodes, and I'm still obsessed, and we'll get to that later. But there is a Netflix TV series documentary about Garth Brooks, and you guys, within 10 minutes, he says some off-the-wall shit that I was like, oh my, this, Garth Brooks is just walking around a free man, you guys. Hey guys, do you guys like slick stuff? <laughs> hey, cool stuff and slick stuff. It's me, Garth. Hey, you guys, I'm going to play some clips from just, just the first 10 minutes. I will have material for the rest of my life from this documentary. And I'm not saying I do not like Garth Brooks. I'm saying I love Garth Brooks. I am, I am living Garth Brooks's truth right now. Like I love him so much. But of course, we have to talk about uh, we got a little Leah McSweeney segment because she went off on Ramona this week. We got to get to that. You got, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the next season of The Bachelorette. We're going to do a little news segment that will be included in. Um, I do. I got I have a lot. And, you know, of course. And oh, God, I got to play you this Lenny Kravitz clip. I really feel like this is just me talking to my friends at this point, And I like that. I like that. You guys, I hope you will let me ramble. I do want to sit talk uh, at the beginning of the show about something disturbing that happened to me yesterday. Now, I uh, I live in a house in uh, the Fairfax district, and I got a, pe- I got, I got a piece of mail, which is always exciting to get mail, you guys. Don't you love getting mail? I love getting mail. I really do. It really makes me happy, unless it's like a bill or one of those circulars, and you're like, stupid circular. I don't need to know restoration hardwares. So this says... The the from address just says number one fan. And so I was like, oh, my mom wrote me. And I opened it up and I was so excited. I was like that uh, that uh, the Christmas story when he's like red, he got his Red Rider BB gun. And I open it up and it's just one page. That's the page. Can you hear it? And I open it up. And <laughs> it's a picture of Garth Brooks in his hotel room, and it's just his face. It's a very haunting image, you guys. I, I'll take a picture and throw it up on the Instagram tomorrow at some point. It is a very haunting image. And then it says in blood, you're next. No, it does not say that part. That It just says, and it just, but it doesn't have to because it's just creepy enough. Just It's like Garth is saying, hey, hey, bud, hear you talking about me on the podcast. I like that. <laughs> I really like that. But yeah, uh, so then, but, I, you know, as Christian Doty has inspired me to do, to be a detective in my own life. So I said, you know what, Ryan, who, who, what, what clues do we have that who this could be? Now, you're saying, well, only so many people have your address. That is unfortunately not true. A lot of people have had it because I I guess I've announced it in multiple episodes like I have my phone number. So and that's on me. That's I'm accepting that. That's that's all my fault. Okay. So my two favorite detectives, like I said, Christian Doty is my number one detective. What a 
great detective. And my second favorite is Batman. Uh, he's not just a superhero, guys. He's you guys might not know this, but he is the world's greatest detective. That's his slogan. I, I'm not even making that up. Um, so if I smell it, there's no distinct smell. Nobody put perfume or cologne on it. So that that's comforting. It's somebody obviously with what we would like to call a printer because this is a color image. It's a color image of Garth Brooks printed. So it's somebody that has a printer at home or maybe work. But the work thing, I question that because a lot of people aren't going into their offices at work. So it's a home printer, okay? So we have to get in the mind of whoever did this. Now, let's see if there are any clues on the envelope. So number one fan, that could be anybody, right? Like thousands of fans. Um, okay, so back here, it says, it says Los Angeles, California. So the person that sends this is from Los Angeles, California. Um, it was sent on June 26th, which was Friday. I got it on the 29th, which is Monday, which also that just disturbs me on a whole different level that the post office can't get a Los Angeles letter to another Los Angeles address in a day. You know, I feel like Monday you're pushing it. There's a, there's the, the stamp. It is fireworks and the American flag. And it says forever. Now, I don't know if that's some weird, this, this, this is where it scares me. I don't know if this is Illuminati, if the Illuminati are sending me some sort of message, uh, this could even be from Garth Brooks or some of his people. There's no, it's a, if you look inside the envelope, there's no, it's just like a blue, there's like a little bit of a design. There's nothing there. And she, he or she folded this like a letter. Like, so you thought you were opening a letter and then you open it and it's like, Hey, it's me, Garth. Hey, Hey, Hey Ryan. I see what I hear what you're doing. I like it. Keep it up in my head. Garth is supporting the podcast. Hey, I love four hour podcast, bub. Hey, bub. Hey, do you want to have some home cooking? I, I'm making a pot pie by the fire. <laughs> I'm like, I'm making a pot pie for you and your sister. I got corn on the cobs. And uh, do you like Trulies? Trulies is my favorite beverage. <laughs> so we don't know who sent this. It could be the letter sender is out there. That's all we know. So that is going to be a great mystery. And I can't wait to... To, you know what scares me, though, is what if I get, like, a Garth Brooks letter every day? Like, what if, like, what if just all of a sudden just, just Garth, like, Garth stuff is just, it's everywhere. And then I'm just looking out my window and, like, I just see, like, it's like in those movies where, like, I look out and I see Garth Brooks and then also, and I shake my head, like, Ugh, and then I look up and he's gone. Like, what if Garth Brooks is, like, the new Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger is, like, I'll haunt your dreams, bub. <laughs> Ryan, you're an idiot. Yeah, you can say it. It's not going to harm me. You can say it. Hello. Please leave a message after the tone. Mom? Dad? Mom? Dad, where are you? Uh, yeah, they went to, uh... They went to Pine Top, Arizona for a week with my sister and the kids, and I guess they're on a little bit of vacation, so we won't be hearing from them this week, which is fine, right? It's fine. You know, they, they've only been on eight or nine weeks in a row. It's not like we can depend on my parents, right? Like, that's not even something. And yeah, sure, they invited me. Sure, they did. Yeah, but some people, they have to pay bills. Some people have to stay in one location. Just can't always just go running to them at a drop of a hat, right? You know what? But no, screw that. I'm going to call herself. Calling herself. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Six, zero, two, seven. 
Oh, calm down. I'm not going to give out my mom's phone number to everybody. Don't worry. I know what you were thinking. I'm not, but I should. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Mom and Dad, how could you do this? It's podcast night, and people need to hear you. I know you're on damn vacation, but this is not cool, you guys. We've talked to you nine or ten weeks in a row, and it just doesn't feel right if we don't talk to you guys. And I know you keep sending me pictures from vacation and say to come and meet you, and it looks like Dad's drunk most days, but please, I just can't. It's just called, it's called unprofessionalism. That's what it's called. And it's just so sad how you raised your kids to be somewhat responsible and you let our sister have kids. And yet you can't, you have one appointment that you're, that I know of, you know, besides doctor's appointments because uh, you're retired and you can't even make that. What kind of example are you setting for watermelon and my niece? It's so sad, so sad. And I don't know if this is what you call the children's abuse hotline or the animal abuse, one of the abuse hotlines, but this is the kind of stuff that gets reported. And I'm going to let you off easy on this one. This is a warning. But if you guys ever mess with this podcast, consider this podcast my child. So it's not, you know, with Kara, with my sister's children, you're very nice too. But this podcast, not feeling like you love this podcast. It's not, this is your grandson, granddaughter, this podcast. And when you skip out on an appointment like this, what does that say to my podcast and the people that listen to it? And it's just, I'll be expecting a full apology next week. So I hope that you will get creative and um, we'll, we'll talk to you then. If we talk to you at all, we might've found new parents by then. I will probably be holding auditions. Uh, have a happy 4th of July. If you're satisfied with the message, press one. Oh, I'm satisfied. I am satisfied. Two. To send your message. Oh, I'll send you. it. Your message has been sent. Yeah, yeah, it has. Okay, so now we know we have new enemies of the pod. Bill and Becky Bailey are now enemies of the pod. You are not to communicate with them at all, you guys. Hey, today's going to be a silly pod. Is that all right? We need to laugh. Everything's so intense. How is everybody doing mentally? Are we Are we all right? It's been such a hard week. I, uh... I, I, I'm uh, eight days in on my diet and I'm not, I'm not feeling as bloated. So that's kind of exciting. I'm looking forward to fitting into my jeans, uh, one day again. Uh, but, uh, I hope everybody's doing all right out there and I hope everybody's not giving up the fight. We're, uh, we're in a really interesting time and I hope everybody's staying safe and wearing masks and all that stuff because I know it's hard, but I know we can do it and I know we're doing it for good reasons. So also before we get into Danny Pellegrino, I wanted to say hi to um, to Laura. Now, Laura, Laura, hi, do you hear me? Now, there is a company called Letters and Lucy, and it is run by uh, a, a girl named Bailey. And she messaged me this week, and she sent me a picture of her, her mom. Laura was listening, and she said, I don't know why I love this guy, and then sent a picture of me, which, by the way, I, I was I was cracking up because I'm like, she is right to question why anybody would love him. Like, she's like, why do I love this guy? And I immediately liked her. I was like, you should be questioning that. There's no reason why you should like me. But, Laura, if you're listening still, if if you've even gotten this far, hello. Uh, go check out her daughter's um, uh, Letters and Lucy on Instagram. There is so much cool stuff on there. I have a... Mood one, 
uh, a Stasi, a mood Stasi season one sweater from there. I got it a while ago. Uh, I don't know if that's went up in value this past couple of weeks, but I have one of those and it's really cool. So Laura, thank you so much for listening. That's really cool. And, um, I hope you definitely just didn't crash your car. Cause I know you listen in there. So Laura, thank you so much. Um, you guys, Danny Pellegrino, let's talk about him. Everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino is the show. You guys know it. You love it. He was in the midst of a sold out tour that had to be canceled, uh, or postponed due to COVID. Um, I went to the first, um, first show of this at, uh, the Troubadour where Elton John was one of his first concerts there that really broke him in the seventies in Los Angeles. I saw Danny's show and it was so good. So funny. He was so charming and it was very inspirational to see. He was the first interview I ever did on this podcast. And I'm so happy that I got the courage to ask him back. He is always just, it was just such a, I just had, I just have a great time. Like you have a great time listening. I have a great time just talking to this dude. Uh, I do want to, uh, hip you guys to his YouTube channel. Uh, he has a lot of his interviews. You can see him do these interviews and it's really exciting. And I think that is going to be the next wave because I really have a feeling Danny is, um, is going to be on TV someday, one day. I think that's what is all building to for him. And I'm really excited to watch that progression, but we talk about the whole Bravo universe. We talk about quarantine. He is just, it's, it's, we even talk about Jessica Simpson. We talk about all of it. So without further ado, you guys, and we'll, after this, we'll get to the song breakdown, but I got to get you to Danny Pellegrino because we need the laughs. So ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Danny Pellegrino. Uh, guys, my guest today, I am so excited for. Not only was he my first guest on uh, this podcast, but he really is kind of the best at what we do here. But what you might not know is I think there are bigger things in store for this guy. If you do not know, he has a YouTube channel now where you can actually see these interviews. He had a sold out tour, which unfortunately, you know, you know what's going on. Uh, but uh, he is the king, the icon, the legend himself. Danny Pellegrino, welcome back to the show. Ryan, thank you so much. I'm blushing right now. I feel so. <laughs> by, by the way, I can see him. He is blushing. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, you you always said like you don't listen to 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 a lot of other podcasts because you don't want to cloud your your thoughts or your takes or something like that. And I didn't really notice that until I started doing mine, and I did stop listening to podcasts that revolve around this. But I've been listening to you all weekend, and it's so comforting to listen to somebody speak about Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of New York so uh, concisely and brilliantly where you're like, I know what people are like, damn, that's exactly what I think. Like it was oh, such a you. delight. Um, for and by the a- way, I hate that. I, I, I want to listen to everyone and I love you and I love so many of our friends yeah. who are in this doing this. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like sometimes even subconsciously, you know, you'll, pick something up that someone yes. says or whatever. And I don't want, you know, and we get messages. I'm sure you do too, where it's like, Oh, 
you said this and that's from them. <laughs> and sometimes I want to be like, well, we're friends too. So sometimes we'll like text each other or like we were on the same page. So oftentimes. Could you imagine thinking that you have the hot take that Jax is horrible? Like that's mine. I'm the only one that said that. And I own that. Do you find it weird though? I know how you feel about Jax. And do you find it, <laughs> do you find it weird to get messages oh. of people who are, who defend him or, or who, you know, yeah. super fans? Well, especially in this time right now in the, the time of Corona and core is that it's hard sometimes because you think that you're uh, not to be like self, but sometimes you think, you, you know, this is the right take. I have the right opinion on this guy. And then you get all these people defending that person. And it, it really opens you up to like, oh, my gosh, you have to remember that there's it takes all types of people to live in this world. And it, but it, it's the same people that like when Jackson Brittany's wedding w- was happening, that they'd be like, Oh my God, this is a magic fairy tale. Right. Right. I know everyone's got a different point of view and yeah, it's part of our job to really give opinions on things. And so, you know, oftentimes we, we hear from other people who have the opposite opinion and it's like, Holy shit. I just thought everyone <laughs> felt that way. Well, and that's, I, I, I really thought a lot about that in terms of Stasi this week and, and we'll get into that, that, that later, but I guess the first question I wanted to ask you, um, and this really goes to your uh, hit show that never made Quibi is what the fuck is going on, Danny? What, <laughs> what the, the fuck, fuck is going, is going on? on? I know I, I want to do more episodes of that. I've been in sort of a weird uh, little cocoon in the past few weeks, as we all have. But uh, yeah, what the fuck is going on? You know, I am I've been going through it. I've been having some health issues and yeah, which I, I was telling you about. And uh, But yeah, I don't know. But We're Danny, all kind not, of going it's, through it's, it. It's not health issues like where, you, you know, you you come back two months later and you have a boob job, is it? No, 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 I wish. <laughs> no, 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 I just, I had, a, it was surgery related. I had a, my appendix taken out in January and then I developed a bunch of stuff uh, that uh, after the fact. Yeah. Um, and so I've been but you, but trying to figure it all out. But I'm, I'm doing it, much better. Doing, yeah, okay. I'm doing much better. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I feel I exhausted from talking about it. Like everyone who asks how I'm doing, I like go into this big spiel and it's like, people don't care. Like I don't need to go into this big thing. It, it, it's like your talk show questions. Like you would always grow up watching talk shows and you would be like Jay Leno and David Letterman and all those people would ask the same questions over and over again on some kind of press tour. Um, uh, in retrospect, actually, what the fuck is going on? I'm glad you didn't go with Quibi. I'm glad Quibi actually turned you down because I think there's a bigger home for what the fuck is going on. And Ryan, what the fuck is going on with Quibi right now? I mean, are, are you following it? I'm yes! so fascinated yes! by Quibi. Like, how is it still around? I just saw Chrissy Teigen announced a season two of her show. Uh, I get sometimes like press release emails and they were there was like a new Darren Chris show that just launched on Quibi. And I was like, how are shows still launching yes! on the surface? I have a feeling you might have a show and you're just not aware yet. Like this, <laughs> you probably like we're in the second season um did you watch any of the quibi stuff like sample that i i didn't like i i mean and the thing is like i have no excuses like i was here like i wasn't one of the people out partying or anything like that i was here i don't know why i didn't but did you notice like during this whole time and still a little bit that it's really hard harder to consume media than it has been beforehand Totally. Yeah. I've, I'm finding it almost impossible to like sit down and read a book. I yes. started I started going and reading some of the David Sedaris stuff that I hadn't read because it's like you can digest it in just little yeah. bits. But other than that, like I, I have no attention span. I can do like half hour shows, comedies. I can't do one hour. Even Housewives right now feels it's, long. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
My well, attention you, span is bad. You, I was listening to the Vanderpump Rules season uh, recap after the, uh, the, the Zoom reunions, which, by the way, like the fact that we even have to say Zoom reunion is so bizarre to me. But you literally really voiced what all of us were thinking of, just like, oh, my God. Thank you, God. It's like finishing it's a over. marathon where you're like, I trained all season, and it still was hard, this marathon. Like, it was still hard to get through. And I feel like I always think that at the end of any of these seasons, particularly with Vanderpump Rules, they always go on too many episodes, in my opinion. Like they, because Vanderpump, what's the episode count on? Do you know what the episode? I think it was like twenty-two plus three Zoom reunions. Yeah, and oftentimes Housewives will be like eighteen. I, yeah. I, I feel like Housewives is at least a couple shorter. I could be wrong on that, but I don't know. Housewives feels like a shorter season order to me. And so by the end of Vanderpump Rules, I'm always tired of it, but particularly this season and then where we're at culturally and going on off screen. It's like, enough, enough. Like, I'm so over it. You know, and then like some something like Summer House where you wish it would go on longer. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, on the penultimate episode of Summer House, like it's it's like, no, I want I want this to keep, I want the summer to keep going. I want the house to still be alive. I know you always want to leave them wanting more, though. And I wish I wish Vanderpump would leave us wanting more. They should have cut that that season in particular should have been at least six episodes shorter. Like at least, <laughs> like it was just a terrible season. It was all over the place, and it was it was production wise. And I love you know god bless the production on that show but it was so messy with the introduction of new people and then uh, editing yeah it, 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 out it was a mess to me and we but you know and we knew that even from the beginning i just think that once we hit quarantine there was such a spotlight on everything that was wrong because these were like the des- these were the things that we were clinging to each week to like provide us some sort of normalcy and then you realize it's like i always say it's like that madonna song do you remember that madonna song this used to be my playground <laughs> yes yes of yeah like that's what i feel like this vanderpump rules is like this is used to be where i would get my you know my stress out and now i'm stressed because of the show not uh, in my normal life, and then this makes me happy, you know? Yeah. Do you think, yeah. how, how much longer do you think we have with them? Oh, at least have- 12, 13 years? No, yeah. no, no. I think, <laughs> I think, I think you're, I think we have one more. See, I would love what you, you hit it on the head, and I'd actually, uh, I've been saying a similar thing is that let's see the behind the scenes with this stuff. I'm like, I'm fascinated. Could you imagine if we got that conversation of, or we got the behind the scenes when like Stasi had to be let go. When what are, what are the conversations happening with Jax? Like, are they waiting us out? Like, I would love if they opened it up and then how to rebuild. Like, how can we? Wouldn't you love to see the casting process for the new season? It'd be amazing, and I think it would be such great television. And I think fans are ready for that. What I think will happen is like at the beginning of next season, we'll kind of have what they did on Roni, which is like the cast reacting to Bethany being gone. And I feel like <laughs> it was like a 30, 30 seconds or something. They it all was go like, out on their balconies and sip coffee like they did in Roni. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Dorinda's like, I feel like I'm gonna cry, and then like that we then we moved on. And I feel like that's what'll happen. That's what they'll ultimately do. I would imagine, but. But I, I hope that they go into it a little bit further and and we see uh, more of the reaction, more of the fallout and more of the casting and more of what happens next and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, don't you think at this point they should treat us like grown-ups that we realize it's being filmed? Like, there's, it's not like at the end of last season when Lisa said, you know, when Jax was like, this is my show. It wasn't like we, as an audience, we were like, whoa, 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 what show are they talking about? Oh my God, right. what show? <laughs> and I, for a while, I think for years and years, 
it, the argument could be made that it's like, well, people like us who analyze this show, of course we want them to pull back the curtain and break the fourth wall. But, you know, uh, people who just watch casually maybe wouldn't understand that. But I think now we're far enough into the reality TV genre that even like my brother in Ohio, him and his wife, they, they watch Vanderpump Rules. And like they even want that like they even get that this is a tv show they understood that scene with lisa and jacks it's not we're not at a point now where people are so dumb or or so um or not paying attention as much i shouldn't say dumb to these shows that they wouldn't get it like i think everyone the full audience is ready for that to happen and we saw on a teen mom which i don't watch regularly but i'm familiar with how they've kind of torn back the curtain and and they have production on camera talking to the cast yeah it's, it's very fascinating even if you're not someone who's interested at all in teen mom i encourage you to just like watch an episode to see how they handle that and i think that's what what Bravo should do, but it seems like Bravo in general with other shows are taking are, are starting to Beverly take Hills. Chances Beverly and, Hills yeah. is a perfect example, like where they did start like kind of revealing that fourth wall a little bit more and using it as I mean from the first episode when we heard at the very end, you know them asking questions with the green screen behind. Like to me, that's chilling. It's something that we haven't seen really fully utilized on Bravo, and it, to me that that is exciting. And I had written off Beverly Hills. For, so right. for Me the too. like, yeah. To like, I really look forward to it. To the fact where I'm depressed right now that we're in like a month long hiatus. Right. And I think Bravo used to be at the forefront of a lot of like reality TV and they, yes. they used to take chances and do different things. And so, so I I hope they go back to like what they were successful at, which is like trying new forms of this and, and kind of, they, they really created the form when it came to housewives. And, and so I hope they, they continue doing that and well you you brought up that that interesting point of like what how does bravo um like you know i think about it this way like i was going over all of your interviews and you've had a hell of a are we in summer like i don't even know what we consider this time day is it what month is it you've made a hell of a, a a hell you've just made such a good use of this time in so many ways because not only was I realizing like the, the depth of the, the bench you have in terms of interviews, in terms of recaps, but you also started to me a light pivot where you were getting people like Katie Couric, Kathy Najimy, who by the way, Kathy Najimy is very you on brand. Like you, oh, you celebrate her. her, you celebrate <laughs> her. her, you know, you, you, you've had these amazing people. Is there anything? And I guess this is kind of related to Bravo as well. Is there anything in your mind of like, well, I'm not just reality shows. I actually, I can, I can talk to any of these. I'm pop culture. I'm, I, I will talk to all of my heroes. Is that a, a thing at all? Yeah, you know, I've always been interested in talking to these people. I love pop culture, and, and the show really, everything iconic really um, became more of Bravo recaps. And I saw people were really enjoying those, and I know that's what people to come, what people mostly come to everything iconic for. But I never want to. Um, I never want to paint myself in a corner because I like talking to other people and, and I'm just fascinated by celebrity, particularly female celebrities. And, and uh, I, I, so yeah, I would love to have more and more people on. And when the, the coronavirus started and we became in lockdown, I was like, you know, let me just try to reach out to some people and do some extra episodes. And my yeah. goal was just to take people's minds off things. So I was still doing all the Bravo stuff. I just added an extra episode and I was like, you know, for as long as I can, I'm going to just start having more people on, um, you know, until I burn out. And I, you know, I've always kind of thrown in episodes when I would get a good guest, you know, somebody would come on. 
And so I hope to continue doing that. I just love talking to, to people in the industry about different, you know, Kathy and Jimmy was someone who I loved. And also she ended up being like one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. Cause we got really deep about certain things and yeah, it was just a fun chat for me. And then having yeah. someone like Katie Couric was great to, I mean, that's that to me that Katie Couric is a legend. Like that is, I mean, you know, but it, do you ever get, I mean, like Kathy to Jimmy, it got to a point where it seemed like you, like, it was like, oh, this is friends. This is like, oh, we're just, this is, this is a real right. person I'm talking to. Do you, until you hit that moment in an inter- interview, do you have nerves leading up to it? Do you have nerves during until like a specific moment? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I prep a lot for interviews and I, what I particularly do is like go back and watch and listen to a lot of their old interviews and I can really see like what they want to talk about versus what they're uncomfortable talking about. And then, you know, someone, Kathy was so great and open um, but I knew she didn't want to like sit down and talk about a hocus pocus for an hour. Like I just from, from <laughs> what doing about research, that scene in hocus pocus where <laughs> right from doing research, I was able to see that. But then I also I love hocus pocus, and I know the audience who's going to listen is going to want to talk about hocus pocus. So it's about like finding a way into that conversation without disrespecting the guest, and uh, and so I do prep quite a bit. And then I just let the conversation kind of go where it is, you know, like I'll oftentimes I'll have a million conver- a million questions written out and then uh, we might not get to a bunch yeah. of them if the conversation's flowing. And then other times like I'll notice the guest isn't really interested in getting <laughs> too deep or something. So it's like, then I'll just ask the questions I have and we'll, we'll run through it. But uh, I find the, the conversations with people like that who've been in the industry for so long, uh, I, I, you know, someone like Kathy Jimmy or, uh, or some of the other, you know, I had Kimberly Williams who played Annie Banks from Father of the Bride and, uh, you know, Fran Drescher yeah. and like some people who've been around for, who have endured the industry for so long uh, can be more interesting than talking to someone from Below Deck or Summer House. Yeah. So I also love talking to, but uh, it's a totally different kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's to me, it's like, it's something that, I mean, you you do all that preparation. I even talk about this in terms of acting is that you do all that preparation so you can actually let it go at some point. You know, is that right. if you didn't have that preparation, it just gives you that little 5% more comfortability that you kind of need to like be able to like loosen up a little bit. Um, uh, and I love when one of those people like let their guard down oh. and we just, it's like the best feeling. And then, and then coming out of the interview, it's like, you know, from talking to people, you know, when it went really well or yeah. when it went really shitty and you're like, thinking, oh, I thought it was going to be great and it wasn't. Well, it's what, yeah, it's one of these things that you, you have these, if you, if you really care, it, it, it shows that like, oh my gosh, I really care about this because when it doesn't go well, it really will keep me up at night. It really will be like, why didn't I ask her what her right. favorite color was? Where was it? Right. But, um, well, so in terms of like uh, expanding your horizons, uh, in terms of Bravo though, where do they go? Because we've seen with this quarantine how hard Netflix has hit it. I mean, you just had Chriselle from Selling Sunset, which, by the way, go watch the YouTube video because she is, I guess, what we would all consider a perfect-looking – she's a she's perfect robotically perfect-looking person. Right. Um, but Netflix has stepped up their game so much with so many different types of reality shows. How, how do you think Bravo can, – can Bravo sustain with what they have now? How do they grow, do you think? Yeah, you know, I hope they grow and I've been feeling a little bit restless with a lot of the Bravo stuff lately and I love it and that's not saying I'm giving up any of the shows, but I've been just, I've been hoping they kind of, 
I don't know, refresh or something for a while now. And I, and I think Netflix has been doing a great job of uh, adapting to reality TV. And I, I was just uh, talking to a friend, like uh, Netflix is still so early on in their like identity of, of reality TV. And they're trying, taking big chances and trying all sorts of shit. And some of it's working and some of it's not. So I think we still don't even know exactly like what the brand of Netflix reality TV is. Yeah, yeah. like we know what Bravo reality is. Um, and I think Netflix is still figuring that out, but I'm so fascinated by all the chances they're taking and what they're doing and something like Selling Sunset, which which feels both like a throwback to something like The Hills, but also really fresh in 2020. And and there are things, there are, are things, of course, I wish like Selling Sunset had more diversity in the cast and things like that, but uh, I'm, but I'm fascinated by some of the things that Netflix is doing. And, and so I, 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 I think, Bravo just needs to take more chances. And I like when Bravo gives us something like Family Karma, which is different. And, yeah. And it still feels like their formula, but it's a different world we're entering into. I just hope that they give those shows more chances. Uh, were, were you able to get away with Camp Getaway this quarter? I liked it. <laughs> Ryan, I know. Everyone's rolling their eyes, but Danny <laughs> liked Camp Getaway. I liked I thought it was good. It was, a, it was a nice, I like anything camp related. And I felt like people were too hard on it, but. I know everyone hated it. <laughs> okay. And I know I'm the only one who watched it. Like the ratings were in the toilet, but I well, like it. Well, but I mean, we do have things to look forward to. Uh, Potomac is coming back on August 1st, which is going to be huge from the season that they came from, I think. And I think people are clamoring for that. And so many people because of, uh, of you and other people like have really pushed that show where I feel like it's, I think it's going to come back strong. I hope so. You know, it ended really pretty strong uh, at the end of last season in terms of ratings. And so I hope that they come back. I think so many people have found it and I'm so excited and everything I hear, it's like a great season. I don't, you know, we'll see, but uh, I think it's going to be good. And they've had two, two, I'd say like top tier housewife seasons. The past two have been like some of the best of all of our shows. Yeah. And so I'm hopeful and excited about Potomac to come back. Yeah. Um, so a, a little bit more uh, about uh, Vanderpump Rules. You had made this really interesting point that I didn't even consider um, with this dossier and Kristen, you know, the quote unquote firing is that you, you, you kind of mentioned, hey, they weren't, they could have just been not picked back up. They do that. You, you were, you were mentioning the, the, uh, what are the acceptance letters that they send out? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they were fire. I, I don't think they were fire. I mean, it's sort of semantics, but traditionally with these shows, what happens is at the end of the season, the show's not even picked up yet. Vanderpump Rules hasn't even been officially announced as picked up yet. Yeah. So usually at the end of all of these shows, whether it be Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, they finish out the season and then Bravo looks at their slate and they decide to pick up the show and then they send what uh, they call uh, pickup letters to the cast of who they want back. So we just saw Portia Williams on The Real Houses of Atlanta. She had posted on her Instagram story is like a uh, pickup letters came, went out, right? And so the yeah. pickup letter is basically the offer for next season. And so what happened with, with Stassi and Kristen, I thought was so interesting because in, in terms of Bravo's statement, they didn't say fired. They, the headlines all said they were fired. And of course you can look at it and say, well, Stassi and Kristen would have been back um, so it's sort of a firing. But what what they did was they finished out their season. They they finished the reunion. The reunion aired. All four of them that were were not picked back up finished out the contract for last season. 
And so what I think had happened was Bravo looked at it and saw that people didn't want them back, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> which it happens with every cast on every one of these shows. They look at their cast and they say, well, you know, what does the public want? What do we want? What, what is best for the show? And so I, I thought it was just, I, I don't think they were technically fired. They finished out their contracts, which in an acting, you're, you come from the world of acting. Yeah. It's like you finish a job and then, yeah, there might be a sequel announced and then they'll offer you a contract to come back for the sequel, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, so I just thought it was a very interesting perspective like that I was not looking at it like that at all, you know, like because it was painted by, you know, uh, the general public as a, you know, quote unquote firing or that's how, and that's exactly what the temperament, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, that was the temperament behind it. But then, you know, you also bring, uh, you brought up this huge thing. Is that like, well, what happened to Jax? You were about to say bringed. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. I, had to, I caught that. <laughs> I caught that's what it. a pro he is. He uh, bringed me my mistake. He <laughs> sorry. What were you saying about Jax? No, I was saying we, the big thing, the big mystery is that like they do this, but they, they, they leave Jax. That's, none of that made any sense to me because if, if we're saying this is the line. Yes, yes. Then, then I don't understand. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. You know, part of me feels like they just, they thought if, well, if they get rid of him, is there a show? You know, like at what point do we not have a show? Like that's who, what I, there, there's got to be somebody that is fighting tooth and nail at all times that's on Jack's watch that's like no guys trust me he's gonna change this season trust me I spoke to him he's gonna change and there's I mean to me it boggled I was reading my parents who have only watched like three episodes because I've made them watch it and I've read them they were like well you know forgiveness forgiveness and then I read my dad some of the tweets and he was like yeah he's gone he's gone I right? can't that's just like too much I mean and what did Ariana say in the finale episode like this is a person this isn't a uh this is a pattern this is is, this personality yeah this is behavior uh this is somebody's way of i don't know ariana killed it like very small this season but like the the moments she had were so powerful that i i mean that last scene with Jax in the last episode i i if you look at i just i was stunned at the stillness and the strength and you saw him like moving everywhere and she was just an uh, immovable force. And I just don't understand like wh- how the rest of the cast is so defensive Pro. of him. Like it, it, to me, it makes, you know, even someone like Sheena, who I love Sheena, but when I interviewed her, I was asking like, well, Ariana's your best friend. And like, he said these things to about her that <laughs> to me, to me just seem like indefensible and, and past. And she's like, well, we all know that's just Jackson. It's like, I don't know, maybe at some point they're all thinking, well, this is a TV show and he makes good TV. But yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't understand him. But it's not I like if know. you have a serial killer friend, you're not like, ah, that's just Bob. He's a serial killer. He just does his thing. Like, but and Sheena actually, I I love Sheena to death because she's Sheena. But like, there's even scenes where she, when Jax was fake working at the bar this season, Sheena would walk up and he'd be like, uh, you sleep with everybody, and Sheena'd be like, ah, Jax. Like it would be like you're silly. I mean, right? It doesn't make any. None of his presence makes sense to me. Like I don't. I don't. I don't even find it fun villainry anymore. Like yeah, that's it. It, to me, that's it, it used to be fun villainry and now it's like, okay, I'm over it. And I'm over him. I'm over Brittany. And 
I, I just, that's where I'm at. But, you know, I know some people like them and yeah. so it is and, what it is. But and, and, you know, but won't it be fascinating no matter what happens, if it does come back, how they be, how, how do you come back of like, how was your summer guys? Well, like, how do we, how do we even explain, how do they come into this acting like none of this happened? It, they have to like face it head on. Do you think there'll be a lot more changes aside from um, what they've already announced? I think if anything, they've learned this season that, I, I mean, I hope, you know, with Brett and Max, you know, we both know, like you said, Max does work at, at TomTom, uh, Tom, but Brett definitely did not work at Sir. I, I think they're going to realize that like, hey, the story is probably with the real connections around these people. So I, I would expect them to be doing a real intense interview process with like uh, Danica and Charlie, who we both love, of seeing like who are in these people's lives that we can actually really. And if Jax is there, like I've always said, like then I want to see Jax's Adderall dealer. I want to see somebody he, he works with. You know, I want to see somebody he deals with. On I want to see it through their eyes and not these kind of like tertiary connections where like they don't make sense, so it doesn't add up to anything. Well, and also with with Jax and Brittany, I don't even understand how they fit into this world anymore. Like they both obviously don't really work there. And I don't see them being friends with people, you know, like Ariana and Tom are friends with Charlie and we they are, hang out with them off off air and and Dana. And, you know, I I don't understand where Jax and Britney fit in to this world. Especially Let them with, go take Kentucky again. Let them go. Like, I know, but not watch Kentucky. it. No one wants to watch it. Hey, I'll, I don't have to. If they, if they want a show, they can have a show. I don't need to watch. That would be my choice at that point. But I mean, I watch other- almost anything, Ryan, and I did not take Kentucky with them. <laughs> the I watched all of Camp Getaway, but I will not watch it. Them take Kentucky. <laughs> Danny picketing outside the Bravo offices if Camp Getaway ever gets uh, let go. Uh, so justice for Camp Getaway. Justice for Camp Getaway. The uh, thought of having to follow Sherry and uh, um, and the whole whole crew. Uh, oh, I, do, I do love Mima, Mama, whatever. Yeah, but uh, but another thing, you you set up these things like where's the beer cheese? Can we get basic answers? Can we get basic answers to questions that you have in other seasons? Can we just find out if like, yeah, I got lazy and it just never happened. Like I want to hear, I want to hear these things. And it was fascinating. By the way, I don't even think that they want to be on the show anymore. I mean, we saw moments like with Brittany when she was having her shower and she was, she was crying about the comments she was getting, getting on Instagram about it. And it seems like this is just not a good place for them, but I do understand this has become their jobs. But I truly don't believe we've heard Jack say on air like he wants to just move somewhere and and do something do it, else. Dude. And it's like do it, man. do it, please, please. Like we know that you don't want to do this, so get out of here. Start the gardening <laughs> business. You you claim to love mowing. We see you mowing things. Like go go Forrest Gump mow somewhere. You know, yeah. Reality um, TV people kind of paint themselves into a corner because it becomes their their livelihood, which I understand, but. But then when it comes to a point where it's like, we can tell you don't even want to be doing this. Like Jax doesn't want to film with anyone new. He didn't want to drive to wherever, where, where the beach cleanup. Like he, he <laughs> wouldn't drive there on camera. It's like, okay, like if you're an actor, if, if uh, I don't know, Ava, Duv- uh, Ava DuVernay or whoever is directing says like, yeah. you need to nope. be here on set. You can't just say no. Well, the the funny thing was is that Britney went. Like, why couldn't he have hitched a ride? Like, you drive, Brit. You drive. Like, it was like you don't you share a house. Like, um, the the startling thing in that last Zoom reunion though was 
I think it was Stasi that said to both of them of like, well, we're afraid of upsetting Jax and we're afraid of hurting Brittany. And it's like, wow, they've turned into the couple that people are scared and sad for, even within their friend group. And you know, we've also, we've all seen couples too, that like, there's a mean one and a nice one. And then the mean one usually is so strong that they eventually both become mean, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like right. we would see Brittany, if like she continues to be on the show, I think turn more and more angry than yeah, the other we've way seen, we've seen her shift and I used to like her a lot. And, and I, I don't know. I feel like they've just, it's just so, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't it's, care it, for them at all. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but even like with the new kids, like like Max, who actually does have a connection with Tom Tom, he seemed like he was sleeping his way through the season. Like he just didn't. I was like, man, I, I don't. Is somebody making you be here? Because you seem like I you're know. just so tired all the we time. Need, we need people who want to work and do this job. You know, they were <laughs> back in the day. They were so fresh and energized. It's like the old studio system. Like, you know, like being like, be excited to be part of the studio. Uh, you mentioned Raquel being like, all you need is Raquel oh and uh, pageantry. Did you know Charlie did pageants with her? <sighs> Please. Did I you did know not, that? No, I did yes. not know that. Oh you got to get, you got to talk to Charlie. Because I love Charlie. She, she, isn't she great? She has so much more of a story. And I understand why they couldn't dive into it this season. I totally understand that. But there's a lot of stuff there. But she used to do, Raquel was in the circle. Like she knew wow. of Raquel through the wow, Ryan, circle. Wow. Isn't I'm that so, amazing? Yeah. I mean, Raquel said that she's thinking about like doing another adult pageant when I interviewed her. And I was like, um, on, she said, I didn't on even camera. know there were adult pageants. I thought that was, was like, like stopped at high school. That's the shift I need for this show. Like, I just want to see that Raquel and now Charlie just doing adult pageants. And DJ James Kennedy like spins during the pageants, like certain like. And in general, I just want to see their real lives. Like, I don't want these bullshit storylines like we that we can see through from a mile away and i don't need any more axe throwing i don't need any like i understand like you can just get together at somebody's house i don't need some kind of extracurricular activity to understand how speaking to a friend works you know right i mean we even saw when dana at the reunion was talking about uh, losing a parent it's like that's that's the real life stuff that we find so compelling and interesting and we don't need to see like lisa vanderpump hiding a bra and someone's suitcase or whatever like, weird. <laughs> or, or remember like how like i don't know if you ever watched 90210 it lasted oh, yeah, every for, like, episode t- it lasted for like 10 seasons where do you remember like there was that shift like in year six where they started recycling literally the same plots from the first season but like it was like all of a sudden like there was a gun episode six seasons later there was a gun episode they literally started recycling scripts but giving them to new characters and i was like right. okay that's what we're seeing now with vanderpump is that like okay so now uh, Brett is the guy that uh, wants Lisa's body instead of Schwartz and Sandoval. And it, right. so it just rings like kind of false. Um, and Dana uh, was just set up to be like the whole Dana Sheena storyline was Stasi and Sheena storyline. It was like they, the da- they Dana just tried was to given a suicide. It. Dana was given a suicide mission to like have that big of a role when we don't know. Like that to me is just setting people out for somebody to not like them. If you're right. going to force us to watch a love triangle that nobody, like we don't know any three of those. So why would we care? And you guys, they don't even seem like they want to be in the love triangle. And also, by the way, if we look back, it was so messy because we're, making this love triangle between Brett and Dana and Max a major storyline. Like it arguably became like the lead storyline of the show. But early on in the season, it was revealed that Max and Brett had these tweets that were so problematic. And so what what Bravo did then was remove their confessionals. So it was like, this was still a lead storyline, but for about three or four or five episodes, 
uh, the two of the three people in this lead storyline were not in confessionals because it was sort of like their punishment or whatever. And Bravo never officially announced it, but there was a, a solid five episodes where they cut their confessionals. And then they slowly started working them back in and then it like picked up full steam. But by that point, the audience had kind of lost the thing where we were like, I don't, even if I, I, I didn't understand any of it. Did you, do you, did you see that like Ken had back surgery this past week? No, so, I didn't. Well, I, I got, uh, so Lisa uh, posted that he already had back surgery and went great. And then in her Instagram post, she said, I'm making Ken's favorite meal. And it looked like a pile of weird oatmeal with <laughs> bananas, like all over it. And like, like raisins thrown in. It was, I, she never said what it was. I don't know if it was like a curry. It was so uh, it just really upset me. Like the, I'm looking I, it up right now. Yeah, please. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump's Instagram. I think it was. Uh, it, it, I would love to get your first reaction. Wow. She, okay. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the? Is bananas? there corn in it? What <laughs> yeah. the fuck is that? It, I think it's everything's in it. I don't know what it is, but she's she made it for Ken, and I was like, Ken might want to stay okay. at the hospital. Okay, hold on, Ryan. We need to break this down. I see yeah. literal cauliflower. Oh. I see bananas. Oh. I see chickpeas, carrots, broccoli, and corn, and onions. <laughs> and banana. Well, how do you put bananas around that? Is that like a sweet aftertaste? Oh, and in the bottom is I think rice. You know, I like some weird things though sometimes. <laughs> well, it reminded me of that Friends episode. I hate to bring up Friends because I know Jax likes it, where they have the the seven layer cake and the one layer is what what is it like meat, meat. or something? Yeah. And then Joey loves it. Um, yeah. uh, Tastes okay, like so, feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to New York, you kind of uh, were mentioning that is, I don't think you used the word dumpster fire, but you said it's a lot going on. There, yeah, New York is in a weird transitional phase right now. And uh, I think. Particularly, it would be interesting to see without Tinsley around because Tinsley was the only link between Leah and these other older women. And so now it's just like a very random cast of characters. And and the I age, love- The age is really showing this season because right. of Leah. Yeah, yeah. And I love Roni's like my favorite show on TV. And I think we've still had, some of the episodes have just been so fun to watch. Uh, but then also there's this weird dark undercurrent with the show and the alcohol. And it's like, I, I was joking, it's like, we should just call it alcohol, the TV show, because it's like we're seeing a lot of heavy drinking, not just a little tipsy. You know, on some of these other shows, it's like people we see, I don't know, Kyle Richards get tipsy in a, on like a very special episode or something. Yeah, we but see these splits. women, right? These women are getting like blackout. I shouldn't say blackout because they well, claim you can't, to not be there blackout. Is- you, there is some blackout stuff. Like, there is blackout. Like It's, like, shocking to, I mean, and I'm all for everyone letting loose. You know, we all need to let loose sometimes <laughs> as long as it's in a, you know, safe way. I, I'm not trying to shame anyone's alcohol intake. But maybe we should shame it a little bit because it's, like, very, just, it's just, some of it's disturbing to watch. And I'm finding, I love Sonia Tremont Morgan. I love her. But I'm finding her to be very tough to watch this season. Well, Everybody is kind and Dorinda, of, getting, of course. Well, I mean, and and I guess Ramona really is the old constant. But 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 by the way, because of the time we're living in right now, her leaning into, I'm not going to change. I'm great. Is not. It, it's the same thing with Stassi and the, the like. The basic, the 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 brand of basic is that I think if anything, this this last couple months have shown us we've got to rise above basic. We got to rise above. If you don't like me, acquire like no. We we gotta like we gotta meet in the middle. We gotta do. We gotta work on ourselves and not just if you don't like me fuck you 
I'm uh, Ramona's always been my favorite housewife of anyone. And even myself this season, I'm like, well, maybe I've had enough for Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we change on a dime with these yes. people in yes. 30 seconds. I could feel differently, but as of right now, I'm kind of like, I, I don't know what's going on with. See, with I thought Ren. that like the, with Dorinda a lot where I'm like, Oh my gosh, she needs to be, you, you said in the, the your most recent recap of uh, Roni is that, uh, you don't think Ramona would be back next season potentially. And I thought that for Dorinda, I thought Dorinda would potentially pull herself out because this isn't a good, I mean, she's going through something very major that she shouldn't be on TV to go through. Yeah. There's a rage behind Dorinda this season that I we think we've never seen before. And, and yeah, it's hard to watch. You know, I look, we I, we treat these shows like sports, right? So I'm always yeah. looking like behind the scenes, like what's going on. And I'm no, I'm noting that like Dorinda and Leah are good friends in real life. So I feel like Dorinda's safe for next season. I just don't know where Ramona kind of fits in. And it, we talk about people being over the show. I feel like there's times where she's over the show. And I do think also Bravo's evolving. We saw in the uh, mid-season trailer where they're showing Ramona saying like, cut the cameras, turn the cameras off. Yeah. And so I don't know this. I haven't seen it or anything like that. But I feel like my prediction is that they're going to expose Ramona a little bit more for being maybe the way a lot of us had thought she probably is behind the scenes, right? Like not... yeah maybe not the best person to work with, which is yes. clear to, it's clear to us, but, but I think I mean, they're going to expose that just from judging off that trailer and kind of like from watching these shows for so long, seeing how they're starting to present Ramona. So that's my prediction. I could be totally off base, but I feel like they're going to expose her and I, I don't know that she'll be able to come back from it. And in addition to that, she just doesn't necessarily fit in so much with, with everyone there is a part of me after watching some of their Instagram uh, uh, work, uh, it was Avery. Avery being an interesting part of this whole thing when Avery and Leah started going after each other, which is just, that's when I'm like, okay, can we can we get a camera somewhere? Can we just like, you know, like a body camera something? Because to me, it's like, that's the, I mean, if you're going to have Leah, like maybe Avery is like Leah said, yeah, let's get Avery game, on the show. But let's get Avery. Avery seems like she probably knows how to talk. Like she's been around her mother. Let's see what that's like. How old is she now? She's like 24. Yeah. She's yeah. She's 25. I think. Yeah. Cause it seems to me like they're also looking to go younger. We've seen on real houses, orange County. And, and uh, I, I do believe that in general, the franchises, you know, with the people coming in, they're looking for people in their thirties, like Leah, not, necessarily women in their 60s which i prefer the older you know i like the i would like them to cast around the older women but it doesn't seem like they're doing that so i would imagine they're going to bring in some new younger faces that are friends with leah or have a connection with leah next season and so i wonder where that leaves people like ramona or sonia um, you did an interview with leah uh, for everything iconic and i don't know if like you know once once the audio wasn't rolling, did she mention me at all? Was there any kind of... You really love Leah, right? Oh, uh, I love... I mean, I know she said some problematic things that I've been... I mean, but I'm trying to learn to forgive people. I've said idiotic things, obviously. But no, for some reason, I I just... I don't know. I Yeah, I, I think she's great. She's fantastic I, on the show. Yeah, she, I mean, I like how she's come in at just the right moment with Bethany leaving. I mean, it might not be the best show, but she managed to find a way in, which we haven't seen. Like, you compare it to sports. Like, exactly. Like, you know, like this this freshman out of New York came in all gut. Like, I watched that. Uh, I think you did too. You watched The Last Dance, right? 
Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, like, on ESPN, that, yeah. Oh, I watched all 10 hours, not a sports guy at all. And I start, there was a solid month where I'm just breaking out of it now where I would compare everything like, well, you know, the New York ladies are playing defense. When, when they got the look at, you know, because it was so good to see somebody so passionate about what they do. Um, uh, but yeah, like Leah just came in at the, the, the right time. Um, she knew could, exactly what to do. She did it. She did what she had to do. <laughs> And without her, yes. what would we? Ha- I mean, I thank goodness for her because I don't know what we'd have without her. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I believe they come back. Do they come back this week? Yeah, they come back this week. And it was just uh, earlier, as of this recording, they released like these new taglines, yes. which you had emailed so me. So I, I wanted to go over these with you because I find that first up, what are your thoughts that you know we haven't seen this happen before in the terms of a mid-season tagline replacement? <laughs> I hate to use the word shocking for something like this (laughs) because, you know, it's crazy, but it is, it was shocking to me. I thought, oh my God, at first I saw it on Twitter and I thought somebody had like done, it was like a joke because somebody had created new taglines or something. They're so creative on Instagram. That's what I I thought. I could not believe that they were doing this because we've never seen on any of the shows. So it was surprising. I didn't love any of the new ones. I would have loved it more if they were really good i thought leah's was a step down yeah so i'm just trying to to pull pull it up right here is uh you know oh also you know they they actually even shot up uh they did a different it's like just how many girls now just five girls five yeah they yeah they replaced them or put them in a new order rather Where's uh, Elise? But where's our favorite ghost, Elise? Elise did not get an apple. (laughs) She does not have a tagline or an apple. That's brutal that they even like let go of Tinsley and they didn't add Elise if they're like, you know, let her have somebody because now it just seems kind of lonely. I'm very surprised they didn't bring in someone else either halfway or, or even sooner than that because I understand that they had all expected Bethany to come back. Like she, from, from, what we under, from what we know now, it's that she let them know right before filming that she wasn't coming back. So that freed up a lot of the budget. In my mind, that's what I, I'm thinking. It freed up a lot of budget. So I realized they didn't have someone right away uh, to fill that spot. But I would have thought that when they found out Tinsley was moving, they would have thought, okay, let's bring in someone full-time uh, that they do a lot of casting before the season started. I'm sure they had someone on the bench aside from Elise that maybe they were testing out. And so I'm surprised they didn't bring in someone more full time because five is just a, it's a small cast. And especially with this, with this group, I think they needed another, another person, but maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't it be great? They could have surprised us. And like, wouldn't it be amazing if you woke up this morning and all of a sudden Dale had a line, Dale had a line. And then you saw her turning around with, you want to do your, can you do your Dale for like, (laughs) you know, I think that would have been great. Also, I think it would have been fun if they just brought in uh, Heather. I love Heather Thompson. What's up? up? You woke up. Hey mama, what's up? And she's in her jeans. Oh, could you imagine that if we just got a Heather tagline with she always used a holla and that? You know? <laughs> God, would it just kind of turn everything around if something like I love surprises like that? Surprises like I live for things like that. It's so exciting. Um, you know, I also know that Jill Zarin had filmed for this season, but I don't think it. I don't know if it's not airing or if it just didn't turn out that quite that great. But yeah, I would have liked a surprise with the mid season. Yeah. 
Um, so, so Ramona's tagline used to be, I, I don't need to find love. I love myself. Great. And her new line is, so what if I'm self-involved? Who else should I be involved with? <laughs> just, I mean, all her taglines are like, fuck everyone else. I'm only interested in myself. Well, it's, I mean, she's an island. Like, that's why I feel like she eventually will just have a dating show because she's, I've never seen somebody so man hungry um, in a very, like, not in a sexual way, but just she loves collecting numbers from guys. And, uh, but she does not seem concerned. Like, she left her own house party for another party. <laughs> Like, that's like, that's really like, she would not stay when cameras were there. She was like, literally like watching the clock go at her own house. That's amazing. Part of what makes Ramona so great for TV is that she doesn't care about the cameras at all. And she just does, she's living, I, I don't think she's any different off camera than mostly what we see on camera. However, I also think that's to her detriment sometimes because it's like, if you're not filming the whole time, then we need to get someone in there who's going to film the whole time. That makes I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, to, I mean, but I mean, Ramona started the season so strongly with that cat on a hot tin roof monologue of like, I want Amanda to hold me, to love me, to squeeze me. So like, just good. amazing. Um, uh, let's see here. Who else do we have? Um, the former countess, um, the former countess, it raised the curtains, lower the lights. I'm taking center stage in my life. And now her new one is I rise above the drama and won't settle for the lower level. I you know I think it was I think it was Gibson Gibson Johns on Twitter had said like it was just a little too early for her to be self referencing her you know her new bit like it's well just, it's like when Dorinda started immediately selling clip merchandise did yeah, you it was Dorinda's like, selling like these weird coasters now that light up did you see those no I didn't but I think where maybe you pointed out that she. I don't know, like she was doing resale clothing too on some like, I don't like oh Poshmark, God. I think. And I was like, could you imagine owning like a Dorinda like short set or something like that or a blouse? Like that would be kind of cool. Like, but I don't think she's selling it like as memorabilia. She's literally just selling her clothes. <laughs> you know, everyone's got to make a dollar. So the other, the other day she tagged me on a, she tagged me on an Instagram story and I didn't know why. And everyone was like asking me like, why is this? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, it's all a mystery. The whole thing. The whole I would thing. like, I, I get really scared. Well, I get really scared with, especially with the snitch tagging. And that's kind of, you know, I think you've probably had a couple instances in the past of snitch tag, you know, and it reminds you that like, oh, as things get bigger, you have to like, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's very weird to think about that these people actually start to um, maybe know, know about you in a way and that you have to remember, oh my God, I thought they were a character. I thought they were a scripted character on my favorite scripted show. And you're like, no, they're real people on a sort of real reality show. You know, I've noticed during this quarantine that people are, on social media is generally so negative or it's so negative, particularly right now, and everyone's rightfully pissed and filled yeah. with rage, and and that's understandable. But it's made everything on social media so much uh, angrier, it seems to me. And so I noticed that, like, you could tweet something so innocent about Dorinda's coasters or whatever, and then you'll start to get the replies back that are just like, "She's an alcoholic," and you know, <laughs> it's like. And it's like I'll, so I find myself deleting tweets and not even so much to protect that, but like, it's not like I'm trying to protect Dorinda. I'm sure she gets that all the time, but it's like, I can't like be, I can't see all that all day long. I'm just getting tweets back that are about her being alcoholic or whatever. 
that's the thing is that like sometimes you'll post something and you get that thought out and it might even be a mean thought, but then what you don't count on is that conversation that will happen in the comments section where now you're just, and I don't know how to work settings on my phone. So now I'm just privy to arguments from tons of people just going, well, no, I love Stasi. No, I hate Stasi. And I'm like, I'm not even I'm not even jumping into these conversations. How do I stop these conversations? Like you just don't, I didn't, you don't think about it 10 steps ahead when you're doing it. You know, that's like, I'm mentally ill. Like I'm dealing with my own shit. Like I can't be, I take take all this in. Like it's too much for me. Uh, um, So, okay. So my favorite Leah, uh, she was uh, last, the, the first half was I may float like a butterfly, but I sting like a bitch because She's a champion boxer and her new one is I'll say sorry for what I've done, but never for who I am, which was disappointing to me because her first one was just so good in my opinion. This also leads me to believe that like, is there like a, does Leah kill somebody in the second half of the season? Is there some kind of Thelma and Louise moment? Like, I feel like there's some, like, I feel like this might end in like a court trial at some point. Like, what do you, what what are we saying? Sorry. Is it just the drinking? But wait, did you watch? The um, you know how they had uh, Ramona or no Luann and Sonia rewatch the 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 naked crazy episode at Ramona's Hamptons house this past week. Uh, I saw that they did that, but I didn't watch it. But by the way, let me just stop you for a second. And I think they need to do that with people like us. Like I don't know why. Which I I'm not even saying that as like self promotional. Like I'd be happy if they did it with like you know the bitch sesh women yeah. or something. Like let's get funny people commenting on it. Like yeah, it's it's cute, but I, I think it'd be really really great to have Leslie Grossman and and you or yeah, whoever. Or, or, you know, or Leslie Jordan or like, I mean, there's so many, like I was watching it at some point, Luann just eat popcorn and watch herself. And it was like a visual representation of last season when we saw her go past her cabaret uh, poster. Like she was admiring herself in the scenes at like, instead of commenting on the behavior that she saw. Um, but in rewatching that episode, you mentioned this about 10 minutes ago is that it was insane that, I mean, I saw more firework, in here than I did Game of Thrones episodes. Like they could have burned down that house. Like they were chucking flames. Like it was, that episode was shocking. It was great. It was crazy. It was, but by the way, it was one of the main things that gave me like that hour of TV. And I watched it three times subsequently that same week did get, give me, it sparked joy. I mean, it really did for the, I was like, this and the editing was so on top of it. It was like beautiful. You had like, you know, Dorinda in the bathroom with Leah. Why do you have wings on your vagina? Because it flies. Like there's just, you had the two girls in the bed, like uh, Dorinda and Sonia with the face mask on hiding under the bed when Ramona comes up. That's so exciting. I know we've been hard on Roni, but I do think like something like that is an hour of TV that is just bringing so much joy. Um, so let's see who, who else do we have? We have, uh, well, Tinsley's gone. So, and by I the way, Tins. I do too. And the way Dorinda just beat at Tinsley was just insane. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is Dorinda's? Let me, I'm trying to find Dorinda's here. Uh, I miss that. I miss Dorinda's old tagline because I like how she shouted it. <laughs> it's like very, it very an aggressive shout and now it seems to be like she took the note and it's at a normal decibel oh oh dorinda's like a mint in my mouth i can be a bit fresh i don't get it i, I mean was i was like i mean i get trying it. to think about like oh yeah because dorinda loves mint god like i don't even know how that would even and also like do people say dorinda's getting fresh like 
I've never heard, I, I understand that reference, but I've never attributed that to Dorinda. Well, I will almost would be like, if it's going to be that, like, like, uh, I'm like a bull cause I'm fucking charging, you know, like something like <laughs> insane where they bleep it out. Um, and then I, got, I would have liked it if it was like, I'm filled with unspeakable rage, but let's be honest. So are you or something <laughs> Because <laughs> there was a moment, there was a moment a couple weeks ago where I was like really enjoying Dorinda, and I think I was just at a moment in my own life where I was like filled with rage, and so I was like, oh, I kind of am, I'm kind of relating to her right now because she's so misplaced with her anger, and uh, yeah. Then it just got to like then when I realized like Tinsley left, I was like, you chased Tinsley, like you ran Tinsley into Scott's arms, like as you point out, like that was so sudden. Who knows it was fake? Who knows it was set up? But in my view, Dorinda bullied her so hard, she found a way to get back with Scott. She ran Tinsley out of New York, and Tinsley didn't. Tinsley's just not on the same level as any of these girls in terms of like she's not solving like nuclear science. Like Tinsley's just Tinsley, and she's like yeah. you love her for what she is. She's not trying to hurt anybody. She just wants a bite of spaghetti when she's wasted in the Hamptons, you know? She really added, like, levity to the show that I think is going to be missing. And when, when we talk about them getting drunk, it's like, I need one or two people like Tinsley who are who are a healthy level. Not that Tinsley wasn't drunk in that episode, but she wasn't where I was thinking should we be watching someone this drunk? Does that make sense? Or totally, totally. I mean, but there's always like th- these shows always really work because you get to see those people like in that Hamptons episode. If you look past the dialogue happening between two ladies and just look at Tinsley, it's so hysterical. Her trying to like stay up and like eat, put spaghetti into her mouth. Like those little, like, I think those silent films are part of the show. Uh, big, big time. Bigly. What a guy. Almost Bigly. Said uh, and then finally, Sonia, I'm no one's arm candy. I'm the whole bowl of sugar, which is fitting because Sonia, we love to get a food scene with Sonia. Like she loves uh, all the cameras just know to go for her when she puts food in her mouth. But what do you think of this one? You know, Sonia, I just, I want her to have more of like a storyline or arc. It seems to me like I, I'm just sort of over, I'm over the business stuff. Like I like seeing those scenes, but I need a, I want to see Sonia either dating or I don't know. I, I don't even know what I want to see from her. I just want to see some new side of Sonia. And it seems like she almost plays into the character that yes. we've loved about her. And we love this floozy and she has such great one-liners, but I, I just want to see a different side or I'd love to see her with her daughter, which we've never seen the daughter on the show. Maybe the, obviously the daughter doesn't want to be on the show but like just another shade of Sonia I need because I'm just getting restless with, with the drunk floozy that I love and I, I love in little bits, but I would just like something more. Well, and also we've seen those episodes where Sonia actually like, she kind of plants these seeds of like, don't let Leah invite her sister. Don't let Leah, like she, she has more going on in her head than what her character is. And, uh, but at this point it would be interesting because I don't even know, like, would you be able to watch so- uh, Sonia have a love interest, like a specific, like, de- like, wouldn't that be so weird to watch her like date somebody specifically? Right. I, it would, it would be totally weird. You know, I was rewatching, I think it was season, uh, season four, the Cindy season, the last year. <laughs> the Cindy Barshop season, yes. Uh, <laughs> which I think year. is a great, actually, I think it's a great <laughs> season. It's an underrated season, I believe. But uh, Sonia's like a different human being then. She was still, she was a different human being. And I know we all evolve and stuff, but I think there's still shades of that person in her 
we just don't see it on TV because she so plays into that role that she is now. So it, it will be interesting uh, seeing where they go from here in the last half of the season. And just as we wrap up, uh, in terms of this break with Beverly Hills, I've heard so many things like, what, it, what did, they, did they edit out all of the Denise Brandy stuff? Was it really just to catch up uh, during quarantine? Like, have you heard anything? What, what is going Everything on? Everything I've heard, I think people are, re- from what I've heard, I think people are reading into it too much. I think uh, they don't normally have the whole season edited. So people are, the cast members are still doing confessionals as the season's airing. And so I think when they decided to air Beverly Hills in New York, I don't think they anticipated that we would be in this quarantine situation for as long as we have. So I do believe they just had to still edit the show, which they would do any season as the season's airing. But because people are editing from home and and people are filming confessionals at home without professional camera people there, yeah. uh, I, I think it was just like getting a little bit behind. And then also it made sense to take a little break because they don't have as much original programming coming because they haven't been able to film. So they could stretch it out a little bit. I don't think there was any sort of devious plan. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. By, by the way, what you, what you can't see is that we're, I, somebody just put a gun to Danny's head right now and you can't see it. He, he knows all the secrets and uh, he just can't tell us. No, I do hear some secrets sometimes and I never know. I, I sometimes forget like what was someone, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. You probably feel the same way. It's like, yes, I don't know yes. if this was just a random person that DM me this or if this was someone from production. That oh yeah. Me. Like, or like, yeah, like I'll, I'll talk to like certain, like a cast member, like outside of all of this and, and, you know, like you just, you just hope that like, yeah, it, it, it really is. Yeah, easy. you forget. Yeah. Um, but wait, I do want to say though, I, I have some sort of inkling or feeling, this is not based off of something anyone said, but I, I, I kind of feel like Roni might be shifting courses a little bit. I know the mid-season taglines that made me think that, that maybe they are shifting gears a little bit, but I don't know that to be true. That's just a gut feeling. It'd be crazy if they came back and they're like, this is the final episode of this season or, you know, like they just wrap it all up. Um, uh, so actually just like, uh, you know, oh, also uh, until he said he was going to crush Denise's hand, what was your opinion of Aaron this season? What what a what a performance he's given up until that crushing hand part. Like, wow. Big Dick Aaron has really been uh, something that I did not see coming. It seemed to me like last season, his first season, he wasn't that interested in filming. And now I get the impression that he likes the camera. He's all there. And I don't know if it's performance art or if it's just genuinely this who this human is. But yeah, the crushing of the hand was very disturbing. And a lot of what I didn't like the way he was. I don't like in general when the men try to get involved in the ladies. We're through here. Ladies, ladies, right. we're through here. <laughs> I hated that. Like I was yeah. cringing and I was proud of Teddy for, I, I don't even remember what she said to him, but she kind of came back at him and I don't even n- normally care to watch Teddy, but I was like, good job, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if Teddy and Elise just joined forces, they would be one solid housewife. Um, I don't know uh, about that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold claim uh, mommy there's an elise under my bed help um <laughs> uh the other thing this, i really attribute you to uh, you even got me to i i listened to the audiobook of jessica simpson and uh did you love how, it i i actually did and i by the way i waited for the audiobook from the library because i wanted to hear her voice uh i love that with audiobooks especially celebrity audiobooks but to me 
and this is not even like any kind of joke. You were instrumental in keeping Jessica Simpson in the forefront of people's like you do it. What is it? Uh, Jessica Thursdays or, you know, you'll do that. I've been um, on hiatus for a, about a month with Jessica Thursdays, but sh- sure. they'll return. They'll return. But like, how close were you to interviewing her? Because I feel like you really did. Like, I, I'm not even in any kind of joking. Like, I feel like, well, the reason why we know so much and we're so interested is partly because of Danny Pellegrino. Well, thank you. That's too kind. But I I feel I was very close to interviewing her and I would think that they would want to. I mean, those those stupid Jessica Thursday posts get a lot of traction. <laughs> and I have celebrities who like literally will DM me and be like, where's Jessica Thursday? Or I love Jessica, whatever. And so I do think they should have let me interview her. And I was in touch with one of her PR people and they said they were going to try to make it happen. And, and I thought, I think I was very close. And, and then it just didn't happen. But when she was doing press for the book, uh, they, they, I was going back and forth with someone from the PR team and they said they were going to make it happen. And then it didn't. Isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting to start like to deal with PR people and stuff like that. And like the restrictions you have and, and things like that. And I, at one point, uh, I, I thought I was close to potentially talking with Sheena after I agreed that um, I don't need to say, I said, I don't need to talk about the show at all. I just want to do uh, 30 minutes on just your music, just oh your, just your catalog. Like Wait, I don't, what's were, that? Were you in touch with her PR people or her direct? No, her, her directly. And like, but she was, you know, like it was, they put a kibosh on all like, and I'm kind of a, you know, I'm an outlier anyways, but I just thought like, I don't need to like, I can talk about anything to anybody. I would just think it would be fascinating to be like, where were you? Like, what was it like when Good as Gold took off? Like, as you see it through the years, like, is it exciting for you still to perform it? Like, I just want to know as a performer of like her music, you don't even need to touch Vanderpump Rules, you know? And Uh, she said she wanted to do it? No, no. She said she would, but it just like then all, then everything exploded, you know, like everything blew up. And I don't think, I think they're still potentially under a gag or something or a gag order or not. not Yeah. They're kind of not talking about stuff. Have you ever reached out to Reba McIntyre? I have not reached out to Reba. I I, no. I would love to, I would, I would love to, Uh, you know, speaking of, you mentioned the Sheena thing and I was very close to, or in my head, I was close to getting Danielle Staub and I wanted to do a full Valentine's Day episode about her 21 engagements. <laughs> this was like I when I first started. 27 dresses. You could make the poster like 21 engagements and have her, oh. Like this was when I first started my podcast, like the first year of it for Valentine's Day. I was like, I reached out to them and I was like, here's my pitch. And I didn't even want to talk about New Jersey. I just wanted to like break down like how, who are these love interests for 21? And they said no, but um yeah, I don't know. That made me think of it. There's certain, a lot of times, it's a lot of work to reach out to these celebrities and go, I, I'm a one-man band. So it's like, I'm reaching out yeah. to PR and then it's like scheduling. There's one actress who I would love to talk to and I've been going back and forth with for literally two months. And I know we're in crazy times, but it's like so time consuming to go back and forth. And then oftentimes the PR people want you to send in questions, which I hate because... You want, you want things to go freely in different directions and have the freedom to do that without making them look bad. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, and each time you get your hopes up, you know, like you're like, oh my God, would that, this as a, a nerd fan, I would love to talk to this person, even though it makes me like, like I get super nervous to talk to anybody, you know, like I, I'm always super nervous, but like it really does, it's sometimes crushing having to go back and forth with people that aren't the actual person. And you're like, I hope I'm doing this right. I hope and this yeah. is right. 
Yeah, you get so, I mean, with Jessica Simpson, I was so excited just to even hear back from the PR team and that they they had told me they were fans of Jessica Thursday and wanted to make it happen. And then when it doesn't, you get so disappointed and 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 you waste so much time going back and forth. It's like, I, I, has anybody tried to reach out to you as you got as you've gotten bigger of like, hey, Danny, between you and me, if I give you ten thousand dollars, will you do Nick Lachey Tuesday for like oh three months? God. Like, has anybody been like, would you would you bring this person to the fourth like uh, Emmanuel Lewis Wednesdays? You know, like I've had well for the podcast, a lot of people reach out to me now, which is good, whether it be in the Bravo world yeah. or actor world, and. And so, yeah, some of the people I've had on have been, you know, their PR teams or their whoever reached out. And it's so much easier now to book the show than it was. But, you know, I still try to make sure it's like someone that makes sense. Like, you know, just having some young actor who's, I don't know, on Euphoria or something, which is a great show, but I'm not sure that it makes sense for me. Yeah, I can't, yeah. Um, But it does make it easier now. Uh, um, are you so? Last question. You uh, successfully uh, co-wrote uh, fancy AF cocktails with Ariana and Tom. By the way, I just bought my parents a copy last week for being mm-hmm. on the podcast so much because they every time I made them watch Vanderpump Rules, we would make a drink out of fancy AF cocktails. And uh, are you? I guess first off, we, you know, we saw you on Watch What Happens Live as a guest bartender. Was that an amazing experience? And I guess the second part two of that is. W- were we supposed to see more of that on Vanderpump Rules this season of creating the book or, or is that n- not? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, isn't the book great? It's great. It, really, it, it was like way, a great product, yeah. The perfect gift. It is yeah. the, it's it's inexpensive. It's like $16, $15, perfect gift. And it will stay that way for years and years and years to come. Uh, but it's just well done. It's just such a, I mean, the photography in it is beautiful. Like we had a great publisher, Hot and Mifflin. So it really just turned out to be a great product. But yeah, you know, I was disappointed. And I mentioned this on my show and I was hesitant to even talk about it. I think I tweeted about it too. And I, I didn't want people to think I was just saying this because, uh, you selfishly to get promotion for the book, but they did film a lot. You know, we did, um, I think it was a one or two weeks where we shot all those photography. So there's 80 plus recipes in the book. Each recipe has a, a photography along with it. So there's 80 plus, uh, photos, um, with the recipes, but then also photos for the cover and in between pages and stuff like that. So there's a ton of photography. And the only reason we were able to get such beautiful, stunning photography is because we shot everything at Ariana and Tom's house. And it was right when they, early on and when they moved to the house, uh, we didn't have to book a studio because they said, well, we'll load everything in here. And I had posted some pictures online because the amount of stuff that was loaded into their house, I'm talking racks of the photographer brought in racks and racks of every type of drinkware, a drink, a spoon. Yeah, I think you had a picture of some of the props that were like just, it looked like backstage of like Phantom of the Opera or something, you know? Like their house was loaded and a huge crew of people because the photography team, uh, Kelly Paleo was the photographer. She's amazing. But she had a whole team of people that came in for a full, uh, I, it was over a week. Um, where they loaded in. And so that was all, I know they had film stuff there. And there's one photo, uh, because there's a drink in the book called the Tom Tom. So there's a photo in there with Tom Schwartz. And I know they were there filming that shot. Uh, and then I, all, so that was a lot of stuff. They also filmed like phone meetings with the publisher. I, I wasn't involved because I, I didn't shoot with them. So I'm, 
you know, it's not like I'm looking to get me on the show when I say this, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know what they shot because I was involved in the process. Yeah. Uh, and then also we did a book signing at the Grove. The, I, I saw them shooting. I mean, like yeah, they had a there. camera there. They had a camera there. Yeah. Which was a huge, I mean, that was a huge crowd of people at the Grove for this big book signing. And so there was a lot of stuff that they had shot. I think they also did the release uh, party, uh, which was. I yeah, what, totally. Yeah. They, no, I mean, there was Back, a lot of pre, stuff. Pre-core, pre-core, yeah. Um, uh, and so yeah. I was disappointed for them because it was a huge project. Uh, you know, Ariana and Tom put in so much work to this. And so I was upset that people couldn't see any of it. And then we were seeing kind of weird, crazy stuff. And I get that the whole idea is to present them as like underdogs and and everything. But it was just upsetting to me that like, people couldn't see any of this hard work and it was it was a huge book like we've sold it sold so many copies and it did really really well despite not being seen on there at all and so it was i wish they would have shown more of it but there's a part of me that thinks also that tom sandoval would love to just have a constant film crew camera crew with him at all times so he can do dress up like it it seems like i would love to have seen that just like because tom gets so passionate about dressing up and like he really takes pride in like this would be cool and this would be cool and i love like to me that i have a guy crush on that so much because i'm just not like that but like it's the same thing with china's egg journey like they filmed all this egg journey and it got boiled down to these really tiny tiny things of like oh by the way there's a book oh by the way i want to have a baby you know yeah, and it was confusing with the book. Like it was literally, I think there was one shot of it throughout the whole season. And this was a huge thing that was going on in their life that was literally happening while they were filming the show. Yeah. Um, and then also I had said like it was confusing to the viewer because one of the reasons uh, they had ordered custom furniture after the photo shoot. And then of course the furniture wouldn't arrive until after they were done yeah. shooting. But they had waited to get the furniture and they could speak more on this. I, you know, I hate to speak for them, but uh, so everyone knew that that they were waiting because we were shooting this two week, um, uh, this whole book. Which, if you open the book, you can see the photography. It's like really great photography. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like that was all shot in one day. Like there was a whole process with it. So yeah, I wish they would have shown more of it. But uh, you know, I and what, what I mean, but in promoting uh, being behind that bar set, uh, watch what happens live. Was that a, uh, were you able to appreciate that moment being a huge fan, how far you've come in this universe in the, the, the multi Bravo universe? Was that cool? Or was that like, yeah. oh my God, man, it was, it was so crazy. Fun. Yeah, it was really crazy. Cause I, the, the next night I had a show in San Francisco. So I, it was like a lot a sold of- out show, by the way, people, he sold out mainly almost his whole tour and it would have sold out completely and it will again. It's just that we all know what happened. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But it was so exciting to be there. And, and I was happy because Tom was one of the main guests. So I felt comfortable and Adam Pally who from happy endings. And so I felt comfortable uh, there. I was nervous and excited, but it was so much fun. Uh, and it was like right before all this lockdown happened. So I feel like just grateful that it happened. Uh, and also Andy was like so nice backstage. I really got to chat with him quite a bit. Like he came in the dressing room and he was just chat. He was like, what do you want to ask me? And he was like so nice and, and open oh, and that's kind. Cool. And yeah, I, oh. I, I wasn't, not that I expected him to be mean by any means, but I, I wasn't, I was surprised at how warm and nice and everything he was. 
I thought it would be like, who's this new kid on the block? You coming after old Andy's spot? You know, like, so nice. um, well, Danny, this has been, you know, you really are a true hero uh, when it comes to this for me. So thank you for doing this again. It's always a big ask uh, for somebody like you. And you've always been more than gracious to, to helping me and, and other podcasters and everybody in this universe. So thank you. Where, where can I find everything? Um, Do you have one main hub where I can sign up to your YouTube, your Instagram, all that stuff? I don't, I should, but I love you, Ryan. And uh, your show has been so great. I mean, people message me all the time and they're like you know they tell me how much they love they're like did you listen to ryan's podcast they love you anyway well, some, someday we got to go to home goods too like i was serious like when i we'll want to see it. danny at like a, a documentary of danny going to home goods that's like that's a quibby show right there uh, danny and home goods your mouth to god's ears i've been waiting i know they open for like a short time but <laughs> yeah i am cannot wait to get back there that's all i want but yeah you can find everything iconics on itunes spotify and then uh youtube it's youtube.com slash danny pellegrino and the number one it's sort of a weird, but I link all of that in the podcast episode description um, or go to my social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. But it really, it takes very little to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And I have a feeling, I, I, you know, I just, I really feel like that is the next step for Danny uh, is you want to see his face on your screens, YouTube, TV, all that stuff. So support that next level because I, I really believe that is going to be the next huge thing for you. So really, 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 I would say go support that as well as the podcast, what you've been doing. So thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate this. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Does it get any better than Danny Pellegrino? <clears throat> wow. It is It is so fun to do an interview where you just don't want it to end, where it's just like two people just just talking shit, just talking to shit about what they love. Uh, also, that was Solange, uh, that song Losing You. That's Beyonce's sister, who's just insanely amazing in her own right. Check her out if you haven't. Um, what is next, you guys? I don't know if you knew this. Um, it's, you know, to also, by the way, I forgot to, I, I keep forgetting to say at the top, you probably figured it out by now, but use the timestamps, skip around. This is, this is a crazy good episode in terms of guests. So I know you might be skipping back and forth, but use the timestamps. It, this is a long one. These are long, long pods. I take a break, get some coffee. I'm doing it. It's by the way, this is how I work. And you guys know this now. It fascinates me. I got these interviews done early this week, and it is still close to 11 o'clock on Tuesday night. I just, you know, I I procrastinate, and I get it to the point where I just sit. If you could picture this in my bedroom, I have a desk, and then I have a bed, and my bed looks at my desk, and I just look at the desk from my bed going, I know I need to start back up. I know I need to start back up. And it's, it's, I don't get this. How, how have I been like this since I was a child? This is exactly how I would study. I would wait till the very last minute to study for tests. I don't know if you guys are like this. It, it's probably has a lot to do with why I have a podcast now, (laughs) just a podcast and not like some, anyways, uh, that's a topic for another time, but what a talent I do have is, I don't know if you know this, but I know how to break down song lyrics. Now, the song that we heard at the beginning of this podcast, 
it was called Kel. It was Gave Up on Love by Kelly. Uh, Kelly, of course, being the star of NYC Prep, the Bravo one-hit wonder. So let me paint this picture, if you will, because, you know, song interpretation is something that I would say one in every two million people are gifted with. We're kind of... I don't know, called mutants. Um, you know, it's like it's like Superman can fly. Wonder Woman has that uh, power lasso. And I am good with lyrics. So let me paint this gave up on love. So immediately when I hear that title, what I picked, what I think the common person would picture is, oh, this is a person that um, that quit loving somebody. And yeah, a commoner would think that. But I think that and I'm thinking right off the bat, this person's line. She or he wants us to think she gave up on love, but secretly she did not give up on love. What she's waiting for is for a guy or girl to fight for that love and to say, Hey, I'm worth, I'm worth it. Do not give up. So she, I think she's playing this kind of weird mind game already. So that's who we're dealing with. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think since I'm usually right, you should. Um, okay. So the first, the first stanza here goes, when I gave up on love, tears were falling. And I guess we would, we would assume here that she means the author's tears were falling, but no, no, no. I think somebody else's tears were falling. When I gave up on love, comma, tears were falling. So what I'm picturing, I don't know why, but I'm picturing a casino and she has lost all her chips. All, all, all her chips and the guy she is with it, it, but it could be a love. It could be a sugar daddy situation. I don't know, but the guy doesn't have chips anymore. And she's like, I'm leaving you. And his tears or her, his, by the way, when I say his or her realize you can swap these out. These aren't gender exclusive. I just have a habit of saying her. So just in your head, realize those parts can be played by anybody. Um, I'm open to suggestions. When I gave up on love, tears were falling. As I looked up my reflection, as I looked up my reflection, as I looked up my reflection, so it could be looking to a mirror or she could have looked it up like, like a Google search. Have you ever tried to Google search your reflection? So I'm going to Ryan Bailey reflection. Now, Uh, There's a picture of uh, an African-American soccer player named Ryan Bailey. So, yeah. So it's always important to look up your reflection. And I think that's what she's she immediately this guy's crying and she's like, I got to get I got to get away from this guy and I'm going to act like I'm on my phone. And the only thing she can think to do is look up, you know, she's like, oh, that'd be silly. Like, that'd be like weird. And I, I think there's alcohol involved. And then she goes, my heart was pounding. Also, potentially cocaine is involved here. My heart was pounding, lost every sense of direction. Ooh, this is crazy. She's been drugged. She's she's had a roofie. She's, somebody has slipped her a Mickey or a roofie or something. Do you guys remember that actor, Nick Nolte? I don't know. You, you guys are probably too young, but he was a famous actor for a while. He still acts, but he was pulled over in Malibu like 20 plus years ago because he roofied himself. And then drove. Do you know how potentially, uh, I mean, first off, insane, but, you know, just how, like, why would you roofie yourself? Like, aren't you already, I, yeah, it's just weird. Look up the picture, too. It's one of the most disheveled photos I've ever seen of a man. He's in a Hawaiian shirt, but he's, like, giving the most serious look I've ever seen, and his hair is all just 
it's it's crazy. So okay, so this girl, my heart was pounding, lost every sense of direction. I'm like, oh, in in my head, I'm like, run, girl, run. Where is this song taking us? And then it goes by giving him everything, everything. No, no sleep. Okay, my heart was pounding, lost every sense of direction. No sleep, up all night, trying to please a guy. We've all been there, right, ladies? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, that could, that could work. I've tried to please girls at times. It's, it's just a, it's a vicious circle, right? We got to get out of it. Hey, we got to say, Hey, no, 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 no. I'm going to get sleep. And as you get older, you learn to really appreciate sleep. And when you don't get it like on Tuesday nights, so it goes, no sleep up all night trying to please a guy. So we're already like, girl, you know, just. I'm starting to, and I hate to admit this, I got to backtrack. I don't think she was roofied. I just, I think my eyes blurred. What she is talking about is this guy is just up her, you know, is just literally like, he's just, he's ice cold. She can't get to him. She can't get to him. She's like, hey, baby, I made you a bologna sandwich. Hey, baby, I, um, I uh, made your bed and washed your shoes and just really just do it and, and just ice, ice cold and by giving him everything, everything. And that's great. Like, cause that means she did things that she didn't want to do. She or he did things that they didn't want to do sexually. And so now she's like, whoa, what did I, I put myself into some really weird situations uh, and then it goes by giving him everything, everything, staring at the stupid phone, dying for him to call. I gave him everything. And I think, I think we know what that is. She gave him sex. She gave, she went to fourth base with him. She went to fourth base with this guy or girl. Fourth base is sexual intercourse. And I don't, I don't think this is the time to explain that because there are probably a lot of kids listening, but fourth base, just let's picture this and just like i said if kids are is you you might be wearing a shirt but your bottom parts are off so no clothing on the bottom parts okay and then you know that the bottom part the the part thingies that do thingies those actually touched so i don't know if you've ever been in a situation (laughs) okay i'm sorry i don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where you've had to take your pants off because of love and that's where this poor girl is she realizes i i took my pants off with this guy and this guy put his pants back on my pants are still off i love this guy my pants remain off for this guy this guy immediately put on his his gap khakis and and skedaddled and she says i guess she says i gave him everything so then it goes so i gave up on love 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 now I gave up on love, love, love. And she's talking to herself. She's like in that state where you're just like, you fuck, oh, you're so stupid, Ryan. You're so stupid. She's talking to herself. She's like, love, love, love. Like she's just repeating it again and again because it's the only thing that can keep her head off this guy. And she goes, and now I'm hanging with my friends. I'm drowning my past. Whoa. So she's went back to her high school friends. She probably had high school friends like Kelly and Monique and Debbie Ann or Debbie Sue, you know, just the gang, Teddy, um, Stevie, Steven. Um, and then I'm drowning my past. We're dot, 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 the top. We're making it pop. 
we're the top, we're making it pop. We're the top, we're making it pop. We're the top, we're making it, we're the top, we're making it pop. She's obviously talking about um, those um, those firecrackers because it's obviously the 4th of July. And that's why this song is so timely because we're about to experience 4th of July and we hear fireworks every night now. I don't know if you guys hear that in your city, but we hear it here in Los Angeles every night. So we're making it pop. They've got illegal fireworks. And that's why it's such a dangerous song. Because when you don't get love, you do illegal things like fireworks. And I just, I'm not here for it. And I hope you guys aren't here for it either. Fireworks scare dogs. And that, at the end of the day, I think is a, a really one of the lessons of this song is don't scare dogs. They don't like fireworks. So just cut it out. Um, and then it goes, took control of my life without, took, see, this doesn't, took control of my life without dot, 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 without what? Poor girl's not wearing pants. And then she goes, when I gave up on love. Oh, so what she's saying, she got her life back when she gave up on love. But I'm calling bullshit. This girl is not wearing pants. She's lighting fireworks. She's hanging out with high school friends. None of that's good. None of that is good. You know, high school friends, there's a time and place for them. And I like to call it high school. Okay? But this girl, just bad news. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you. I don't know if she's talking about a guy or a girl. Like I said, that could be anybody. But I can say I, I might understand why this guy or girl doesn't like her. She's a mess. The, he, 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 She's lighting fireworks? Do you know how illegal that is? I just, I don't, it's not impressive. And it's not cool. And it's not adult. And it's not sexy. I'll say that much. Okay, the second verse goes, change wasn't easy, but I'm glad that I figured it out girl, you ain't figured out shit. And we're all laughing at you listening to this song. We're like, ha ha ha. Cause we all been there, but guess what? We put our pants on and we go through life. We don't set off illegal fireworks. We don't hang out with our high school friends. We hang out with college friends and friends that we've met at adult jobs. Okay. Or we, we, we spend a lot of time online and doing podcasts and stuff. And and then it goes, dress for the evening. Me and all my girls are heading out. Girl, we know. Now she's in that kind of weird place where she's like, oh, I'm always busy. I've got so many friends. I decide when. I decide who. She's like, just all, like, but it's all, we all see it. We're all like, ugh, Kelly over here. What a mess, right? Ugh. Girl told me how many friends she has again. We get it, you know? And then we always, we're, we're always like, why doesn't Kelly's phone ever ring? Nobody ever seems to be texting her, but she's always talking about her friends. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm talking on the phone right now. Like one time we caught her with her AirPod in and she acted like she was talking on the phone. But she wasn't. She wasn't. We're, we're like, you had a full conversation with somebody named Annabelle. And and you didn't. I. It's just it's so sad. It was so sad to watch. And that's what, you know. But we didn't call her on it because we were just like, okay, let her believe it. But. It's just really sad. And then it goes, no sleep, up all night, dancing on crazy light. Dancing on crazy light. I think that's like a, uh, a euphemism for Diet Coke. Because I always call Diet Coke like a crazy beverage. Like if I want to stay out, I'm like, oh, time to get a, a crazy beverage. Uh, and then it goes, not giving up on anything. Oh, oh, you guys. Oh, you guys. It goes, the teacher's got my phone and he wants to take me home, but he'll never get it. What the fuck? Okay, I'm stepping out of character right now because, yeah, I do play a character on the show sometimes. 
I did not see or hear in the actual song that there was a lyric that said, the teacher's got my phone and he wants to take me home, but he'll never get it. Did anybody out there see the song going that way? Like, I literally thought she was talking about giving up on love, and then all of a sudden, the teacher's involved? Fireworks ain't Kelly's problem. This fucking teacher, what the fuck? And then it goes, because I gave up on love. Girl, you, I, this, I hope the next verse has a judge in it or some kind of criminal system. This is insane. Um, okay, and then, uh, yeah, just more of that love stuff. You guys, if anybody can reach out to Kelly and and see what's up, uh, I guess what, because the teacher thing, we know she went to a prep school. We should, we know she went to a private school, but like, whoa, 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 that that's dark, you guys. That that wasn't a lot of, and it's such an upbeat, fun song. So to to, to whew, 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 shivers. I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own is that it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, the hotel room. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Because it's just who I am. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Uh, Ma'am, what, what, what was the last thing the perpetrator said to you? Uh, he said let the conversation begin. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, guess you got a guess you got a strong Wi-Fi signal, old Garth here. <laughs> hey, hey, do you ever do you ever go ever go on the App Store? <laughs> got a lot of a cool a cool doodad, <laughs> cool doodads on here. Hey, hey, Randy, Randy, you ever heard of Duolingo? <laughs> Randy, Randy, hey, Randy. Hey, Randy, should old Garth get on Candy Crush? Hey, I got a lot of peppermint sticks. I like that. Hey, ooh, slick stuff. Slick stuff coming at you. Oh, boy. Hey, hey. 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 Hey, you ever use Booking.com? <laughs> hey, should old Garth get on house party? <laughs> hey, old Garth here in quarantine. What's all this Zoom thing happening? You guys want to change my Zoom background? <laughs> hey, I like that. Hey, would you guys like... Could I bomb your Zoom happening? Hey, what kind of cowboy hat should I wear for this Zoom meeting? Hey guys, old Garth ain't wearing pants. <laughs> I like that. 
Okay, I could literally do Garth Brooks for the rest of my life, and I say that on, I I am such a new fan of Garth Brooks, and I could go over that clip again and again, and I probably will. But I want it. I want it. I on Netflix, you guys. There is a Garth Brooks TV show, like a documentary, about his life, and I have only gotten. Uh, 10 minutes into it and it already has so much material that I need to play for you because I'm like this this Facebook video is just the tip of the iceberg this guy is non-stop it is called Garth Brooks the road I'm on and I've only watched 10 minutes of this but it could possibly be the best TV show reality whatever you want to call it of that I've seen my entire like my I feel like my entire life has led up to this Garth Brooks. Even if I don't watch another lick of this show, the first ten minutes are so so strong. You guys, I'm gonna play you a couple, couple clips, and I think you're gonna see what I mean immediately. Um, Garth just seems like a real chill, laid back dude. You know. Seat on the on the front here, please. If you think. The hardest times in your life to challenge yourself music is behind you. Think again. I love having the history that we have, but the history's in the past. Do not ever think that what we've done is good enough. This is going to be the roughest tour you've ever been on. Come on! Come on! Yeah! We want to be big, we want to be loud. You only got one shot at it. That is, you'd be like, oh my God, that's the end of the show. That's the first minute of the show. And when he's screaming, finish it, you would be like, oh, he's obviously at war. He's, he's, this is a gladiator. He's obviously in like some kind of stadium. He's fighting somebody. No, he's having some guy play chopsticks on the piano. He's like, dun, 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 dun. I've never been so scared of a musician in my life. And I was alive during Marilyn Manson's whole thing. And they, I mean, I've, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. He's like, hey, you ever think, huh? You think this, <laughs> hey, this is big leagues, okay? This ain't no twiddly wink shit. <laughs> this is big. He goes, I want to be bigger. I want to be louder. Like, get better speakers, dude. Like, what is going on with this guy? And I'm going to say this. It's, it's very Tom Sandovalian to me. And that's why I'm I can make fun of this, but I'm genuinely in love with this. I could stick on this clip and talk about this for an hour as well as the other clip, but I want to play you this other clip, and I think we're gonna land there because it um it's a lot. My father took me with him to the office on one of the weekends, and his boss was there. And he introduced me, I shook his hand on the way home. Dad said, How'd you shake his hand? And that was the day I got to talk about sincerity, intensity, focus. The way you shake a man's hand determines at that spot how interested you really are to be there. It was big for me. Not a death grip handshake, a sincere handshake. Then you know 
if all hell breaks loose in the next five seconds from that handshake and you turn and you have to face something coming, you've got a partner, female or male. You've got someone you can count on. And people might go, ah, it's, you don't know that from a handshake. Amen. That's you. Me, I'll bet my life on it. I say this with all sincerity, so bad it's good listeners. Never shake Garth <laughs> You guys. And the thing is that, that, okay, we're also five minutes into the show. We're five minutes into the show, and he literally just inferred that if you shake his hand and somebody something happens, if shit goes down, if zombies attack, you are in battle with Garth Brooks. That is how he treats his life, you guys. That's how he treats it. Do you, like, if I shake somebody's hand, like, I mean, that's, and, and the other thing, you can't see this, but let me paint you a visual picture. It's not an interview, like, like, you know how cameras will go to the side? The camera is dead on his face. So he goes, sincerity. When I shake a man's hand, I decide right at that moment if we will die in battle. <laughs> okay, we're going to go through this. And that was the day I got to talk about sincerity. I like what he does with his voice here. He goes, that's the day I got to talk about sincerity. <laughs> hey, Garth. This is I'm doing Papa Garth right now. Hey, little Garth. Hey, little Garth. Get in my, get in my, get in my, get in my ram forward, please. I need to take you out here to the woods and have a talk to you about something. We go talk about baseball, Dad. No, son. We're gonna have a talk about. Are we gonna have a talk about the birds and the bees? No, son. No, no, no. We're going to have a talk about sincerity. What's, what's, hey, hey, look at me, little Garth. Dad, I don't want to. I just want to play my fiddlesticks. Garth, because I'm, I'm picturing Papa Garth is just as intense as little Garth. So little Garth, my, in my head, was like a dreamer as a kid. And he was just like a real like numb nuts. He was just like, ah, just go play. I'm going to go chase tadpoles. And. This is the the moment where Garth was changed into a man. He's like, little Garth, come here. I don't want to, daddy. I don't want to. Little Garth, come here. Look at me. Look at me dead in the eye, little Garth. I don't want to. It's scary. Look at me dead in the eye. Can I talk to you about something? I want to talk to you about shaking hands. (laughs) Shaking hands real (laughs) tight. Real tight. Hey, hey, shake my hand. No, let's (laughs) put That's bullshit. Shake my hand, really. Oh, give me a man shake. No, no. I don't want to, Daddy. It hurts. No, shake my hand, Garth. Look at me. I'm transferring all my Papa Garth wisdom to you, little Garth. <laughs> oh, Daddy, it hurts. Shake my hand. Look at me, Garth. Intensity. Wax, wax on, wax off. <laughs> He's looking directly in the camera and he goes, Intensity, focus. Whatever, whatever happened in the car that day with Papa. Hey, intense. And by the way, he's it's also shot out in his wood in the car. He owns like this big wooded area. He's He's by this fire pit, so you hear fire crackling. 
I imagine, like he has like a family. Like just everybody's just like, yeah, you take Hey, you go talk to Garth. Hey, camera crew, go follow Garth. We need a couple hours by ourselves. Because Garth will talk to anybody. Focus. Intensity. <laughs> Dude, you know if you hung out with Garth, you'd always be like, Whoa, did I do something wrong? He's looks so angry. And then the next minute he'd be like, I love you. The way you shake a man's hand determines at that spot how interested you really are to be there. Little Garth, that handshake doesn't seem like you want to be here right now. I don't, Daddy. I want to go home and play with Mama. Garth, intensity, focus. No, Daddy, no. (laughs) I want to be a carefree child. Please don't do this to me. Intensity, focus. No, Daddy, no. And then all of a sudden... They've shaken hands so hard that he goes, yes, daddy. And right then, he went through puberty right then. And he's, he's big Garth now. He's like, daddy, intensity. And they're saying it together, like, intensity, intensity, focus, focus, focus. It was big for me. Not a death grip handshake, a sincere handshake. Sometimes one of those handshakes where you... You pull your middle finger back in so it kind of touches the palm of their hand. They're like, whoa, what? Hey, hey, you doing a funny handshake on me, boy? <laughs> no, hey, not a, not a death grip. Not a death grip. Just light touch. Maybe a caress. A caress. <laughs> I like that. Then you know if all hell breaks loose in the next five seconds from that handshake. Uh, what, what did you say, Garth? <laughs> Wait. What, wait, what's what's happening after the hand? Wait, hell breaks loose. Wait, we're just we're shaking hands, right? And you turn and you have to face something coming. You've got a partner. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just at a meet and greet. I don't. <laughs> hey, hey, say hey. When we turn around, be prepared to fight. Wait, wait, I'm in the Seven Eleven. What are you talking about? Hey, you never know, right? I'd prefer not to. Can we just hug? Could maybe like a maybe just a light hug? Maybe. Female or male, you got someone you can count on, and people might go, ah, "That's you don't know that from a handshake." Amen. That's you. Me, I'll bet my life on it. Hey, free handshakes with Garth Brooks? No, no, don't make me do it. <laughs> fathers, fathers taking their sons and daughters. Hey. It's- Male or female, dog or cat, I'll shake all their hands. Uh, isn't uh, isn't handshakes just kind of like a formal thing? Hey, that's you, bub. <laughs> I'll bet, I'll bet my life on it. Nobody, Garth. Nobody's life has to. You know, we're just here shooting the shit at your concert. I'll bet my life on it. <laughs> Hey, hey, Randy. Hey, Randy. When we get back, when we get back to the Hilton tonight, will you will you practice shaking my hand? Will you practice? Hey, let's. Hey, hey, Randy. Let's get back to the hotel room. We'll get on the old Facebook. You'll teach me how to twatter, and then after that, I'd like to spend the wee hours practicing handshakes. But what what we should do, right? What we what we should do, Randy? What we'll do is we'll act like ninjas are coming up. 
Okay, so we don't see the ninjas, but then we shake hands and then we turn around. Ninjas are there, <laughs> and then we battle to the death, Randy. <laughs> hey, tell the Hilton there might be some noise. <laughs> Randy's like, Garth, can I have a beer? No, Randy, you gotta stay sober. You gotta have your wits about you. Ninjas are fierce. <laughs> Garth, did you did you buy? Throwing stars? Yeah. Ninja. I got all the ninja toys. I got all the ninja toys. Randy, focus. Intensity. Look me in the eye. Garth, please don't. Please don't. Garth. Please, Garth. You're so you're so sweaty when you get, you're so sweaty when you get like this. Garth. Hey. Shake Garth's clammy hand. Hey. Garth's got an old clammy paw for you. Oh my god, you guys. Oh my god. Garth must be losing his fucking mind in quarantine. Day 120. Not shaking any. <laughs> Haven't been able to shake a man or a woman's hand in 120 days now. Old Garth has nobody to fight with, to go into battle with. I just make eye contact now. Eye contact, male or female. Who wants to go into battle with Garth? Old Garth. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Hey, I got a Facebook status update. I like to handshake. <laughs> Feeling excited. <laughs> Feeling excited. Uh, hey, hey, son, I noticed you liked a post from Garth Brooks saying that he was excited to shake <laughs> Brooks status update. <laughs> Feeling anxious to shake hands at the Wells Fargo arena. <laughs> hey, I'm going in the meet and greet. Gonna take my gloves off. Good handshaking opportunities. Yep, out there in America, I got an army of Gar a Garth army. People prepared for battle with old Garth. Every people. <laughs> I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Okay, you guys, I was going to play you a Lenny Kravitz clip that really, it's like Lenny Kravitz heard these Garth Brooks clips and Lenny was like, hey, I'd like I'd like to try. So next week we're going to do a Lenny Kravitz bit. It's, just trust me, it's insane. But what's not insane, or insane in a great way, whew, did you hear that segue, you guys? That, just incredible. Uh, our next guest, actually, is somebody I'm very excited for you to uh, to meet, actually. Her name is Veronica Leventhal. She is out of New York, and she is a huge Bravo Housewife fan. Also, she is just doing so many amazing things out there um, uh, with everything that's going around. Very inspirational. You can find her on at Instagram, not underscore Topanga. And uh, she was great to talk to. Um, also, just a fun fact, she is Rick Leventhal's daughter and Kelly Dodd's future stepdaughter. So that'll give you a little context. Uh, here is my conversation with Veronica Leventhal.
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. I'm very excited about. Uh, it ties into the world that we love so much in so many different ways. Now, I just want to remind you that a couple of weeks ago, we had Tracy Morrissey on and she brought up this person, how much she, she loved this person and, and found through the, uh, the joy through, through Instagram found through the internet. And then pet shop boy last week mentioned it as well. Uh, but she also has, uh, another tie to the Bravo universe that we, we so dearly love, uh, <laughs> Uh, Veronica Leventhal, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing okay. You now, know. now, Veronica Leventhal, if we just break down the last name Leventhal, I don't know if anybody's gotten this yet, but when I think Leventhal, I think potentially Rick Leventhal from Fox News. Is that, is that, am I in the ballpark? Yes. <laughs> now, and Rick Leventhal from Fox News, he's potentially, I think he's not, he is engaged to Kelly Dodd from Real Housewives of Orange County, right? Yes, he is. So potentially that could make Kelly Dodd your stepmother. Yes. <laughs> okay. But what I want to also, I mean, this is amazing. The, the, when you reached out, I was, I thought it was a prank and I was so excited. And then I realized I'm a grown man and I shouldn't get excited about that kind of silly stuff. But you've, you like going through your Instagram, it seems like you've been a fan of Bravo for quite a long time, right? Yes, I have. So how, I mean, just to get this out of the way, how in God's name does it feel like when you find out all of a sudden that your dad is dating Kelly Dodd? Well, he met her at the same time that I did. Are you kidding me? No. Wait, um, when did you meet? So my dad has like an annual summer party under normal circumstances at his house in West Hampton. And I was there with my friends and his friends. And one of his friends was staying with Ramona. So he... <laughs> oh my God. They're part of the Hampton scene with Ramona? I, I guess tangentially, like, you know, sort <laughs> of is. Um, so he, his, you know, his friend invited Ramona, who, uh -huh. who had a house guest, who was Kelly Dodd. And so Ramona and Kelly and some of their other girlfriends came to my dad's party. And, you know, my dad only watches Fox and sports and like, I don't know, whatever show has a, a, badass cop is their like main character <laughs> so, he, so he watches like bosh and like things like that yeah whatever so he you know he doesn't know but he knew i was a fan so he was like you'll never believe who's coming over and i was like dad that's so great like you should talk to kelly she's really cool like I, you know watching the shows i was like she's one of my favorites and they came and they were really nice and i guess they hit it but off wait, were you freaking out like i would freak out. i mean i've I've been around a lot of these housewives now. Like, I mean, I even freaked out when I was around Shannon Bedore. So it's like, I mean, was it, I mean, it just seems like out of the realm. This seems like a, like a really weird, messed up Disney movie where your dad dates uh, a real housewife. Yes, it absolutely was because I was, okay, I was hyperventilating. I was <laughs> Screaming at my friends, being like, where is my phone? I need evidence. I need to text people that this is happening. You know, I'm, but I'm trying to look cool because they're in my house. So I'm like trying to act like it's no big deal yeah. when it is a huge deal. Um, so I, and then after, you know, my dad was asking me like, oh, what should I DM her? Or like, oh, so you, yeah. but what, well, do, when did you find out that your dad, 
was it that day when you found out your dad liked her as well? Or was he like, this girl's coming over and I kind of like her? No, he had never met her. He didn't know her. So it was that day where he was like, oh, yeah, she is cool. Like, I want to like he started following her on Instagram and he was like, I <laughs> what should I say to her? And so I was giving him like advice on how to talk to Kelly Dodd. What did you say? I mean, what is the advice? Well, I actually how do how does one talk to Kelly Dodd? Like maybe you can give us all advice because it sounds like. You know, Kelly Dodd is an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a not a face mask. And like, how do we talk to Kelly Dodd? Like, how how did you tell him to behave around her? Did you tell because you got to you got to be cool around her, I think. Well, I think my I give my dad more advice than he actually takes. So <laughs> what it was about his natural charisma is what she really liked, because I'm sure I was like, just, you know, don't be like, I don't know. I don't even know what I, I don't remember what I said. But did you even think in your mind that like, oh, there's no way they're going to date date? Well, the distance was definitely a huge factor where at the time, you know, she was in California most of the time and he was in New York. And so it was sort of like, I don't really know how this could work, but now he's, he just moved like officially. No, is there is there like in terms of housewives who like just to get a litmus test, who is your most favorite housewife and who is your least favorite housewife and which housewife shows do you watch or which Bravo shows? Oh, OK, that's a great question. Thank so you. So my favorite housewife is <laughs> definitely Portia. OK, yeah. And, but she's killing it. I mean, even off the show, she's killing it. Like what a, what a strong voice. I, like going from not understanding what the Underground Railroad is to being a leader of the civil rights movement in Atlanta or the new civil rights movement. Like it is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- th- I mean, she was one of the first people we saw out there during these protests that have been, you know, so incredible and speaking. I mean, if you watch her from season one, episode one to where she is now, it is. And also one of the funniest ladies out there. I mean, she oh, is hysterical. Kitties were social distancing. <laughs> I fell on the ground. It's so good. Um, okay, so she's your most favorite. Who is your least favorite? Um, I'd say my least favorite is Camille Grammer. And why? Um, I hate her political stance so thoroughly, and it doesn't make any sense. And she feels very... Um, she feels very condescending. She feels very like old money and yep. just sort of um, like not not open to relationships with the women. Just want to sort of use them as props. And you are correct in all you. You are correct. Yes. You, yes. It's it's sort of she doesn't understand that it's an ensemble show. Like I just don't. Everything about her really rubs me the wrong way. My favorite thing about her, though, and this isn't really talked about as much as I feel as it should be, is that. She also was the uh, poster woman for IBS irritable bowel syndrome. And that was actually, yes, that was actually focused on one of the seasons of the show. I think one of the first seasons she was on and Kelsey Grammer encouraged her to, uh, to speak out about her IBS, which is just classic of like, so every time I see Camille on a scene, I just always wonder how her IBS is doing. Is it acting up? Like, I feel like during these fights that can't help things, you know? 
only person I'd say I dislike more than Camille Grammer is Kelsey Grammer. So. <laughs> um, okay, so the other question that we're all probably wondering then, because you've already brought up politics, and if you, uh, where can we follow you on Instagram? I'll bring this up at the beginning, but I, are, are you private or are you followable? So I opened it, so I'm followable. Follow, you followable, <laughs> yeah. I'm private for my job, but you can follow me. It's not underscore Topanga. And when you see my face, you'll understand why. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the you know, I followed you now for a couple of weeks and you've really done this amazing job of, uh, you know, you're actually out there on the streets. You're protesting um, these things that are happening in our nation right now. And uh, it's very inspiring to look at your stories. But I do have to then point out the obvious is that this seems very against what your father, uh, maybe not your father's personal politics. I don't know. I have not researched him completely as I should have. But uh, I know he is a Fox News correspondent and we all know, uh, you know, we Fox News for gets a certain rap. Like, so how do you how does that affect your life? I mean, are you at war with your dad in terms of uh, political agenda? I I've been in arguments with my dad, not because he supports Trump, but he's he's very much like, hey, we've got to listen to everybody. This is, you know, uh, how is it like that? May I ask that? Yeah, Um I think that my dad and I have like a very deep love and, and, um, respect for each other at the core of everything. Like, you know, he is, we may differ when it comes to our political beliefs or ideological or whatever it may be. And we try, I, I I try, I should say, I try really hard not to talk about that stuff. Not because I don't think that, um, it's important. And I have been seeing a lot around that are about um, teaching your relatives and talking to them about what's going on. But because I've been living with having a conservative father and being a very outspoken liberal person for, um, you know, I don't know, when was I politically conscious for like 20 years? Well, I, I mean, so, are, are you only like 25, 26? I'm 29. Okay. So I, and I, from a very young age, I've been like very interested. Like, it's just something I'm interested in politics, social justice. So, and for, you know, a very long time, we've been, we've had different perspectives. And so to navigate that, I, there are sometimes when I step up and there are sometimes when I step back in order to like save our relationship. And so like, um, there are, so even today there are times when I'm like, Hey, I think we should talk about this. And times when I'm like, I just don't think it's, going to be productive. Now, uh, I, I did find that fascinating. And I was thinking a lot about you this past, uh, week or two, just in terms of relationship. And just because I, I'm not a political show of obviously, but at the same time, as we get near an election and because of the, the pressure cooker we're in right now for obvious reasons. And for, I believe, you know, this is very much needed in America today, what is happening, but how do we talk to our loved one? I mean, it is that obvious question of, I, you know, you do talk to uh, relatives that have very different views, and it sometimes will get me very angry. And I don't know somehow, like I'm not as educated as you in terms of, you know, uh, vocabulary or how to argue. But I was like, man, I really want to talk to her because I feel it's interesting. I feel like we all are in the same place of how do we talk to each other. And I was like, you above all people, like, I do you ever... It seems like you're very calm and rational, but do you ever get angry of like, are you kidding me? This BS that's being spread out there? I mean, definitely, yes. And also, it's not just anger, but it's a lot of guilt. Like, I 
I carry a lot of guilt about um, having such a close proximity to something that for a lot of communities can be and feels really damaging. And I work in those communities. Yes, by the way, I don't think I can mention your job, but you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Your job is is something very involved in something very good. Um, And I I won't mention that, but I just, you know, audience trust that she actually, I mean, it's very, uh, it seems very inspiring what you do. So it's not just something, you know, that you're just like... Like I, I, you know, I work as a forensic social worker for a public defender's office. So basically I help um, juveniles who have been arrested. So like anyone from the ages of 13 to 17 could be our client and we help them navigate the criminal justice system. Okay, so like I used to work at a movie theater, so I worked at like a blockbuster video. So I think, uh, yeah, you could, no, but so, uh, okay, the, uh, like, I mean, when you were growing up, I mean, I also don't know how anchors work. Is it like where, like, is your dad actually that conservative or like, hey, I go where the, I go where work is. Like as an actor, I don't get to choose which shows I audition for. So like, I can't be like, oh, I don't want to play a nurse again. Like, I just want to play doctors. Like, I don't have a choice. Is that like with your dad too? Yeah, that's the other thing. He's a correspondent and he is largely, he also doesn't really do a lot of politics. He mostly does natural disasters, wars, um, sort of like very, um, uh, like, I don't even know how to say it, like monumental we saw the we saw the one thing where he was out on the street where Kelly Dodd was in the background flipping people off or whatever, you know, which is amazing. Great video. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyways, like he, you know, he also as a journalist, I think a lot of journalists have this sense that they shouldn't talk openly about politics because they don't want um, people to think that they're, you know, whatever, that their reporting is biased or that they're in putting their own personal ideology into their reporting. And so I don't want to speak for like what he believes, because I also don't know all the things he believe believes. But I do think that in the grand scheme of things, like we do disagree a lot. And um, sometimes those conversations are really helpful. And sometimes we're just never going to agree. Yeah. And so you have to learn to kind of accept that. And and that's the thing is that like, you know, how how we can love these people that we disagree with so passionately because they're fan. I know these are just thoughts I've been having for like the last couple years, actually, or since uh, somebody got elected, you know, because you want to be able to listen to everybody. But it is interesting when these things that we love, like these reality shows start intersecting with real life. And the other thing was, you know, when you see so, you know, Kelly Dodd differently than all of us, you know, her as a person. And is it been uh, has it been nice to get to know her away from the show or does it ruin the aspect of that show for you? Um, well, I mean, I have to say she has been nothing but incredibly nice to me and like so generous and like, um, and you know, just like randomly gifts me with things all the time. (laughs) Has been, yeah. Like, yeah. Recognizes that like, I definitely don't have access to the same things she does. So she'll like be like, Oh, do you want this? Like I got it and I don't want it. And I'm like, yeah, thank you for that free thing. (laughs) I'm on a budget. Um, but like I, it has ruined it in a weird way because somebody asked me the other day to like, 
name my top five housewives or something or like we were doing like a draft I can't even remember and I didn't say Kelly for the longest time because she's not like I don't even especially because Orange County isn't on the air I am not thinking of her in those terms I'm just thinking of her as like my dad's fiance wait 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 back it up you said you were doing a draft are you doing a housewives draft and you didn't invite me what are you doing I mean, we gotta do a lot to pass the time right now. <laughs> Wait, so I'm a new, I'm a newly, I'm a new, I'm a new sports guy. Like that's my thing now, and now I know they do that in drafts. So that's amazing that you're doing housewives. But yeah, I got to imagine it's like it's like when I went to like Sir for the first like five times. All of a sudden, Sir was kind of ruined for me because I was like, guys, it's not this magical utopia that they act like it is on TV. It's like it barely has people in it most of the time, you know, and it's, you know, so it ruins. So were you an OC viewer before or were you just uh, Atlanta, New York, that kind of stuff? I watch all of them. Um, I watch every housewife city that's on right now. And I watch Vanderpump, Southern Charm, and I just started watching Below Deck Med from the beginning. Oh, good. Below Deck Med, yeah. you know, it really gets it gets good. Like, last season was really good in Below Deck Med. Do you agree? Were you happy to see Vicky and Tamara go? I, yes and no. Like, I don't, I think that they had reached, like, the end of their time with the show. Um, I think that, like, I, I sort of just blindly trust Bravo on their, like, casting decisions. No, you cannot <laughs> blindly trust Bravo. You're I too know. smart for that. Are you kidding me? I, I Wait, mean, like, we gotta work. I... Wait, you can work it from the inside now. This is, oh. you You can work it from the, you gotta get Kelly Dodd's ear and be like, Kelly, like, as a sports person, you gotta be like, Kelly, this is how we get to them, you know? Like, you know, when they go low, we go high, you know? Like, try to get at Well, them. I did do that before she went in to film the reunion. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to show my hand here. I'm a huge fan and I have a lot of ideas about like things that you could say (laughs) if they come at you with different points of view. Like I was, you know, as a fan and as a human, I was very much on her side when it came to anything with like Tamara and Vicky. She had a really good season this past season away from like reality and her social media. If you looked at the, the 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 season last season, she really did come off looking very good and Vicky and Tamara looked horrible. Yes. So I was sort of like, okay, um, you know, when it, one of the things I was like was, listen, you know, you don't know the demographics of Bravo viewers. So you may be really turning a lot of people off or, or insulting them and you don't mean to when you point out that like someone is dumb because of the level of education they have. Yeah. So like, Maybe don't use that as an example why they're dumb because they haven't been to college or something. Yeah, but yeah, I gave her, I told her things. Did like she? That. Just is, sort of, is, does she listen or is she like, hey, hey, Toots, I got it. it. She toots, was, I got it. She was excited um, to get it. I don't, I don't remember if I like watching it. I don't remember if she like integrated the stuff I said. Yeah. By the way, that would have been amazing <laughs> if you critiqued each episode with her and go, "This is where you did good. This is where you you went wrong." Um. I guess the other question is, are, are, are they filming OC? And is your dad going to be a character on OC? Or is he just referred to on as like Mr. Leventhal, you know? I honestly don't know. Is he like, is he like, Rand, like early seasons Randall and Lala? Or is he on the show? And the other question that you obviously don't know is, how insane will it be if their wedding is on the, if they film the wedding and then you're in the episode? Yeah, that's a lot to think about. 
<laughs> so you don't know anything about that. There's no... My brain is not going there right now. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I, I still find it... Okay, and so then like, but then it's really hard then when you know somebody and you... Here's the deal. You're always out in public. You're wearing the face masks. You're being safe, you know, and we've known Kelly has had some hard times with that. And a lot of people have called for like her firing and things like that. And I, you know, I'm like, hey, you can't I, I, I understand when Bravo can fire people. And I've been in really support of that. But this is exactly where we are in America. This is exactly intersects with the people we are in. And you can't just fire somebody because you don't you don't like the messages that they're, I don't, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I feel like, like you I can't, do. I think that I think, okay. So if I'm going to speak about all reality television broadly, yes, broadly there, there has definitely been a change in which people are saying, okay, you know what? Like, here are some things you can do. You can cheat on your partner. Yes. You can be a total <laughs> asshole to like anyone yes. that you're around. We you love start it. Fights. We love Here's it. Here's what you shouldn't do. You should not be a racist. You can't say things or do things that are openly bigoted toward another group of people, especially an oppressed population. Um, And that, I think, is a great change. I think that there is no way that there aren't people out there who are psycho and get wasted and do horrible things and aren't racist. Like those people exist. Well, we, I mean, Um, that's what I love that you said that. That's actually so well spoken because. We love it when, I mean, we don't, when Jax cheats on somebody, we're there for it, but it does take that turn. If you're going to oppress uh, a different person's sexuality, ethnicity, nationality, like that, that to me, there should be a 10 commandments of reality shows of this is not something that we will support, but you can't just say, well, I think you're an idiot, so you should be fired. Like you, you know, like sometimes you speak idiotically, so I want you to be fired. I don't. Then I feel like, no, we need that. We need people to be able to make mistakes freely on there and have our opinions about them. That's how reality shows work. Yeah, I just think that it's it's right to not condone it by putting it on your network or giving them a platform or a way to make more money. Because just to say that these people are making money off of Bravo is short-sighted. Like, you know, because of Bravo, they're able to get sponsorships and like club appearances and all this stuff is all related. So Bravo does have some responsibility in that they need to not give these people a platform. Yeah. It's super easy. What do you think of New York this season? Um, I really like it. I love, I'm with you on Leah. I love Leah. <laughs> Wait, you walk the same streets as Leah. Have you ever bumped into her? Um, I haven't. Um, I don't think I would have recognized her before, I found out she was a housewife. I used to, I used to love Married to the Mob. Like I had some of their stuff resale so, okay, because see, I couldn't afford it. I'm an old Navy man myself, as I always say. So I don't know, like street. Is that a popular streetwear brand? That is a that's a real deal. Like that's popular. I don't think it was that popular, but I just um, you're aware of like. It. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking here. Yeah, I just oh. someone was calling me on oh. my work number. Um. So I, I heard of it, especially because like they have done like feminist slogans for a long time. Like I had a makeup bag that they did that said badass feminist on it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So like, (laughs) 
Would you, if you bumped into uh, Leah on the street, would you, if I, if I had this, I'd immediately go, I'm, 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 I'm potentially related to Kelly Dodd. Like I would drop it immediately. So she would talk to me. Would you do that potentially to be able to, to talk to a New York housewife? Cause I know Ramona and Kelly are tight. Yeah, they are. Um, I don't know if I would go right there. I think you don't um, seem thirsty like that. Like I am, you don't seem (laughs) you, I would, I would be desperate and thirsty immediately. You seem like more chill where you'd like, let it come out naturally. Um, I've actually, I think living in New York for like 11 years has taught me that if you like do not go up to people and act like you care, you have to act like you don't give a fuck and then maybe they'll talk to you. And the one time I will say the one time that I did not do that in recent history was with Tracy because I was such a fan of her work. Oh, Morrissey, Tracy Morrissey. Yeah. Yes. I've been such a fan of her work for so long, like since I was in high school. So when I saw her at that Bravo party, I like went up to her and I was like, I have to talk to you right what? now. I'm so and sorry. She, and she was super nice, right? Yeah, she was incredibly nice. Yeah. But I think she like looked around at the housewives and she was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, her and Pet Shop Boy, I was like, those were like dream guests for me because I was like, I get so nervous. Like, I just think they have like this echelon of cool, which they're not trying to be cool. They're just like effortlessly cool. So you're just like, can I talk to cool people? And you know, like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like life coach lessons. But, um, so, uh, you would be effortlessly chill. Have you ever met Ramona on the streets? Have you met any of the New York housewives on the streets of New York? Um, I've met Ramona a few times through Kelly. Um, Cause she came to my dad's party and, um, I've also like, been at things with Kelly where Ramona was. Have you witnessed Ramona hit on a guy up close? You had to have. She sees yes. guy. Oh yeah. Was it one of your dad's friends? Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I don't know how they, you know, like it's funny because Kelly's just always surrounded by like so many friends and so many people. So I never am totally sure how everyone's connected, but I don't think he was a dead friend right now. To be able to see a Ramona in the wild and like you, if you could narrate like, you know, there she goes, Ramona the gazelle uh, searching, <laughs> searching for her mate, you know, like she always looks like she's just ready to rock. Um so Danny Pellegrino is on this week's episode that you're on, and he was oh, great. he was saying that Real Housewives of New York, he just thinks it's so much this season that it's like it does not have an anchor. And I think Pet Shop Boy was saying that as well last week. You know, I kind of I kind of dig the the all over like I don't know like I I find them so entertaining no matter what. I do find it interesting that it seems like it ha- is having a a bit of an alcohol issue in terms of how they view it, like. Are they pro alcohol? Are they negative alcohol? I mean, they feel like they're showing like, wow, this this could be bad if you drink too much. But it it is all over the map. But I kind of dig that because I feel like we are all over the map right now. Yeah. And like, I think that I like these shows more when it's not like a stupid side plot about like Lucy, Lucy, Apple, yes, Lucy exactly, or whatever. Exactly. And it's about something real, like everyone's alcohol abuse problems. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, <laughs> we just saw this week that Leah, uh, my love Leah is celebrating three months of sobriety. Uh, yesterday she posted that and, um, I, yeah, I, and I was really happy for, her, but at the same time I was like sad because I was like, if we ever meet, I was like hoping she'd like have a drink just to like be able to loosen up around me, you know, but I guess that's, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan, edit that out. Um, anyways, uh, so what is the first, uh, reality show that you ever watched? Oh, that's a great question. It was probably one of the VH1 
shows like Rock of um, Love, Flavor, Flavor of, of Love. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever what's like the most ashamed you've been watching a reality show? Did you ever dip into the Kardashians? Did you ever is there ever been a like, hey, I should I'm not going to watch this show. It's horrible. I did. I have never liked the Kardashians. That is just too unreal for me. Um, I try really hard to not put shame on these shows because I, um, I like, I did this whole thing about media studies when I was in grad school. And I think that like, if I want to watch women throw wine at each other at the end of a very difficult day, I don't want to feel bad about that. Like I want to be able to say, okay, here is the connection to like society and culture that I'm getting by watching these reality shows. And here's why I really enjoy it. And fuck you if you're going to judge me, you know? Yeah. But that being said, I did watch a lot of those like celebrity rehab shows. Yes. Those were not great. (laughs) Well, but the thing was, I was, I mean, I was addicted to celebrity rehab. Like I watched every week of those episodes and you really do forget that like, oh, they're battling real problems until someone dies on one of those shows. Like I remember there had had been a couple deaths and I'm like, wait a sec, is this, this probably isn't like ethically sound for this to be like on TV and Dr. Drew's sitting there, you know, like it was, you know, it makes real life problems seem like, uh, that it could be a show that you would enjoy watching, which is just weird. Yeah. And like, I was just not super clear on his credentials all the time. And it was like, (laughs) am I watching just like a random dude tell people how to get over their addictions? Like that doesn't seem progressive. Like I literally, I could change my name tomorrow to Dr. Ryan on this podcast and nobody would ever question me. Like it would be right. And if they did, I could just be like, are you a doctor? Do you know? Um, Yeah. uh, That feels like a problem. So you, you know, you stayed in New York during the quarantine or did you get out? Yeah, so um, my dad very graciously let me stay in his in his home on Long Island for about a month where I went with my boyfriend and um, we were there for a while. But then he rent he was renting it out to other people because he's not here as much. So, um, I, yeah, I've mostly been in New York, moved what, from Manhattan to Brooklyn. And what what, yeah. what has it been? I mean, like, you know, New York for the longest time was the epicenter of of all of this. I, I, you know, I watched daily briefings from Cuomo and it was one of the only things that would comfort me for a time when all of this started. Um, you know, what was it like being in this? And was there any, I mean, we all have quarantine habits. Like I started eating cheese nonstop and drinking Trulies and, and White Claws just, you know, by myself in a corner naked. What, you know, what was your quarantine uh, habits? Did you get into certain shows, anything that you rewatched? Um, well, I've been doing this really fun, incredibly nerdy thing where I got into embroidery and (laughs) I've been embroidering like masks for people and t-shirts and like, um, they DM me over Instagram or Facebook and then they like request something like, um, I'm doing one right now for my god sister who wanted like this weird anime character. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And then I make it and then I ask them to just make a donation. Wait, so could could I, could I hire you to do a so bad it's good? logo yeah oh my god that would be amazing and then i could put it on and then and uh, do the swipe up for charity um that's amazing um so as we i i guess like you know maybe you you seem like you had just have a a way smarter than mine than i do going into quarantine and then having black lives matter explode and i saw you out on the streets for a lot of this and i believe it was your post that you you even had that Pet Shop Boy quote on there. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, what is that quote again? It's the, uh, I, I, 
I can't understand it for you, bud. Like I can, ex- I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. Which is, I just think sums up so much right now, uh, in, in life. But, um, what was that like? I mean, I guess mentally for you to go through quarantine and then this, was it something that was inspiring? Cause I saw you out on the streets a lot, uh, doing, you know, really supporting these amazing causes or was it just like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, it so, can be both. <laughs> so before the killing of George Floyd, um, before these protests really started, I was already in a fight, an advocacy fight, um, with the mayor or not like directly with him, but with a bunch of other people because he was cutting money from youth programs and social services instead of the police budget. Like people who were around and sort of knew what was going on um, like four months ago, he had already said he was cutting less than 1% from the police budget and 32% from af- free after school programs and camps and summer employment programs for kids in the city who didn't have anything to do. And their families were um, relying on those programs and also relying on that income for kids to get summer jobs through the city. Now that's huge. Yeah. So, you know, when they're cutting 32% from youth programs and less than 1% from the police, it's like, this is just clearly unfair, but no one was really um, paying attention as much unless they sort of like knew what was happening. And then once all these protests started happening, people were way more aware of the city budget. And it was incredible, not because these people, like what was happening was horrific. You know, people have been arrested in mass. People have been killed. People's like just entire lives have been upended, but we are potentially making progress on a very serious issue, which is the complete disparity between what they would normally cut when nobody is asking for things and what they are going to cut now. You know, so when people say, and I I don't love the term because I feel like it really paints it in a weird picture is defund the police doesn't mean like, I feel like it's almost like this kind of, it doesn't mean exactly what this phrasing, it, it, it means like, their budget is so astronomical high and it takes away from things like, you know, those after school programs, which would actually in certain cases bring crime down in certain, you know, like, you know, it gives actually like hope. It educates. It does things like that. That is just a much um, a part of community service as as police are. Is that I mean, is that what defund the police really kind of means in a way is taking budget and giving more to actually things that can actually help and educate uh, society? Yeah. And I think when you talk about numbers, I mean, the NYPD budget is six billion dollars plus an extra five billion dollars of like random overtime and stuff. So we're paying the NYPD 11 billion dollars. That is so far more than any other service provider in New York is getting like schools, hospitals, anything. So, yeah, it's just about. It defunding doesn't mean completely eliminating their budget. It just means recognizing that they've become so inflated and are supposed to be managing and solving uh, so many more problems than they actually should have to. And being like, okay, who's more equipped to solve this problem? Let's give them money. And then maybe the cops will be more successful in what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. And there are so many really amazing people that spend so much uh, education and time trying to be like counselors for, um, you know, uh, domestic violence, things like that. You know, there, there really are these people that specialize in these things that cops might not be the best at. So defund the police, I think just sometimes is a really bad phrase and it kind of is overtly scary for people that don't understand what it actually means. Um, Oh yeah. So, uh, 
okay, so that was actually beautifully serious, but moving on to something that isn't as serious, I always talk about so bad it's good moments for me is like when Aviva's leg was thrown on national TV or on cable TV. You know, do you have so bad it's good moments in terms of reality shows or pop culture? Like, I love Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born turning around and go, can I take another look at you? Like, I love that. Like, I could watch that on a loop and it makes me feel happy and secure. Do you have any of those moments in pop culture or reality? Um... I mean, I know she is problematic as hell, <laughs> but my favorite thing on Real Housewives in recent years has been Leanne Locken with the hands speech. Uh, yes, remind us all <laughs> what the hand speech is. <laughs> Leanne Locken behind a closed door, just yelling at Carrie Duber, probably topless because she was about <laughs> to like get her breasts done or something, <laughs> saying that uh, she's going to hurt people with more than... Um, or that like she can hurt people with her hands more than she could with a gun because like yeah. her hands have done very <laughs> done. horrible things. I don't know. It was insane. It didn't make any fucking sense. It was incredible. But those slices of life are what really makes these housewives show fly. When you and by the way, and then it's a perfect example of then t- you know we saw it taken too far with Leanne Locke in this past season, where I remember even watching it and being like, I need a shower after hearing her rant and rave against. Uh, um, uh, the Mexican-American castmate. Yeah, I was just like, whoa. Oh, yeah. She, I met her in person um, the same night that Pet Shop Boy and Tracy Morrissey were at that party. Yeah, the guess who, right? Yes. Um, so Liam Lockham was there, and I was with a couple of friends, and she was like telling us uh, basically the season hadn't premiered so we or it hadn't it had premiered but it hadn't been long so we didn't really know what her storyline was going to be and she was saying that they were trying to paint her out to be a racist and what she was trying to do was just repeat what carrie had already said that like carrie called referred to herself as a mexican so she kept referring to her as a mexican and she didn't understand why it was a problem and because I, so she already knew yeah. the edit she was going to get, or she, or she, or was she protecting herself from? That's what she said during BravoCon that, she, or it was like one of those events that she was expecting this kind of edit, and that she was, uh, fr- like, trying to say I'm not a racist. And because I have watched Leanne for so long, and I'm you know naturally skeptical when people are defending themselves about being racist, <laughs> I was. I was just like, okay, just like nodding, like, yeah. <laughs> sure. And then when she went away, I was like, we have got to watch this season. What, what in the world is she saying to this poor woman? Like, what is she doing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I always think it's silly when I'm like, I'm not proud, like, I'm not proud of my housewife tonight. When you're like, we shouldn't be proud of these housewives anyways. They're housewives. <laughs> like, it's like so, it's just, it's a bizarre, it, you know, it's like I put these people up on a pedestal. So I should not be shocked when they do something like that out of sorts because it's like and it's fine like she made great content when she did i loved her when she was on but then it was very clear that she had to go and that she wasn't cool so now we let her go like it, it just doesn't seem that heavy to me I, like uh, why yeah these people who are so obsessed with stassi and Kristen and who are like crying over them getting fired it, it really is and you know you realize uh, the stassi Kristen thing is that i just keep going back and forth on this because you know, cancel culture, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're not canceled. They have the opportunity to work, to live, to breathe. They are just, uh, and even Danny mentions this in this interview today is that they also, it wasn't officially fired. They were just, their contracts weren't renewed. We see these contracts not being renewed time and time again on these shows is that their contracts were not renewed. That just happens. Bravo at the end of every season, like says, 
Is it worth keeping you on? Do we are we going to have the content? Is it not worth keeping you on? I don't know how the god that Jax has survived all of this, but uh, but at the same time, you know, I think I've said this multiple times on the show. For lover or hater, Stasi is going to be more than fine, more than fine. Uh, whether you agree with that or not, that's just the nature of of how things will be for her. I don't know about Dodie, but. Um, uh, any other favorite pop culture moments? Do you have anything that you, you love? My favorite show of all time is 30 Rock. Like, yeah. I mean, that's really just, question. I think they're supposed to do like some kind of reunion pretty soon. Uh, they're, they're filming a live thing of, uh, the, the 30 Rock characters for the NBC upfronts, but they're going to air it on NBC. I think it's in like two weeks. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah. Liz Lemon is, that actually is a show, you know, that's like, we all have those shows that we just fall asleep to because you can put it on and you can close your yes. eyes and just listen to it. I'll do that yeah. with Housewives, with 30 Rock, with The Office, you know, just those basic shows that you're like, any part of this I can relax to, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay, so this has been amazing. I thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for be willing to to be on. Thank you so much for the work you do. How can we support you? How can we? Are there causes that you can give me that I can link in my stuff? Like, how can we support? Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I think that uh, if you wanted to, I mean, like every there are so many Black Lives Matter charities that are out there right now, and if you donate directly to the Black Lives Matter cause, like the their organization um that's a great place to start there's also like bail funds right now that are so so important with the pandemic and with people getting arrested protesting um and i can you know send you yeah please if you would that would be amazing also i do want to apologize because six i think six months ago or five months ago when i started this account i made a um i made like a collage of your dad and Kelly Dodd uh, giving and your dad gives the most serious uh news face i've ever seen he goes like like he does, yes. you know, he's like, he does that tough, yes. he does the tough guy, uh, in every shot with Kelly. And I don't know if he does that with you in shots, but he has like the perfect tough guy, uh, photograph. <laughs> yeah. He loves, he loves that pose. He, yes. And I, I think we are all, well, my sister and I are always like, you know, like smile in pictures. <laughs> and he's like. I think he just doesn't think he has a nice smile. No, well, I think, but I see what I think it is, is that like, he's also an anchor that could potentially be a, an action star. Like, I feel like he, <laughs> he goes away on these like, you know, war things and then he like gets into the part and he's like the tough guy. He had guy. a bit part in the fugitive. He was like a, Wait, the, extra. Har- the Harrison Ford one. Yeah. He was a reporter. He asked a question. Oh my God. Wait, was that in, was that filmed in Chicago? Wasn't that filmed in Chicago at the time or did he, was that New York? Um, we lived in Chicago for a while, so that makes sense. Wow, your dad was an actor. That's a lot of well, competition. Yeah. I mean, you know, you played a reporter. <laughs> um, well, this has been amazing. I really thank you so much for taking the time, and I know you have to get back to a real job, so we will let you do that, and uh, hopefully Thanks. we'll talk to you again. This has been so nice. Thank you so much. I love dishing about this stuff. Uh, anytime you are, anytime any information comes your way or you just want to bitch about anybody, please come to this podcast first. <laughs> God, you guys, how good was she? How good was she? What, what, 
you know, me aside, me and Garth Brooks aside, this is just wall to wall a great show because of the people that have agreed to be on it. And, you know, the exciting part for me is you really get to, you know, hear all of these differing, uh, dif- different opinions and you get to meet different people. And it's so exciting. And it's it's 1209 on Wednesday morning. And it it really does. It, I'm so lucky, so lucky to be able to do this. Uh, what a great person. And, and I just can't wait to see what, um, you know. I can't, I just can't, I can't wait to get her back on to talk about the new season of Real Housewives of Orange County and to see what she does. Uh, it seems like she's destined for great things. Um, okay. Our next guest, she, you know what? Let's, let's take a, let's take a breather. This is a long podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to save a lot of this stuff for next week because that's what I do when you're the, uh, the bad boy of podcasting, right? Bad boy of podcasting goes pretty long like a bad boy. <laughs> um, Let's see here. Okay, Darcy, we'll save that for next week. Machine Gun Kelly. I, you know what? I don't know. Oof. Okay, Machine Gun Kelly. Here's the deal. Douchebag. I'm just going to say it. He's a douchebag, and he's dating Megan Fox right now. Megan Fox broke up with Brian Austin Green, and Brian Austin Green is all of a sudden supposedly dating Courtney Stodden, and it's like, first off, Brian Austin Green, I believe, no offense to Courtney Stodden, I just thought Brian Austin Green was in a different, you know, echelon. Okay, but it, regardless... Here's my big problem with Machine Gun Kelly, Kelly, and I have big problems. It's the people that have the full body tattoos with the sleeves. And, I, you know, it's – it's. first off, I don't love when somebody names themselves something that like – like if you called me like, hey, call me uh, Pool Rock Bailey, Pool Rock Bailey, like Machine Gun Kelly. That's not your real name. Don't make me call you Machine Gun. Does he go like, hey, no. Like, if I went like Mr. Kelly, would it be like, no, please call me Machine Gun? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, his name's probably Roger or something. Secondly, I saw a photo of him that enraged me. And this is just a personal thing. Is that he went out, he was going in his car, and he wasn't wearing a shirt. I mean, it looked like he was wearing a shirt because he has, like, tattoos all over his... And don't... I can all hear you girls just salivating and... You know, what really upsets me, though, is that first off, it upsets me that I can't I can never go topless without a blouse somewhere. You know, I've never been able to go shirtless. And that upsets me when something like but like just the cockiness of that, like, oh, I'll, I'm going to go out in my car and drive somewhere without a shirt. Most establishments say no shoes, no shirt, no service. And Mr. Machine Gun Kelly is just throwing that out the window. We've got to have some rules. And I'm. I got to say, if I if I could not wear, I would only not wear my shirt at places where it's all right to not wear my shirt. But these people with their skinny bodies and their full body tattoos, it's like they're just they want to show off. Then it's just like you're a show off. You should be called machine gun show off, Kelly. Boom. No, I don't know. It just it really bothers me. And I just I don't is I. Is this guy good? I don't, you know, I've never heard a song and I don't know. I don't think I want to hear a song. I've just turned off to Machine Gun Kelly and I just, I think it's dumb and I want him to wear a shirt and I want, I, I don't want him to hurt Megan Kelly or, uh, Megan, the girl, the Megan, the Brian, the Megan girl, um, from Transformers. Yeah. So anyways, that's uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I could go on and on, but I just feel like it's probably best if we don't. Um, okay, here actually is something interesting. So The Bachelorette is going to start filming. It is going to be the first reality show 
that is going to film an entire season filmed in quarantine on location. So even if you don't like the Bachelor or Bachelorette franchise, this is huge because we have not seen this done before. And I have a feeling if they do it right, this could be really exciting for us. And maybe even for the people that have tuned out, you know, of the, the Bachelor franchise. So let's break. This is Us Weekly is reporting. And Us Weekly, we know, is is kind of like the New York Times of anything important. Uh, so Claire Crawley, who um, is, she is our first um older bachelorette i think she's like 38 or something she looks beautiful um but it's going to be the first major network show to begin filming in uh during corona so the show is headed back into production uh it's going to be uh it's going to be friday june 26 so did it oh no okay no they just reported this so it was they were supposed to shoot three months ago and they had to shut it down so i guess no date has been revealed the show has set heavy duty safety precautions. Oh my God. Can you imagine like, are they not going to be able to kiss and stuff? Is it, is it going to be like Garth, like Garth intense Garth looks? Um, the show will be filmed in one quarantine location. All cast and crew will live on site. I think that would be kind of exciting in the sense of like, it's going to ramp up the drama because people are going to be stir crazy. They're not going to be able to go to like these fantastic locations, but think about that, how much it sucks for Claire in that, you know, you date all these guys, but your real prize is being able to travel around the country and do these amazing dates. I always think it's hysterical when they go to like some like rooftop, like beautiful view and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, train. And then train comes out and it's like, meet Virginia. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So I wonder how they're going to bring that kind of romance to, I mean, are they going to like dress up the house? Like it's welcome to Italy. Um, there will also have to be a quarantine period for cast and crew before filming begins. This is like astronauts. They're going into like, they're like having to leave their their families and friends to like go date this girl. They're treating this like NASA. Um, so it's going to be shot in Los Angeles County. Um, obviously, I googled what woman wouldn't, are you kidding me? She told, okay. So Crawley already did research on her suitors, it says. Um, guys, this is a big nothing burger. This article literally gave two sentences of information. I'm so sorry. I thought there was way more information than that. Let's see. Us Weekly uh, has another article here, though. The Bachelorette Season 16, Everything We Know. Um, COVID tests every day. Uh, Claire said in an Instagram post, well, hello, talk about the most dramatic season ever. And it, okay. All I know for sure is that my heart is so full from all the love and support this far, excited for my journey to begin. I've waited 38 years for these moments. What's a little bit more? I've waited. She, she's literally saying her whole purpose of life is led up to this moment. I don't know. I just, I don't buy that. Do you guys buy that? Do you feel like that with love? Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe hmm, something, something to think about. Um, this is another, I got to tell you, this is not, this is not another greater us weekly zero for two. Uh, what's what Claire is looking for in a man. For me, the most important thing is that I want two arms and two legs. No, that I want a man that will take off his armor. <laughs> I want a man who is strong, willing to take off the body armor, open himself up and be vulnerable. 
Claire is obsessed with armor. Um, a lot of people saw that side of me and saw me stand up to Juan Pablo, and I'm strong enough to let someone in and be vulnerable and open up and share that with them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like Beavis about it. Yeah, Beavis. Beavis. Claire Crawley. She's given me the creepy Crawley. Yeah. 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 It only took 44 episodes for me to get... Hey, Biveth, Biveth, we're trapped in a house with Claire Crawley. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> she wants to take my armor off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. That's This has obviously gotten ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I think it's just exciting to think about a bachelorette, a bachelorette season that is all in one location, and I think it's going to be a lot less fake. You know, I think that actually could be a really, really, really cool thing. Uh, face journeys. I have a whole segment on face journeys. I'm going to skip that for next week. Um, and also, I haven't forgot about a certain Jax Taylor, Jax Watch 2020. Haven't forgot about you, Jaxy boy. Jax is still not fired. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, I have a Leah segment. I'll do that next week. Um, Leah went in on Ramona. I thought it was beautiful. I'll save that up for a whole Leah segment next week. Cause we got oh, you guys. <laughs> I just remembered what next week is. You're going to freak out when you, I've got one guess. that's going to blow you away. You're going to crack up. You're going to love it. Um, okay. I guess the, the one thing, and this actually fits with my next guest because her and Carrie, actually do Real Housewives of New Jersey. They've been doing uh, Tough Sicilian Bitches is what they call it. It's amazing. You should go check it out. It's on the Sex Unique podcast stream on uh, anywhere where you can get podcasts. But today, some insane news happened, was revealed uh, from the Real Housewives of New Jersey universe uh, in regards to Dina Manzo. Okay, now we of course know Dina Manzo. Dina Manzo was Caroline Manzo's sister, is Caroline Manzo's sister. And and so she was on the show and of course, um, you know, she only did it for a couple seasons, but a cu- like a couple years ago, I remember her and her boyfriend, her husband now were like beaten up and like, kind of like held uh, at the, pr- like came in, tied Dina up, beat the crap out of her boyfriend, really scary stuff. And then guess what gets announced today? So listen to this, you guys. Chessie crime family on charges of assault and racketeering. Uh, the press receipt was released obtained by Fox News. Uh, they're accused of planning and carrying out an assault on Dina's current husband, Dave Canton, in exchange for a lavish wedding reception for Perna at a discounted price. Now, Perna was the guy who actually picked up Dina's Brownstone. You guys know the Brownstone. Carol and her husband um, run it. Um, so Manzo and Perna are each charged by in, uh, by indictment with committing a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity and conspiracy to commit a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity. Uh, the indictment also charges Perna, described as a soldier in the Lucchese crime fact. This is so godfather. With conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, 
Purna allegedly planned and carried out the assault in July 2015. He then threw a lavish wedding reception at the Brownstone at a cheaper price. Not even free, just a cheaper price paid for by an associate of the Lucchese family, the release states, citing court documents. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. So pretty much her ex-husband hired this guy to go beat the crap out of them and in exchange he owns some of the brownstone and he gave them a deeply discounted i wonder if this is going to take to hit any of the other manzos we got to protect that blk water but anyways so this all came out today in this indictment um i need i need i need Al, i need alby i need i need to get alby's words on this i mean this is crazy this is in, if you guys have seen The Godfather, this is exactly, all the crime families. I strongly suggest we had a Bravo Historian on um, a month or two ago, and she, you go to at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and she does a whole deep dive into the crime families that the Manzos are associated with, and it is fascinating. That's why they call her the Bravo Historian. So good. So, so, so good. Strongly suggest after this you go to there because it, it really does paint a story, and it's I gotta tell you, when I when I read her stuff, I feel like I'm studying. I feel like I'm doing research, and it's like the kind of stuff in school that I liked to learn. So I finally learned, I finally learned that I like to learn by uh, if you just got to make it a part of a reality show. So really, really, really scary stuff. Okay, you guys, here is the uh, the next main event. You know her, you love her. Uh, she is just great. Uh, her name is Lara Marie Shane Halls. You can find out everything about her at LarsMarie.com. That's L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E.com. She is the host of the insanely popular Sexy Unique podcast that was just about to go on tour just like Danny and was selling out across the United States. And I was able to see the first show of that too. And I, I think I talked about it on one of these podcasts of the Roxy. It was so, 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 so good. Her and Carrie are just so good. It was so natural. I can't wait for that. Them to go on the road again whenever that is because you guys will have the night of your life um so the first part of this we talk about vanderpump rules and then we go into nyc prep and you guys even if you don't know nyc prep i'm telling you it's you're still gonna like it you're still gonna like it but i'm gonna play the first hour of this and then uh the second hour will go over to the patreon so if you are interested in hearing more from us um she closes out the whole run of my NYC prep. She is the final episode. So you have eight episodes to catch up on, plus a couple other bonus episodes on the Patreon if you want more content. Because, you know, after hearing four hours of me, I'm sure you want to hear more. So uh, anyways, here is my friend, uh, the very talented Laura Marie Shaneholz. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have back to the program one of my favorite people, one of the people that inspires me as a podcaster and just an all-around great person. You know her uh, from the podcast Sexy Unique Podcast. Uh, she's done Babe, Saving Sex in the City 3, uh, was about to start like a worldwide tour to, like Lady Gaga before all of this happened. Uh, <laughs> Laura Marie Shanals, how you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I don't know. This week was weird. This week was a rough one. Like, it was... Uh, you know, a like, terrible week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's great. It was great catching up. So let's uh, let's do this again in a couple months. Uh, no, the end. <laughs> it was. Uh, 
you know, like you'll have that day where you're like, I'm pulling out of this. I'm pull. I'm feel pretty good. And then the next day is like, no, you're not. It's horrible. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I, I feel like today, though, felt energetically different. I don't know, like in what a positive way or a, sh- a, a good way in a positive way. Yesterday yeah. was my like peak. Like yep. I woke up just filled with rage yesterday, like just ready to kill someone or just kill myself if I couldn't find sure. anyone. And yeah. then, <laughs> and but somehow I made it through and then today felt like great. So I don't know if that's yeah. just mental illness or if that's like <laughs> happening to everyone, but. <laughs> well, I love the people that are like, and I, I, you're probably way more into this than I am, but like the, I have so many friends now that are like pointing out astrology things and like, well, the what is the big one the retrograde the mercury retrograde thing? In retrograde but like what yeah, does that do for me what does that do for me though like okay so like what so what do i do like do i just sit here you don't buy any electronics which i already fucked up i bought a fitbit and then literally <laughs> as it was i'm not kidding like this is truly this started last week so last week was also a shit week yeah. but I got my Fitbit in the mail. I plugged it in to charge, was like all excited to get it set up. And then I don't know how this happened, but I hear my dog, Tony, like kind of crunching on something. And I was like, what's he got in his mouth? And I looked and it was the Fitbit that had just arrived that he completely just had chewed. But amazingly, he got over 10,000 steps in that chew. So it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 10,000 chews. Um, What? I, I got to say that's like peak insanity for you to get a Fitbit during this time. Why? I feel like, okay, so my my any sort of self-care aside from just like try like basic showering and like try not to smell yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. stew has gone out the window. So like I stopped exercising, like I was eating, my diet became very oh. poor and like So then I was like, okay, now that gyms have kind of opened back up, like I am going to work out, but I'm also very aware that nothing is getting better in terms of COVID and it will likely be, yeah, we'll likely be in lockdown again sometime this year. So I'm trying to also develop like healthy habits, like walking and technology makes me happy and incentivizes me so i thought and also like i'm not gonna get like a fucking apple watch like i don't care that much gwyneth has a fitbit i looked up exactly what kind of fitbit gwyneth is it it the watch is it the watch one yeah it's a and she doesn't even have the most expensive one it's like a 99 dollar fitbit um so speaking of so i have this app called uh way of life on the and it it gives like and so it like you check off each day and the sad thing like i used to do this for like just random things like take vitamins exercise every day listen to a podcast listen to an album and i would check it off this week I added shower because showering is becoming a thing that I just don't need to do. So now I'm like showering in the morning, but I have to like do it just so I can check off this box. If not, there's nothing in it for shower. Like showering, there's nothing in it for me if I don't get to check the box off. Yeah. And with a guy, like it's kind of easier because you don't necessarily have like hair to wash or anything. So it would be easier. I mean, you do have. Yeah, hair. I want to point out to the listeners that don't know me. I have like a glorious. <laughs> I have a glorious mane of hair. Bald. I don't. I'm not bald at all. Like it's really a weird comment from Lara on her part, but. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, and I would do basic 
I'm like pretty always fastidious about showering and like will do it once a day, like at least a body shower because I don't <laughs> like the feeling of like being sticky. But like my hair washing, like there were weeks when there was just it was just like it could have become like a singular dread if I had let it go. <laughs> have you ever enough. have you ever cried in the shower like you see in movies? Yes. <laughs> Wait. It's a, a great place to cry. If you start crying, will you then go hop in the shower or do you then do you start the crying in the shower? So start the crying in the shower and then have the cry last through like a hair drying. But by the time usually like the breakdown stops by the time I'm like done blow drying hair. If it's, if it's really serious, it'll just keep going like um, with no end in sight. But I love a cry. I don't sit down in the shower. That feels like way too dramatic. Like, and also, I just don't. I'm like, no. yeah, you'd have to hug your knees and stuff like that. And yeah, like, that's you know, you see girls doing that in movies, and that's not my cry style. But more of just like a weeping while the water just like comes down on my face. That's like a good cry style. Yeah, because because you know you look dope doing it too. There's a part yeah, of you that's it's like just this dramatic is... enough. It washes the tears away. Plus, it's like. <laughs> You know when you have really bad post-cry face? Yeah. I think a shower helps neutralize that a little bit. When's the last time you've ugly cried where you do the... uh, 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 Like, have you... I sound like an ape. I'm sorry. It's funny. No, I was just thinking about that the other day and realizing that I haven't ugly cried. I have not gasp cried in a really long time. So that's at least kind of a bonus. Yeah. By the way, as soon as this podcast is over, you just ugly snot cry. Um, I saved this. Oh, so this happened this week, and I, I, I was debating whether talking about this on the podcast or not. But I figure you are the perfect person to tell a story of what happened to me this week. Uh, is it all right mm-hmm. if I tell you the story? It's Vanderpump related. Yeah, it's Vanderpump yeah, related. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Um, which, by the way, how much are you missing this season? Not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Like, I said this on uh, this past episode of Tough Sicilian Bitches, but I was like, thank I am like now filled with such gratitude when the season <laughs> is over that I just don't have to think about these people if I don't want to for just months. It's a really nice break because well, are we truly the getting seasons a break? are just so bad. And, but are we truly getting a break? Yeah, I mean, you get you get the news, but like I don't follow I don't follow I don't think any of them if I do follow them I don't like look at their stories or anything on social media like I really try and like step away aside from just news that people will text me and stuff but so did you get the, nice did you get the, the Sheena news today speaking of horrible I did, that's horrible I, did. I was so sad for her because that is just like poor Shishu it's her dream but also then like on the heels of Stassi it just it's like that kind of you know okay so here's the deal um so I posted something on Wednesday on Instagram when they did the the baby photo, you know, where mm-hmm. they were like, it's a girl. The gender reveal. The gender yeah. reveal, um, which is like whatever you think about the gender reveal. Great. Uh, I took that picture and on the the onesie I wrote, I hired a PR, PR company for past mistakes and all I got was this lousy shirt. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> post. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, uh, you know, it it, it did. It did well, but then I got a lot of the Stasi. Like, I got people just arguing in the comments and stuff like that, and I don't participate in any of that. Like, uh, um, So 
that was on Tuesday. And then on Win- Monday or Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, I was working. I was teaching actors over a Zoom at like noon. And all of a sudden, I see on my phone, uh, there's a text from Bo. No. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Is this the first time he's ever contacted you, like, outside we, of maybe no, when we, you guys knew each other way we, back in the we, day? We bumped into each other at the Countess Luann show, and he texted me the next day saying it was good to see me. And we were... But but I want to... Like, we're like... We talk every once, every two years, year and a half, but not even, like, just like a... He'll like my Instagram post or something. I've never talked to him about Vanderpump Rules. I've never asked him anything. I've never even acknowledged that he's with Stassi, except for the first time that... When they were like, when I had people reach out to me saying that they had found out who he was and that we were mutual friends, I said, hey, some Facebook group tagged me in this thing. They think you're dating Stassi. And he literally was like, fuck, I knew this is why I told her to hide. Like, it was something about she was hiding him, like, over, like, this bare face and didn't reveal who he was. And then people found it by his tattoos because his tattoos were in Kristen's fo- Anyways, he, I had yeah. reached out to him then. This was years ago. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't, I, I didn't want to... So we had acknowledged it, but I didn't ask any questions after that. I didn't. And I and I also felt weird to be like, by the way, I'm really into reality shows. Like, I don't know how to, like, make that. And there's no f- cool way to, like, broach that subject. Does no. he know that you does he know that you podcast about reality I shows? I don't think he does. But uh, he must know that you'd like shows because you yeah. post a lot of stuff on Instagram, like about. Yeah. Bravo shows, etc. I I have no problem with. I mean, I thought Bo can be a little thirsty in during this, but I've always had a good experience with Bo. Um, regardless, I did not know he knew I did a podcast. But what I think happened was that somebody probably tagged him or her or whoever, and so I get a a text from him with the, and I immediately see that he <laughs> sent me my Instagram photo. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I'm like literally in the middle of like a speech, like, hey, in acting, this is what you do. I was talking to new students and I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, da, da, da. And all of a sudden I just completely like I, I, it must have seemed like those students I was having a stroke because I just mm-hmm. all of a sudden stared into space, you know, and I was like, oh, and then he goes, we've known each other 15 years and you do this. And I was like, and I, I, I. I save it, but save it, but you do kn- not even try. That is like, honestly, sorry to interrupt you. No, this is why I wanted your advice on this. Cause I've, I've really, as, as much as I stand by that post, I think she's completely that's the PR thing is out of control. I'm very happy with the baby, but I not like, and she still hasn't act. She's acted like nothing's changed. She's acted like not every business is normal when she's got like some real shit to be doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, a, it's a joke. It's a funny one at that. And don't pull this like we've known each other for 15 years bullshit when you have a very surface level like uh, acquaintance style relationship. I would and I would never if ask... even if even that if even acquaint it's like well, I think I make it, acquainted I th- with. I think I make a big impact yeah. on people. I think I really I make. I think people. <laughs> I'm somebody you remember. <laughs> but. But like you, it's like not. But you know me. You, know. you know me. You've seen how like I, I can get horrified. I can get embarrassed really easily. I'm like a shit talker. But like I don't. At the end of the day, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, but I was. But also, I was just like, well, what do I say to this? And then on the Daily Mail, I saw that he was like 
they were like, I didn't realize it was Stassi's birthday. And I'm like, why are you writing me on Stassi's birthday? And then I saw that Kristen and Jax were there. And I was like, oh, fuck, don't show Jax my account. Don't show Jax my account. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, but also, <laughs> why are they even on social media at all right now? Yeah, I mean, it's like totally it's totally misguided and it's not the bigger issue should just be like, let me focus on how I'm going to like look into my racism and do the personal growth work that I need to do or just like focus on having a chill pregnancy and like not getting stressed out. Like how is Kylie Jenner like doing more of this shit than they are? Like it's like Kylie Jenner disappeared for nine months. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's it's bizarre, but I just found it so bizarre that he would actually reach out to me because I've heard people talk shit about me. Like I've, I've heard friends talk shit about me and I don't reach out to them, you know? No, me neither. I mean, if someone acts like I've definitely had situations where someone that I consider to have like a friendly, chill relationship with, like be very duplicitous on the Internet. And then like I discover that they're like talking shit about me on the Internet. And then I'm like, hmm. But and I've gone so far as to like draft a text message just to like just to have get the it satisfaction. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then also I'm like. There is a part of me that would want to let them know, like, I have your number, like, but then I'm also like, I could just unfollow them and, like, then know who they are. Like, they revealed themselves and their character in this moment. So, like, what is that, that really going to do? Like, I don't necessarily even want to be friends with a person that would treat me like that. So then there's no point to me personally in, like, engaging to just be like, gotcha, bitch. Like, <laughs> just, and also it's like the you're a public figure. I mean, well, I mean, you know, Vanderpump we're, we're, rules, Vanderpump rules, like those people are public figures. They are in the news like she courts there. This is a whole PR stunt. It, it is, is right. Like, I mean, like if it if it's, it's completely fair to comment on that, they put it out there in the first place. And this is also why I really started to get a terrible taste in my mouth for a lot of the people on the show is because they like can't handle being called out for just like stupid shit. They do. They truly have no sense of humor. They have no self-awareness like, or very, very limited self-awareness. And at the end of the day, like Stassi. It used to really be like Stassi, Kristen and Katie, which who knows what their witches of Weo status might be at this point. But like they are the queens of zero self-awareness and ability to understand when people are like making satirical comments about them. Yeah. Or what? Like that is a joke. That's not even an offensive joke. It's not like you're commenting on people's weight or like appearance. It's literally just stating like exactly what's going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it was, I mean, but just in that moment, it was so shocking to get like, imagine just the last person you expect to hear from, you know, it was just like so bizarre. And yeah. And to try and shame you or like turn it around on you, like somehow you're the, like, I've known you for 15. It's like, uh, I've known you for 15 years. We have like a very like surface relationship. Why are you now choosing this one time to try and like admonish me? Like, what are you, what do you hope to gain out of this? But like, yeah. I mean, I would, I, did you ever, did you respond to him? I just said, um, uh, I just said, 
Uh, sorry you found out this way, dude. I, I, I said I, I, that was all I said was I didn't apologize for the post. I didn't. I just said, yeah. you know, like that's all I could say. And I didn't write anything else. He didn't write anything else back to me. Uh, I felt horrible, even though I stand by. Like I really like it's 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 such a PR move to me, and that really kind of grosses me out. And like I've said multiple times, like the Bo I remember, like he's always was always a nice guy, a little goofy, like exactly how he is on the show, and. Uh, but I didn't have anything against him at all. But like this to me is completely bizarre, this kind of chasing of fame and not being able to like rest. And I don't care if you have a house payment or not. It just seems like I just feel like you're chasing after something that is so fleeting that what's the point, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a Hollywood hustle. They got to like get, they got to figure shit out. I'm sure. And like trying, we talked about this kind of offline, but Like when we were talking as all the shit was going down, like my theory was that they are absolutely trying to like line up baby sponsors or get some sort of new cash flow coming in that might. I mean, I don't think that Stassi's second book was canceled, but so that could be a source and she could just be she could have like a trust fund. I don't know what her situation is, but the way that it's just so blatantly in your face, like immediate paparazzi photos, pregnancy announcement, whatever indicates to me that like you're now trying to drum. You either are desperate for cash or you're desperate for fame, which I mean, I'd rather both cash aren't great. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I, I, cash I can understand if you're like, I have fucking bills to pay. So I need to be like shamelessly like whoring myself out to the media. But like, if you're just wanting relevancy, like I can give you free crisis PR, like shut the fuck up yeah, and do exactly. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like, disappear. I mean, and and then come back in a year. Yeah. Give me some information about what you're doing to learn about black lives matter. Like give like, like show me what you're doing instead of like actually like business is normal. Do you think there's any possible way that since Kristen's fired, I mean, Jack's obviously has survived so far, but is there any way where they could actually show, do like a baby reality series and Kristen's a friend of, and if Jack's and Brittany get fired there, could they literally just go do another reality show or does Bravo own their likeness? Oh, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know how that works when it comes to reality television. You might have like non-compete, uh, clauses in a contract like that that says like yeah if we cut ties like you can't within you can't go shop around a show with yourself for like another two years to another network or something but I don't know if those get enforced like since they were fired instead of like it's not like they quit the show they were fired so I don't know I'm sure there's like a lot of legal shit to figure out but maybe maybe not because it's not like they had long-term contracts. Like they don't even know if they're having, they don't even know if the show's renewed until like weeks before filming. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty shitty deal to be like Bravo (laughs) talent until, unless you can get on a show that has legs past like three seasons and that's when you make like the real money. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Unless you really love diff eyewear, reality shows aren't great. (laughs) Um, I really don't envy anyone's position but imagine, on Vanderpump Rules. I would love to have a house. I would love to, a house, but <laughs> yeah, and a pool yeah, would yeah. be nice. Oh, pool, <laughs> pool, pool would be great. Pool would be great. Um, yeah. 
Pool uh, and House, I love, but everything else, I'm like, don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, but even I see Jackson Brittany's house, and I like it, but I'm I'm not like I would give anything to trade spots with them. Like, I there's no part of me no. that would want to trade spots. I don't like corn there's, that much. They eat so much corn. Like their meals are always like hungry man meals, you know. The meals I'm just very concerned by. Jax's that both of their cholesterol, frankly, at this point, has got to be off the charts. I would, I'd hate to say it, and I know this is gross, but I would be interested to see their poop. I want to see what kind of <laughs> solidity it is. The things they're eating mixed with how much Britney drinks, I, I bet they consume Red Bull. I want to know what kind of like what's the bathroom schedule there. These are the, these are the I things don't see that a lot of fiber. <laughs> I don't see a lot of fiber in the diet. I don't see a lot of like low glycemic index kind of foods in the diet. Well, Jax will post a morning of like he'll have. Like, like protein powder with oatmeal and yo, like he does like a real big protein man breakfast. Like, cause I think, you know, yeah. but, um, do you think, um, well, that's going to suck to be behind the scenes though, because of all the shit that they had prepped for that wedding already. They went and scouted locations. They went yeah. like, that was going to be their whole season. So, I mean, they oh, must thank be- God that all that truly, I mean, I'm a little concerned at the level of like glee that I personally took and like, Stassi slowly like mostly it was like the wedding anything related to the wedding I was just like thankfully we don't have to be privy to any of this anymore because I just like didn't want I just like am over wedding storylines in general like have your wedding god bless but like don't subject me to this drama like I don't give a shit anymore so (laughs) but that's what I mean I feel like we've changed along with the show so I feel like the show is so bad but it's angered us so much so it's like all just a pool of negativity yeah it feels very negative I want it to come back I don't know what that I mean I feel like I I know what it looks like it's like just kind of making it about Sandoval Sheena Schwartz I'm I'm down with that like I I feel like that is a very doable and I wouldn't miss Bo and Stassi at all I wouldn't miss Kristen, I almost forgot her name just now at all. And like, if anything, (laughs) this show has really taught me a lot about like my own values as like in my thirties, like what I care about, what I don't care about, et cetera. Yeah. No, I'm interested to see what they come up with. I still think it's a viable property. It's still making money. So of course, what are you and Carrie going to do now uh, that the season's over? We're finishing up season. Uh, season three of Real Housewives of New Jersey, and then I don't know. We'll have to figure something out. Oh, you you know. Already. We kind of play it fast and loose. We really don't. <laughs> we play. We really just kind of go with our guts in the moment. And like right now, Jer- Tough Sicilian Bitches has given us so much, and um, you so know, there- we're just. We're living in the now, there's not no, thinking about the past or the future. There's not like a midsummer type like ritual when you guys decide a new show where you like look at each other and like <laughs> like stare of like, yes, that's the right decision. I smear my blood yeah, on you guys are at the stone carvings. You guys are at the top of Runyon. We have Canyon, we host like, an Atastupa, yeah, off of Runyon. <laughs> yeah. We find two elderly people to throw themselves off of Runyon Canyon, and Carrie, that's how we move forward with a new decision. Carrie's forced <laughs> to have sex with some like young girl to get her pregnant, and they yell out the name <laughs> of like Lindsay Lohan reality show. 
Um, yeah, that's how we decide. Before we move on, so Laura is here to talk about NYC Prep, the final episode. Um, you guys, if you don't know, it has been on the Patreon this whole time, and this is really the final, the episode eight, a huge episode, uh, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but just, like, Laura, you've had run-ins, if we could real briefly, you've had run-ins with the Vanderbump cast. Like, these things aren't new to you. You've had, could we go over a couple of your greatest hits? Because there is yeah. a, there is a certain uh, crochet you have upstairs that even celebrates one of these yes. moments. Could you explain? Like, cause I, this was one of my first run-ins that were negative. What have been some of your negative run-ins with the Vanderpump cast over the years? I would say that it's been, it's been a roller coaster for me personally, because like the show, I started podcasting about them during season three, which was like late, I think late 2014 early 2015 and then met them all through like the first iteration of my podcast which was called pumped podcast um which if you're interested in hearing all those episodes they're on my personal patreon just to shout myself out and self-promote um but join join my join my patreon too yeah patreon (laughs) patreon patreon uh (laughs) did i mention my patreon um so i and it was exciting. It was exciting to meet the the cast because, you know, I was just like, I loved the show and stuff, but it was also felt kind of weird because I didn't really, aside from like Tom and Ariana, I didn't really yearn to be like friends with any of them, like, or have a feeling that like we could even be friends that are, that we're even compatible in imagine that way. You ha- know what I mean? Imagine like, having that thought laying down of like, I could actually be friends with these people. Like, yeah, like Tom thought, and Ariana, like, when they left my apartment, I was like, I missed them. I was like, oh, like I love yes. them. And well, like, that, that, I, it was just like a different feeling. And then everyone else, I was like relieved when they were finally gone. Like it was interesting to interface with them, but it was also like, I prefer and much prefer to be an outside common, a source of outsider commentary just from what I'm seeing on TV. Like I don't want to get wrapped up in their lives because I don't quite frankly, don't find their lives that, um, interesting or aspirational. Like it just didn't speak to me. And that's not my, my nature. I'm just not like a very star fuckery person. And also, I mean, they're not stars, so I don't know. But (laughs) so I think they thought after coming on pumped podcast and some came on multiple times, you guys got all of them. We got all of them except I, I never got to podcast with James Kennedy or Raquel, but she was a little bit later to the game anyways. Yeah. But I think they thought because they came on the podcast that we were now friends and yeah. I would never say anything about them that was bad ever again. Exactly. And I was like, I don't think you understand how this podcast works like or how this like you I comment on it. the show. Yeah. Yeah, and also you clearly don't understand how your own show works because if you didn't want anyone to say shit about you, then don't act like a shithead. Like, it's pretty easy. But they really took offense to then a lot of things that I said, and I think my co- my old co-host became really, really integrated, yeah. been really good friends with them, and, like, got 
several of them to move into his apartment building and like they all lived in the same apartment complex for a while and he like went fully he went in went to jackson's wedding this past year even yeah like that and that was his journey and like all good but that definitely threw a wrench into like our podcasting dynamic and then I think also he was able to place a lot of the like blame of saying negative things onto me. And so then I became the scapegoat for like, and I don't think, I mean, I've listened back to a lot of episodes, but I don't think I really ever body shamed anyone. Like I can go hard and like make fun of people, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not just cruel or mean. And I think he had said some like borderline like comments and like his partner at the time had was running our social media. And so she would just like be ruthless on socials, but I just didn't, I didn't go there, but I think I shouldered a lot of the blame for that, which all came out when like the witches of WeHo, um, we podcasted with Katie, Kristen and Stassi. And I thought it was just like a normal podcast (laughs) episode, but it was really like an ambush to be like, now tell her why you hate her. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, ha. And it was really awkward, but I apologize to them. But it's also like, (laughs) come on, you guys, like, is it like, why do you care so much about what I say? Like, you're the ones on the show. Like you're making money and, doing your thing like let me listen to that episode of that happening yeah it was a two-parter so part one (laughs) uh is (laughs) oh it was a long we because we had podcast with them for like five hours like it was like crazy so this one and then it would all get boiled down into like a one out like one hour episode so the first part was like them really coming for me and me being caught really off guard. I mean like, and then the second part was more like lols and just like lighthearted conversation. But I realized like the cast of Vanderpump rules aside, I think from Sheena, Ariana and Sandoval really, they take themselves so seriously and like really don't like to be made fun of at all. And I just have a really big problem with that. Like, like I don't think, and I don't think that just because, and that's why when I started Sexy Unique Podcast, I made it my, like, personal rule that I would not have any cast members from the show as guests on the pod because it muddies the waters. I didn't, I mean, I don't, I didn't feel great to be like, it's like, I don't want to be the kind of person that's going to you know, be all chill and sweet IRL and then go rip you behind your back. Like I just would rather rip you. And then we can like, if we see each other, be like polite or friendly or whatever. Like, I don't really care. But yeah, it was just like, get over it. Get over it. What was the Katie one on social about the cum rags? So I went to Jax's roast and I (laughs) had posted there was video of me in the background, which I didn't even realize until the episode aired of me like re- live reacting to like Katie's <laughs> subpar roast of Jack. So she just wasn't that funny. And I'm bad at kind of hiding facial expressions in those situations. So I just did like a funny like post. And this was back when tequila Katie would like go off the rails and drunk comment like late at night, which also I'm just like, you do this to yourself. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be a part of this. You don't need to be a part of this. You could ignore it. And like you even commenting on it then brings me more attention because you have way more followers and way more engagement than I do. Like 
if you just ignore it and pretend it's not there, then no one, it never gets amplified and it is a no, not a big deal. But they don't even understand that, which I was like, okay, you deserve to be made fun of. Like, you deserve it yeah, then. Like, yeah. that's it. So she went off and she was like, lol, you were lucky to even be there. Like, um, and then she said something else. And I had said that her wedding invitations oh, yeah. that were on tea towels. I was like, look, I'm just going to say it's like, they're like cum rags. Like, what do you do with like a tea towel wedding invitation? Like, it's like, why would you want to display that in your home? Like, I'm sure if you, if you're in a pinch and you have to reach for something to like wipe cum off of something, that's like a viable <laughs> option. Like in the, in the tap, like if it's right there, you do it. So why would you ever want a wedding invitation that could also be used to like clean up cum is just my line of thinking. Sure. And then she told me, she commented on my Instagram, I'll clog your drains with my cum rags. And then a listener <laughs> made a crochet out of that, or not a crochet, what is it? A needle point, yeah, a, needle a beautiful point, yeah. needle point. Yes. And I just saw it and I was like, this is truly genius and contacted her and was like, can I buy this off of you? And then she either sent it to me for free, which was very nice, or I gave her like 20 bucks or something, but it's one of my prized, prized possessions. Now, are you threatened at all? Well, first off, I I have Jax's wedding invite, but now I like I would kill now to get Katie and Tom's wedding invite. Like, wouldn't that be amazing to have that wedding invite and like actually put a little piece of cum on it and frame it? Is that too far? <laughs> Is that too much? But like that would be so iconic, don't you think? That's too. <laughs> I think the, that's a lot. I don't know if I would personally do that. That's very avant garde. Oh, like, like, so like if I somebody could got do you, that. So, somebody gave you a Christmas gift. You wouldn't dig that if that was. They gave, they gave me yeah, uh, like gave a, I wouldn't know where to put that in my apartment, but well, maybe I, I would save it. And if I had an office someday offsite, it would be something I could display in my office. Well, glad I asked. Jeez, that would have taken a lot of time. Um, effort. Yeah. But there should be a Vanderpump Rules like Museum of History or yes. something with those because that is like a treasured object, a collector's item. It's oh, a collectible. Yes. Would you are you threatened at all with Katie jumping into the podcast game? No, I mean, to be, I appreciated that she came on Pumped Podcast a lot back in the day, but I found her to be kind of a boring person to podcast with. Yeah, I, I don't know if she has the like, I haven't listened. I don't really listen to a lot of their podcasts, but, and maybe she, her game has improved. I know she's gone on Stassi's podcast a lot. So like maybe she's kind of picked up some podcasting tips and has worked on them over the years, but I just did. I, did you listen to an episode? I listened to the two minute teaser that they had and it was like already like, I'm and not kind of, a, I'm not trying to be mean. It just didn't, uh, I wouldn't expect it to grab me anyways, but it didn't grab me in her monotone. She has like kind of a, a monotone way of speaking. That's like, Hey, we're going to have lots of fun. I'm going to have some of my friends come by and we're going to have a lot of, you know, like it was very low energy. It's very low energy, which I, I have, I love low energy people. I just don't know if I love to listen to low energy people. And I just can't imagine, like, I think it'd be amazing if she turns out to be some kind of like Howard Stern shock, shock jock, jock, you know, like, Hey, you fuckers, <laughs> let's go fuckers. Like, you know, like that would be like, wake She's up. She's like ripping farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, she has a zoo crew. Like, yeah. <laughs> she needs like a pad of wild kooky sound effects that she can be like, wee like when, like every once in a while. No, I mean I think what you I hope that her episodes if she if she's smart she'll do like 
40 minute episodes or something. Keep yeah. it really short and sweet and like yeah, don't I don't, I don't think she I don't think she has that. it in her to do more than that. I think she'll be exhausted. I think it'll be amazing if, she, if that's a plot point next season of Katie being a podcaster. I'm sure it will be. I mean, they're hurting for it now. I wonder if Stassi, well, I'm sure Katie has been planning. Get one immediately. Yeah. I think straight up a Stassi will come back. Yeah, totally. Cause that's her. I mean, I'm sure she owns that podcast. She's been podcasting with different networks for a long time. She's probably just taking it off, scrubbing every problematic thing she's ever said out of old episodes and is planning like a relaunch with a new network eventually and like new sponsors. Oh yeah. Like there's like without a doubt, like people are like, yeah. Cause that's like, people are like, she lost lost her podcast. No, she hasn't. She did not. No, she'll be able to like 10 companies would take her right now. They'll wait another couple months and they'll relaunch and it'll be successful. Like, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And I mean, the unfortunate, an unfortunate side effect of everything that's going on right now, like as great as anti-racism actions and awareness are um and as great as the black lives matter movement is and i support all of that like a million percent i think that you're going to start to see a lot of corporations monetize their own anti-racism work as like a new way to make money with people so i wouldn't be surprised if stasi hops on that train or corporations do that kind of work with her in order to generate revenue, which I just think is very um, a, totally against what the movement is really about. Well, they did it with coronavirus. I mean, they try to monetize that. Like, it's like they'll monetize anything. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful, like, <clears throat> you know, we had that string of commercials that was all face masks and how all these corporations cared for us and like, oh, there'll be times to party again. And now we're, you know, it's like it was you couldn't turn on the TV without a commercial without a face mask. And now that's ending, even though coronavirus is getting larger. So they'll make money off anything. Um, Laura, did you ever watch NYC Prep uh, in its first run? Did you ever? I did. I remember watching it when it was on TV, like back in the day. Um and being having the same kind of like Vanderpump feeling of shock and awe and like horror, a deep, dreadful doom kind yeah. of in my gut roiling what, about. What was li- little Laura? What did she watch on TV? Girl, like when was like what was the reality show? It was like was it Real World and the Survivor? I mean, what did you really get into? Um, I was like. Definitely, I would watch Real World when I could. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV at my mom's house growing up. So, really, like, I didn't start watching reality shows until I moved in with my dad, like, around eight, end of eighth grade. So, then I think that was around the time that Real World Seattle was happening. I remember that was a great season because it had, like, Irene and, like, yeah, was it Steven who slapped her? Oh yeah, Steven, you're you're you know because was that his name? Yeah, because you're gay. Yeah, okay, like yeah. she called him gay, and then the slap. Yes. Yeah, and then and then he like got kicked off the show or like threw her like stuffed animal over a bridge. But yes, I was yes, like, her favorite this is stuffed crazy. animal. <laughs> yeah, and um, but I really liked that. And then honestly, I was into too many drugs in high school, and then got sent away. So I missed out on like, <laughs> I came back to the reality game in like 2004. <laughs> fully, fully rested, <laughs> fully recharged. Yeah. Yeah. And ready to get embroiled in drama. And that's when VH1 just was on a tear of like, celebrity rehab, um, 
surreal life. Was that post Rock of Love? And um, it was right. It was pre Rock of Love, I believe, or like right around. No, it was maybe uh, during Rock of Love time. I got into America's Next Top Model. Was hugely into America's Next Top Model. Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, um, all those like VH1. I think that was like. The Hills, obviously, came, or not the Hills, Lagoon, or Laguna, Laguna Beach. Before, yeah, Laguna Beach was before the Hills. I remember seeing the preview for Laguna Beach and being like, what is this? Like, I was just smitten immediately. And then the Hills was out while I was living in Oklahoma City. I was, like, trying to figure out where they lived and, like, <laughs> uh, like early days, like, going on Ask Jeeves, like, Googling hillside villas and, like, realizing now that I it's just Park La Brea, like, they gave it a fake name. But I was like, where could this paradise be? And, like, so that was my real entree into the world of reality television, which also, I think, coincided with just, like, it was so entertaining to me. And then also, I feel like I was pretty lonely back in Oklahoma City, like kind of post high school, like early college. And so that was like a good, I don't know, it, it gives you something to think about and talk about and like be obsessed with. Yeah. And I think now is a definitely reality television has like, it's allowed me to find a community. So yeah, hundred cool. percent. Well, uh, yeah, I remember like being fixated. Like I was even like obsessed with Celebrity Fit Club. Like I was like, oh my god, I hope Gary Busey mm. loses weight this week. Like I would be like <laughs> pulling for you, Gary. Gary, <laughs> he was such a fixture on the like yeah, sad did, reality yes. celeb scene. He did, the he did every one he did of the them. Yeah, celebrity rehab, Celebrity Fit Club. Like <laughs> he was begging. Like I, he was begging for new shows to be invented to be on. Um. So NYC prep, you would remember seeing like I, this show like really like I remember being like twenty five or something like like fairly way too old to watch this show and especially as a straight guy and I was fixated like I I loved this show even though watching it back not tons happened but I'm always fixated on kids acting like adults mm-hmm. like I love yeah it's when that wild happens. to watch and I love when yeah. rich kids like are trying their best to show how adult they are. I think there is some like so much gold in there, you know? Mhm. Uh, how did this show even happen? It's like I cannot believe that parents signed off for their my like I can't believe that there's a 15-year-old on this show. Yeah. That oh, you mean Kelly, the one that lives by herself? She live that's the singer Kelly. Taylor, is it Ke- well, Oh, Taylor, singer Kelly. So lives. Taylor, just to remind everybody that's following along, Taylor is the public school girl. I believe she's 16 and she was dating Cole. PC used, like PC thinks of her as a project and also Sebastian, the like who had the beautiful hair and is really into girls, uh dated her for a brief second. Um Kelly is the one that lives by herself. Her parents live in the Hamptons. They let her live in an apartment with her brother all week long by herself because she's starting a music career, which is just insane. Like, think of like a tiny girl like that. Um, uh, PC is the one that is bisexual um and we've discovered that throughout the season and thinks he he's like the james spader of the group you know like in the 80s and he's like that guy that's yeah this is how to be cool you guys um jesse of course is the one that looks like a proud lion she's very (laughs) um and she she's the one that's doing operation smile which is the foundation for i believe cleft palates um Mm -hmm. to help smiles out there and this is the big 
Um, this is the big night for her. But um, the cast of characters is all there. Did you know, just to look in the uh, future, you know Taylor, the public school, the sweet public school girl? You know she's homeless. Mm-hmm. She's homeless now. She is the only really? one. Yeah, like go on Reddit. Like they, there's only been sightings of her as a homeless panhandler at like a certain uh, stop on the uh, the like New York subway system. And what? she has no socials. She has, I tried to. That is a lie. That has to be a lie. I, I, it breaks my heart to think about it, but that's the only thing that I've seen to like, everybody else has. Pixar, it's not happening. I don't, I can't. Isn't that crazy to think of such a. I'm fucked up by this. No, I know. I've had this knowledge for eight weeks now and it really did not do good for me in quarantine because I was just, I kept thinking about this sweet girl that didn't even know how to talk. And then, like, she was taking all these dance classes because she really loved dance and now she could potentially be homeless. Like, it's just a different. Life is so hard. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so anyways. Wow. Well, you really killed my Friday was good. Finally, one good day, I said this morning. Finally. (laughs) And then you really had to bring it down. Should have ended with that. Um, Well, here's Mm -hmm. the start the episode. Sebastian, do you feel any um, attraction towards him with his big hair, with his his luscious hair? (laughs) No, but I definitely dated like a Sebastian (laughs) in high school. Like I and he ruined my life. Like it was just like a bad I didn't like it then, and I actually did what Sebastian was advised to do by his BFF Gabe to the Sebastian-ish guy that I dated, and it didn't end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Sebastian. Well, and this is like the 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 show starts the first episode where he tells us he hooks up about like in a good month, like you can hook up about eighteen to twenty five times in a good month. And what I I was shocked when I heard that. But then later on, I realized he was, I believe, talking about making out and probably like feeling boobs and stuff. Yeah, that's what I've always considered hooking up to be. I've never considered hooking up to mean sex. I always just thought it was like it could be anything, everything but sex. But I never thought of it as sex. Yeah. So me, like I watched that show, like again, like it was just shocking. (laughs) He's plowing. (laughs) This guy is a major poon hound at like 15. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, it's like, this guy's like, smell my fingers, do it. And, uh, sorry. Why are they so, like, you look at now and I'm like, teenage boys are nothing. losers. Like, well, they are not, they're there. not cute. There's nothing there. They're like gangly. They're not attractive. Like, it's just like, why? They mumble. They're like, rah, 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 rah. like Sebastian mumbles everything and he says. They're sloppy. Like, the only person that I would be like, ooh, I'm intrigued by now <laughs> would be like PC because it's like, oh, he's like, Wait, you're gay. attracted to PC? No, oh, I'm okay. saying intrigued by like, would want to hang out with them and like talk to them. Like these other guys seem like they have nothing to say or talk about. Like all they kind of care about are like girls or like they can't even like put a sentence together. You know, PC got married to a woman, but it's a purely platonic marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. it was like the, the page six covered it years ago. And Tiffany Trump was there. EJ Johnson. Yeah. EJ Johnson. You know, he he runs with the big crowd. He's in that. Yeah. yeah, that that crowd of like the rich kids of Beverly Hills, but really it's like just the rich kids from New York and L.A. kind of know each other. Yeah, that tracks. I wish that he would just. I mean, not that I'm denying him his bisexuality, 
But I feel like when you're getting married to a woman that you say is strictly platonic, it means that you're gay and you're just uncomfortable with being an out gay man. Yeah, I mean, it does. There really seems to be a great argument for this. And he only kind of gets bullied into saying he's bisexual a couple times, but then he tries to like, well, that makes me mysterious. And actually, Taylor, the possible homeless girl at one point says, you know, like, what do you like about PC? And he's like, he's mysterious. He'll do anything with anyone, wink. Like, you know, it's like, wow, he'll do sexual things with guys and girls. Like, there's power and mystery in that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesse knows, like, her and PC's relationship is wildly toxic. And, like, Jesse's her... in love with PC. In love with him, but I think she also knows that he is gay. And so she holds that over him or holds him hostage in this, like, secrecy. And it's just, like, the most codependent relationship yeah no it is i mean we kind of see the end of that or like the closing of a chapter of their not friendship they'll still be friends but of how close they were to each other in this episode the episode starts actually with gabe and uh sebastian uh gabe of course is sebastian's uh cohort they're walking the streets of new york and uh they make a quick joke about like, hey, porno theaters. <laughs> like they make a really lame joke about that. And then Sebastian tells us that about his uh, charity for Africa. And he's uh, he's talking about his charity event, which all of a sudden I was like, I thought we were focused on Operation Smile. All of a sudden in the last episode, Sebastian has a charity event out of nowhere for Africa for potable water. Yeah. And I love that he I mean, I'm. I love that he's just very transparent about like Why? this is a great way to get girls. Yeah, he says, like, he's like he girls goes, love it. He goes, it shows my sensitive side. <laughs> it's like it's amazing. Like he, like he's being raised in like a lot. Like you can just that has to come from parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Which we actually yeah. do get to meet his dad later on in this episode. So, yeah, he said this 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 thing is a win-win for him because it's good for Africa and it's good for him. Um, then yeah, we, I mean, you can't really argue with that. No. I, by the way, if, Af- <laughs> if, if Africa can get potable water because some dude wants to finger bang, that's great. You know, like. <laughs> He's like, for every $20 donation, you pay <laughs> yeah. for someone's water for 20 years and I plow. Like. <laughs> <laughs> This charity event tonight gave me five ba- finger bang opportunities. Oh, I mean, it better to be just transparent about that because that's all these charity events are for the most part is just like to raise one's own social profile. I've always, especially in like case. the New York circuit scene, like the whole point of having an event and making a big deal is like it is for that. So you, you if you're leading with that. You lived in New York for a minute, right? No, I went there a lot, like for writing projects, and would stay for like, um, like weeks at a time, but didn't ever live there. Okay, um, uh, uh, Ryan, you asshole, do your research. Um, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, oh, but it's the way, my mysterious side, not little known facts. Have you tasted? Lo- have you tasted Lover Boy yet? The no. A listener sent me two cans this week and I did a taste test on air and it like it tastes like pure ass. There's a mango peach one that is so hardcore mm-hmm. and like that it made the other one. Does taste- it tastes like alcohol. Uh, not really. It tastes like well, but they do like on the can. It says mango peach with a kiss of cayenne. Like I don't want a kiss of anything. No. And then I called the 800 number on the back and it said the messages were full and like 
Carl's obviously not checking messages. That's like so upsetting. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm not one for a canned like hard beverage really of any sort. Like you're not a, that, you're not into the seltzer craze. No, I've never tried a white claw. Like I just find all that kind of stuff to taste really disgusting. Like it's n- I've never drank aside from like beer, but that's in a different class. Um, I've drank. I've had some canned wine, which is fine, but like I think that it's gross to put like hard alcohol or like wine in cans. Yeah. I've never, it always tastes like gross to me. Yeah. I mean, that's... So, so I just wouldn't, and it's not my preferred way of like drinking. <laughs> Wait, what is your preferred way? I don't know. Like I like a glass of wine or a, like a margarita. Yeah. Or just Listerine yeah. if I'm really hard up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so we're uh, PC and Taylor meet up, and PC it kind of gives her shit about not coming to his hotel party. In this past episode, Laura, they had a hotel or PC had a hotel party with all the seniors, and it got wild. They were drinking Red Bull vodkas, and Taylor said she couldn't come because her mom had grounded her. And Taylor's like, hey, I'm so sorry I couldn't come again to PC. And, you know, my mom, we got into a fight. And, like, you know, when we get into fights, it's hard. He goes, I don't believe this shit. You're like, this is bullshit. Like, he, like, literally calls her out. He's like, you're lying through your teeth. And she does not know how to handle that at all, somebody calling her on something. No. And I was also, like, grossed out by him in that moment of, like, this, like, threatening or whatever. Because it's like, Jesse made a good point in, like, the previous in like the scenes from the previous episode where she's like, PC's 18, Taylor's 15. All his friends are in their twenties. Like that is an inappropriate place for a 15 year old to be. So I'm glad that she didn't go. And like, uh, I just thought it was like gross of him to kind of try and retroactively shame her for not going. But it also shows you how insecure PC is as a character is that he really does feel like he's doing her a favor and it kind of reflects on him that she doesn't care. And that's like yeah. such a, a brutal thing for him to experience. Um, so uh, PC in a talking head like is like. Uh, I don't believe her for a second. I feel like I'm getting burned. She's taken, she's showed such a level of disrespect. He catches her supposedly in a lie. He seems like a bite. Well, he seems like a version of Patrick Bateman from American psycho. Yeah. And I was proud of Taylor when she said, I'm not your social experiment. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was shocked because I would have just taken it. And she actually does like in a timid way, stand up for herself or kind of like shocked. That Taylor is surprises you. And by that, it's like funny where you like start to become fans of like 15 year olds where you're like, I was really proud of her. Yeah, I really like I came away from it really loving Taylor. I was like, oh, she's like her own person and has her own interests. And it's like, you know, she's not one to just go with the crowd on whatever they're doing. Yeah. But he yeah. Uh, he also tries to leave her with a lesson like these are the kind of things that ruin relationships don't fuck over your friends. Um, and uh, PC walks off coolly but angrily. And then we're to a mm-hmm. scene with Sebastian and Kelly sitting on a wall, a stone wall, which I thought was very, <laughs> just very, uh, I don't know if there's a metaphor in there somewhere, but they were sitting apart from each other because what happened, uh, Laura, is that Kelly, like Sebastian was trying to date Taylor. That didn't work out. So we immediately went to Kelly and Kelly was like, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not your sloppy seconds. So now they're sitting on a, on a wall and like, Sebastian's like, I don't, I don't want to sit close to you. I'm scared of you, you know, because she actually turned him down. So Sebastian's making her feel bad about it. And yeah, 
he talks about go her, Kelly. Yeah, what the women the women in all shows usually are much uh, much better than any of the guys in these shows, and it it really highlights how shitty men are when you see like mini versions of them in high school. Like there's mm-hmm. just not there's nothing even to like hang your hat on. Even PC is like a joke. Like what he's thinks he's good at is a joke, you know. Yeah, it's really like the best thing to do. I think as like a young woman is to not get involved with guys at all until you're in like college or even like your 20. Like it's just like high school boys are truly the worst and that it's like not worth it. Be friends, but like you don't need to go any further or get like caught up with them. It would be insane if some high school guy or girl sweeps you off your feet now. Like you'll eat these words. You'll eat these yeah. words. You'll eat I meet like words. a young seventeen-year-old. I'm like the age school, of consent. High school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Laura, who's your friend? Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. No, I cannot even. Like, I just there's, I can't imagine. And even now, I mean, but when you're young, it like it just feels so different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he tells. You know, he's like, I'm doing a charity for Africa, blah, blah, blah. I'd love for you to sing at it. And she's like, what? Like, I don't I don't I don't want to sing. He's like, she's like, I don't want to sing. it." He's like, what? You have to warm up like that's a big like. Huh? And she's like, how about I let you know? And and then she goes, I think you should shut up before I hit you in the face, which I think was like, that's really ballsy on Kelly's part. To, I like that. Yeah. Um, do you know Kelly? Actually, I like Kelly. She had a hit. Sing- not a hit. She had a single on the dance chart in 2010 which I thought was mm. really exciting. So I'm, I'm, did you listen to it? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bop and we're going to put that in this week's episode and I'll go over the lyric breakdown of that, which I'm very excited about. Cause I think she's, it's works on a couple different levels. Like the song she sang in this episode is very deep about letting your heart open. I think there's always good messages about love from like 16 year olds are always like amazing. Yeah. I was like, wow, she's like wise beyond her years. All the women on this show are. Wait, did you ever have mm-hmm. a poetry phase? Did you ever have a songwriting phase? Oh, yeah. Well, I had a poetry phase where I would just like write really dark and disturbing poems <laughs> in like a journal. <laughs> and like, and then I remember a friend of mine had told me about a poem she wrote about like suicide or something. And then I was like, I stole, I plagiarized <laughs> some of her suicide poem and my own suicide poem. So it was like, it, I took a lot of um, creative oh, licenses, I, but it was a short lived. It was poetry, and I would do like inspirational quotes that I was just like, "God, this is so me right now." <laughs> I I did. Uh, I would. I was like, I I thought I felt very deeply in high school, but like I didn't know like the words wouldn't come out of me. So I mm-hmm. would. I changed lyrics. Like I wrote this girl. Uh, I took the Tori Amos song "Horses" and just changed <laughs> around a couple of words. Or I would do like REM songs. Like, but I would just change around a couple of words and like hope she thought I was deep. Like, I think there were a couple of pearls. Like I was just, it was, I think about it now. I'm like, Oh my God, this poor girl is going to hear like one of these songs one day and be like, Oh my God, Ryan wrote that. You know? I love that. Oh, so you would pass it off as like your own creation too. Yes. I was uh, amazing. I was amazing. Cause I wanted her to, I'm glad to know I wasn't the only plagiarist. I wanted her to think I was interesting and I knew I wasn't interesting. So like what I did, like what, what, and still to this day is I think what is good about me is what I like. And I thought I had good taste in music. So I just took their songs that moved me, but I would just change around a couple of the lyrics where I was like, 
this doesn't necessarily move me, Tori, but what if we did this? So it was a collaboration. <laughs> it was a collaboration. Oh, yeah. So you were like enhancing and making it better. Yeah. Watch I get sued by Tori yeah. Amos this week. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. How amazing was that? If you want the other hour, you have to go to the old Patreon. Yeah. You're like, Ryan, I don't want to go to the Patreon. Do it. Um, I want to buy a Ferrari this month. <laughs> No, if you want to, it's there. I, I tr- trust me. It's it's really funny. Um, and I, I don't know. I you know you don't have to do it either. But um, I believe in it, and I believe in this, and I believe in what we're creating. And I know that sounds like I'm creating a cult, but like hopefully I am. Um, I'm just joking. Thank you guys so much. This has been a long one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed creating this. This really is a dream of mine. I know they sound silly every time I say it, but thank you for allowing me to do this. If I didn't have people listening like you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. And it's really so, um, it's really nice at this point in my life to actually have something that I'm very passionate about. Um, you know, life has all these weird twists and turns, you guys know. And I, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have kids of my own and, uh, I don't know, really know where I'm going with this, but this is kind of like my baby. So um, thank you for joining me on this journey wherever this goes. But I'm really excited. I'm really passionate about this. I'm like Garth Brooks. I'm intensity. I'm focused. And thank you guys for being here with me. Please, if you like what we're doing here, give us a five-star review. I'm almost at 500 reviews Reviews on iTunes. That's huge. Thank you, guys. If you haven't done it, um, consider leaving a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. Uh, But you guys do so much already. Uh, Reach out to me on Instagram, all of that stuff. I hope you guys have a great week. I know things are so scary still. They've been scary for months now, but I I really do believe good things are ahead of us. Uh, We just got to keep a positive mind frame and be there for each other. And I'm, I'm saying that to myself more than even you guys because... Trust me, it gets dark. So I'm going to leave you tonight with uh, with one of my favorite remixes. Uh, it's the song Power by Kanye West. And you're like, ah, but trust me, this is a jam. It's a remix that wasn't released with Jay-Z and Swiss Beats. It's really good. It's, re- it's a really good. So you guys, I'll talk to you next week. We got already a huge, <laughs> we got a huge show for you next week. Trust me. Bye. Uh, is this thing on? I thought they silenced us, yay Power to the people We living in that 31st century Futuristic fly shit The penthouse is the projects And everybody flies private New watch, you know what time it is Watch us, they can't stop us The profits, biatches No one man should have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power uh, rumble, young man, rumble. Life is a trick, so sometimes we gon' stumble. You gotta go through pain in order to become you. But once the world knows you, you'll feel like it's only one you. Now you got the power to do anything you want to. Until you ask yourself, is this what it's all come to? Looking at life through sunglasses and the sunroof. Until you have the power to get out from up under you. Fuck all these labels, fuck what everybody wants from you. They tryna ask who rose you. Welcome to the jungle. To be continued. We on that Norman Mellis shit. In search of the truth, even if it goes through. Tell us what. Tell us this. No one man should have all that power.
Now when I walk in, everybody do the power clap, 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 clap. Fresh for the club, I just took a half an hour nap, clap, clap, clap. I seen people go crazy when the whole world in our lap, clap, clap, clap. My socket was out the plug, now it's time to get the power back, clap, clap. I seen people abuse power, use power, misusing and lose power. Power to the people at last, it's a new hour. Now we all ain't gonna be American idols. But you can at least grab a camera, shoot a viral, huh? Take the power in your own hands. I'm a grown man, doing my grown dance. I don't stop it till I see the end, my vision clear, bitch. I'm on my Van Gogh, I don't hear shit. No one man should have all that ticking, I just count the hours, stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power, till then fuck that, the world's ours. I'm rhyming on, cause a Ramadan, Benadon, praying for the families lost in the storm, bring our troops back from Iraq, keep our troops out of Iran, so the next couple bars, I'ma drop them in Islam, they say assalamu alaikum, say walaikum assalam, that's no Oscar Maya faking, you should run and tell your mom, now the question is how we gon' stop the next Vietnam, keep flex out of Korea, cause you know we drop bombs. Hey, yo, Yeezy, man, stop playing with these people, man. They want to see you act all crazy in this motherfucker, man. Take that jacket off and go crazy on them niggas, man. You know what I'm talking about? What do it mean to be the boss? It means second place is the first one who lost. The crucifixion, the being nailed to the cross. Crucifixion, it's a hell of a cost. Do the dishes. I'm about to hit that Jeff Gordon. Michael Jordan, the only one more important. But I be feeling like Jordan when I'm recording. Cause every time I record, I duck and slap the boards. I don't know what these rappers gonna do after wars. Polly's best, like I might do with the awards. Huh, I got the whole crowd going crazy. Homie, I should be rewarded. Getting money easy, easy, how you do it, huh? Eating Wheaties, drinking Fiji, being greedy, huh? Don't even think you can allude to the rumors. I'm immune to the booze, I'm approved to your losers. It's all in timing, nigga. See, I dream my whole life that I can rhyme with Jigga. Now, Jay, my big brother, and be my little sister. And excuse me, but you can't see my little sister. Number one down across the board. Hey, hey, number one now and forevermore. Hey, hey, number one rule is niggas don't hate. Maybe I drop the album, nah, y'all gotta wait. And on the net, they showing pictures of my Cali place. I made back in it wide, but it still got the Cali place. All my old girls know that I'm the one that got away. I think I'm about a Christmas to place some Donnie Hathaway to keep my bulletproof. Hate a code on, looking at the photos that I'm looking crazy dope on. Hand up, talking shit, yeah, I get my poke on. And go home with something to poke on. That's what Dre said, but this what Ye said. How Ye doing? Who Ye screwing? That's for my dick to know, before you get to know him. She ain't give you ass, that pussy fictional. I gotta give her the eviction note. Just get your ass out, bitch, bombing nose. Five seconds to the song and we getting close. I got the power, motherfucker, if you didn't know. Chill, 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 man. Chill, yeah, chill, chill. Chill, chill. Shit's burnt up already. Sober, sober. Betches. <laughs>